Now. Wait a minute, we already recorded a, po- a beginning for this podcast. Annie thought it was low energy. <laughs> so here you what go. The, hey, there's that thing we can talk about. Hey, Annie, guess what? Look what's open. <laughs> Bill's vagina. <laughs> when you were out of the room peeing, I took efforts to open up my Coke before you came back in. Just to God make you happy. God bless Bill. Do I, do I have to make the <laughs> sound? So fuck you if you're listening to this later. That's, it. that's for Annie. Uh, that's me. Uh, pretending to open up my Coke, which is not open, is delicious. Oh, and I brought my, I got rum again. Woo, Ooh. still working on Sean Bacca's rum. Give me the rum. No, give I'm going to have a glass. Rum. I got to put some rum. in my Kermit glass. Give me the rum. No, give me the rum. I'm going to have a splash. <laughs> it's festive. It's Halloween. It's cold outside. Hey, everybody. It's, it's the Boy Hattie podcast. I um, need this to stay still stinky. It's, you know what? This smells like old icing. <laughs> You're not wrong, actually. A little bit. Everybody, it's the Boy Hattie podcast. This is Annie. That's oh, you know Bill. who else drinks rum? Pirates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This is for where I take my pants off and start dancing. <laughs> I was showing me a YouTube video of the sky. <laughs> was it on YouTube? It was on YouTube. No wonder well, the sky keeps it down. Yeah, no, he keeps up uploading videos and YouTube keeps on yanking him down. It's this. It's like a Russian guy. <laughs> Just is like, largely naked, dances to techno, and writes lyrics to them. Yep. And then dances, his, 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 his twig and berries are largely out of shot. <laughs> the video shows of Annie, he's dancing in front of the Pirates of the Caribbean, and he's, he came up with lyrics for the theme of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And he's dancing, his dick's flapping around. It's fucking hilarious. At least he's a relatively, vaguely, not horribly looking guy. He's just like, yeah. It's just, you know, sometimes you just sort of look at Pirates Caribbean stuff and you don't need to see a flop around Twig and Berries. <laughs> twig and Berries. Oh my, oh. You got a Coke Zero? You didn't get a real I've Coke? never had a Coke Zero before. I want to drink it because Scott Pilgrim drank it. What do you think? It's it's not great, but it's better than well, Coke. It's better than Diet You know what's better? Uh, we not have... drinking a goddamn Coke. Well, it's an alternative. It's either that or water. And I drink enough water. Yeah, uh-huh. so you can't live by tap water alone all the time. That's right. There's also lemon juices. There's first tea. Well, sugary. Tea has caffeine. Not all tea does. It's danger teeths. Tea toothuses. <laughs> Unlike Coke. Coke makes everything. <laughs> it, it buffers everything to a polished shine. <laughs> when, I open my ta- when I open my mouth, you can hear the angel sing of the gleam off my teeth. Ah! It's like when you put your finger on a wine glass and it sings. <laughs> That's the sound my teeth make. There we go. So, yeah. everybody, friends, it's the um, second annual second annual we Halloween Boy Howdy podcast. Unless the last week's last year's Halloween podcast, we talked about we talked about movies. You know what? It really was me just saying, "Hey, Annie, have you seen this horror movie?" You going, "No," and me describing <laughs> it to you. Us talking about scary <laughs> games, and mostly you using. I didn't play that. Game. I may have had a spider, so I did not play the rest of that game. <laughs> you know what happened to me this morning? I log on to Xbox, yeah. and the Xbox has their spooky October. What is it? Spooktober ad campaign going yeah. on right now, and it's a big fucking spider. And I was like, God damn, fuck you, Xbox. And what do I do to make it go away? I boot up my copy of Amazing Spider Man. <laughs> my goddamn phobia. I bought a. Uh... Red Baron Pizza this week, which had a giant spider on it. Fuck Halloween. For some reason, they just said, hey, here's your spooky Halloween pizza. With the- yeah. And there's nothing special about it. Then they just put a pizza on the box saying, like, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the pepperonis are, are spider-shaped or no. anything. Yeah. Man, Halloween's coming up. I'm so bummed. 
Uh, I am so busy this week, I'm not going to really have time to uh, relish the fact that it's Halloween. I shouldn't complain too much, because the one thing that's keeping me busy is working on a... Uh, uh, trying to finish by Halloween Day proper so I can post it online. My goddamn Castlevania video game map. Yeah. It's the map of uh, NES Castlevania, the first. Well, it's the top half is the countryside from Castlevania uh, 2 and 3. The mm -hmm. bottom half is a cross-section of the castle from the first NES game, the very first Castlevania game. And it's looking good. I'm just going to have to really bust balls between now and, here, uh, now and Wednesday to get it done on time. And as soon as I'm done with that, I have something. I have to work on something for Nintendo Power, which is due a week after that, which I should have Isn't had a couple Nintendo weeks Power to do. Nintendo Power gone? This is for the last issue. Ah. Uh, once... How many, Bill, how many How many video game magazines have you shut down? I know! Did well, you lose the last they, issue? Of... Well, they only announced that Nintendo Power is going out of business a week after they interviewed me. <laughs> So it's not like I actually was contracted. But no, you were actually in the last issue of... of I was... Of, uh, what, which, was it EGM? Electronic Gaming Monthly? Yeah. Well, I, I had been hired for EGM for a while, and I was doing contract, you know, just illustration work for EGM and 1UP for a while, and yeah, about a year after I started doing work for EGM, they got shut down. Uh, I got... But you did the last cover, didn't you? No, for Game Pro. Oh, Game Pro! I was contracted... <laughs> To draw the last, uh, draw, just, just draw the cover for an issue of Game Pro. At the time, we didn't know, realize it was, <laughs> was going to be the, the last. last. <laughs> and I don't, they only gave me a couple days to do it, so it looks terrible. It's really not uh, very Karen good. Karen Chu, who is a lovely uh, host of Good Job Brain podcast, fantastic trivia podcast. She's on the, the Geek Box. Uh, she was the art director, and she tried to make my shitty drawing look nice. It's 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 like Link and Ezio and in Battlefield Three guy. Right? Yeah, and it's just like I just didn't have enough time to make it look good. And she tried to make it look pretty, and it was the last issue of Game Pro, which <laughs> fuck Game Pro. As a, I, when I was a kid, I was an EGM fan, yeah. and Game Pro was the, like the little lame game magazine for babies. So it's not like intentionally fucked it up. <laughs> it's just uh, in retrospect, I feel bad for fucking up anything for anyone pays me, yeah. especially the fact that it was the last like, issue. I was like, Ugh. yes. And way so, to go, yeah, bro. but uh, at least uh, for the last issue of Nintendo Power, they went out of their way to hire me. What am mm -hmm. I doing? Oh yeah, put it on. Yeah, Don't fuck this death your... manga yeah. bullshit. We can put cokes on that. Um, do you use my journey book as a coaster? Yes. Bill got the beautiful art of journey book. It is gorgeous. It I'm is gonna interrupt Bill's story of killing video games. It costs four times as much as the actual game, but it's But it's worth gorgeous. It. It's a beaut it's a huge hardbound book. Beautiful print um, job on the Well, I wasn't quite sure how big the gorgeous. book was because I couldn't say like like there was a trailer that came out for the uh, the preview of this journey. Uh people at home, in case you don't know, Journey is a game that was released for the PlayStation 3. It's a downloadable title where you're this little Little uh, person in a dress in the desert. How else do you describe it? You you are a cloaked figure journeying through the desert. And yeah. so to say anymore, it really is a tone poem of a video game. Yeah, and I mean really that pretty. in the least assholeish way. But yeah. Yeah. It's the, one it's of those beautiful. gorgeous games released. Uh, if you at, own a PlayStation 3, you owe it to yourself to buy Journey. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, they, they announced an art book a couple, uh, like maybe about a month or two ago. And uh, yeah, but the, the art book was 60 bucks, which is a little steep. Because even an art book like this, like, this is about the same size and dimensions as, like, a Pixar art book. Mm -hmm. Or any of the art books you ever see for any kind of CGI movie comes out these days, where it's kind of a long rectangular thing. Uh, but it's definitely worth it, because it's not so much... Well, I was a little wary about buying an art book, because I knew it was drawn and written by uh, 
Is it that game company that makes Journey? I think so. Uh, that game company is a very tiny company. There's only like half a dozen people. Like I think technically, as, as far as like the permanent members of the staff, there's only like three people. Uh, so this one guy, him being the, the the their artist, he is the entire art department. Yeah. And I'm always a little wary of art books and stuff that's put together by one person because like you know t- it tends to be you know one person will have that one kind of art style. They'll like mm-hmm. especially for video games and stuff like that. You'll find an individual, you know, usually the art department is made up of a whole bunch of people, and those individual people, they do one thing well, and that's what they specialize in. Like, here's a guy who does really good pencil sketches. Not He doesn't do digital art, but he does really good pencil sketches, or vice versa. Yeah. And I was a little wary about this. I mean, the, the art of Journey is beautiful, you know, just in the game, but I was a little wary, because I thought it was be really kind of a monotonous book. I thought it was going to be maybe, like, just a whole bunch of pencil sketches or anything. Well, there's, there's nothing bad about that. But when you're throwing out 60 bucks at this yeah. time of year for a book you weren't really on planning on buying anyway, and like I said, this technically costs four times as much as the actual game, which is only 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. I was just a little wary about this, and uh, when they first made the, the book available for pre-order, the first says there were 700 people who... Uh, pre-ordered the, 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 the book would get signed copies of the book. I think both signed by the artist and the guy who created the game, Genova Chen. I'm totally kicking myself for doing for not doing yeah. that. Because this book is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's uh So the artist, the guy who wrote and, who wrote and illustrated the Art of uh, Journey book, is a dude named, named uh, Matthew Nava. He's fucking crazy. Um, he not only does pencil sketches... Like, at the beginning of the, uh, of the book, it's mostly pencil sketches, because he's just doodling to see what the main like character is going to look like. beautiful watercolor in there. But, yeah, there was... Uh, but... <laughs> there's then, then it starts turning into d- digital sketches. Yeah. And he's all like, well, here's some digital sketches. These look a little weird, because this is in the uh, in the digital painting program that I, uh, that I wrote by myself. What? Like, what? And the, but the pencil sketches are great. The digital sketches are great. He, like, he, he does 3D renders. He, it turns out he was actually one of the modelers on the game, wow. too. So he's the whole fucking package. When... He is he not when he's the art department of the studio. He's not just the guy doodling pictures and handing them off to people. He's actually like, yeah, modeling like actual three D model for the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a total badass. Well, and also uh, it, he's not just. Uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of commentary in this book hmm. where it's not just like here's my sketches for this. He actually explains why how things evolved. Uh, like when he shows like all the different iterations of the main character, yeah. It uh, like the first couple of versions were kind of like actually the face kind of looked like a lot of a lot like the character in the finished game where it's like kind of a person wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. But originally it was more like a ninja in baggy clothes with kind of like a big headscarf, and they were talking about how they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to sh- have any climbing in the game, so they took away the arms. Mm-hmm. And they actually explain this in the book. So it's as, as much as a making of journey book as it is just an art book with pictures. And no text. Because, like, art books are nice, but, like, if there's not a lot of text explaining yeah. how things evolve, you have to have context. There, yeah. Let's put it this way. There's a lot of bad art books out there. Yes. And I was afraid this book might be one of those, and it is not. And awesome. uh, it also has a crazy thing that if you download an app to your iPhone or your iPad or whatever the hell device, like, you can view, like, 3D models. Oh, really? Uh, stuff from the... You never heard about that? No. Yeah, there's a weird thing that, like, um, yeah, you will, you have an iPhone that could pull this off, or an iPod Touch, because my, uh iPad doesn't have a camera on it. It's first oh, generation. Yeah. It's crappy. Uh, so I cannot test it myself. But, like, uh, it has a little thing if you, like, you hold up your camera on your iPhone or whatever to the page. Wow. It'll create a 3D... It'll create the in-game model of that environment or whatever wow. on your phone. And you can kind of that's move amazing. it around and look at it from different angles and stuff like that, which that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Um, you can get the book. It's on Amazon. 
I think it's on Amazon in America. Well, you can, I think you can order it directly from the company. Yeah, you can get it directly. From it's me. nice, you know, if you have an Amazon account, you can get it with, you know, if you have Prime to it's get also, free shipping. It's also nice to give the people some money. I know! Because you know, paying still, $60 to the those guys as opposed man, to $60 to this Amazon. Made, this, tent, this, this got me, this, this went for me being like, I don't know if I spent 60 bucks on this book to like, oh man, I was tempted to buy like the $30 hard copy of Journey. Because uh, they came out with a special edition of Journey for retail, a retail mm-hmm. disc that has both Journey, Flower, and their uh, the, the studio's first game, Flow. Hmm. And I think uh, at least Journey comes with like in-game commentary and stuff like that. Oh wow! That's but that's tempting. then again, that's another thirty bucks. I already own the game. Yeah, and I'll you own buy... all three of those. Don't yeah, you? exactly. And I'll probably buy that again someday. But like I said, right now I shouldn't be spending any more money than I have. Yeah, to. Bill. But the Journey, yeah, like Bill, so you got to save up all those dollars for my Christmas present. That's true. What do you want for Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. An awesome surprise. <laughs> no pressure. You it want sucks. the naked Russian guy to show up on your steps dancing no, to Pirates of the Caribbean. No. no thank you. <laughs> You're like Santa. You can be the Santa no. baby. I can only hope that Santa will not bring me quite so many wiggling dongs. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, you don't like wiggling dongs? You're the worst lesbian ever. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. I will have to buy it. Oh, myself. man. And, like, he goes in, like, he actually specifically talks about the evolution of, in uh, Journey, there's these, like, wall glyphs. That explain mm-hmm. the history of the world, and he yeah. talks about how those things evolved. Nice. And well, that's the thing you talked about a, a, a previous concept, like the giant guardians that yeah. you're kind of like hiding from. Yeah. How those evolved and what they originally meant in the game, and how that meant, meaning changed. And hmm. uh, it's and, and he talks about it at the ending. Originally, the ending was the ending of the game was different, but they kept on stripping stuff out because they wanted to make it not vague, but they wanted to leave everything open and ended up uh, open ended enough. Yeah, open interpretation. Yeah, open interpretation, which is really cool. But it wasn't like in the crappy kind of lost way where it's like they're intentionally just stripping out any answers or anything just to be like, oh, we're vaguely mysterious. Yeah. But they really wanted to make it so that you can... I mean, it's obviously the game is about the life and death cycle of this character. Yeah. Well, exactly. When but... the whole when the whole game is kind of artful and ambiguous, then yeah. you can get away but with. They that. wanted to keep maintain that towards the end, but they also talk about there's also a thing where they they didn't want to suddenly make the whole end of the game like a big cutscene, so they wanted to yeah. try to keep the player give the player as much control as yeah. possible until the very last moment of the game. Yeah, and just the the tug of war between that and what they were trying to say with the game. It's just very, it's just really interesting, and there's also a great art fan art gallery in the back too. But awesome. yeah, no, it's a great game. Kate Craig, a uh, friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Kate Craig was raving about how fantastic this book was when she got her signed copy, and that's what convinced me to pick it up. But yeah, Andy, you could totally borrow this for. I would love want. to. It's yeah. gorgeous. So, did you buy Journey? Yeah, oh, I yeah. played it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Man, I went remember to the walk- when I told you that when my mom was like, "Show me a game that's not oh, killing that's right. people." I showed her Journey. And she's like, "What's the point?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck you, mom!" <laughs> God damn it, mom! <laughs> I remember when Flower came out. There were some people. I remember John Davidson, who used to be of One Up. He was, I think, uh, when Flower came out, he tried to get his wife to play it because he was like, "This might be one of those games that really broadens yeah. gaming to non gamers." Yeah. And uh, he brought it home to his wife, and she was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> See, that's the you thing. You play as the wind? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I was reading, there was an article this week on um, Polygon. We need to talk about Polygon. But uh, Polygon had an article about the secret sauce in social games. Yeah. And at one point, they talk, there was a, it, I believe it was in an article. There was an interesting bit. <laughs> like, I read I, it somewhere. I read it on the internet. Hey, Homer. Um, so, there's a part <laughs> where... They're talking about how, you know, Zynga would not make a first-person shooter. They're not marketing towards a hardcore crowd. They can't anymore because they fired everybody. That's right. But anyway, they're like, well, we're not making that sort of game. But it goes on to say, you know, like... Can but we just these... tell people this is a video game podcast from now on? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just realized. Because every time we're talking about video games we're like, guys, we don't play video games, we'll have to... 
We just assume that. You, you you probably know what we're talking about. Dude. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Zynga. God bless them. God bless anybody who doesn't like video games to listen to our podcast. Jesus. But some people do. That's what blows my mind. There's got to be all fun. <laughs> but Zynga, this, uh, this, yeah. is, this is not necessarily about game, explicitly about gaming per se. So basically they go out to say, our demographic is moms. Let's be honest. Middle-aged moms. And we make the kind of games yeah, that they yeah, would yeah, want to yeah. play. And we try to make our games cater towards that demographic. And there's a bit where they said, but but we're teaching them also how to play games and to appreciate games. Yeah. And I know that the writer was just trying to allude to something they had said earlier. And it's like, so when they're ready for that shooter, you know Zynga will have it for them. And I was like, but that's not... I was thinking about that. So let's say that you are a person who has never played video games before. And you played this Facebook game. And you're like, this is pretty neat. I want to play more video games. What the fuck would you play? Like, seriously. I think about this a lot. Like, what would you hand, if your mom got into video games because of Facebook games, what video Beyond game would Facebook you play hand to them? Something, yeah. that had, something that has to be on a console or a dedicated game. Well, just game period. If you had, could give them a game, if you could give a video game to someone who'd never played video games before, but wanted to, if their only understanding was on, like, social games mm. on Facebook, Irri- what would you hand them? Irritating stick. <laughs> No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that is an imported Japanese game from like 15 years ago. We have to navigate a stick through this very narrow environment. I think it's like just black and white graphics. It looks like it was coded by somebody in five minutes. Uh, no, seriously. Um, it really. Because, you know, like, I, I talk about this a little bit where I don't necessarily like or would not be inclined to play a lot of the games I play. I mean, seriously, but I like video would games. be one. Just, my but mom. Then again, thumbstick, like, even though the, even the controller was, like, even then, two, my mom the was like, why? But why yeah. am I doing this? What's the point? You have to have something with some sort of, like, draw beyond that, with journey exploration. Which is funny, because they actually talk about a little bit in the journey book where they talk about, like, uh, players who were playing the game, they didn't understand why you're doing stuff, and they, yeah. they had to try to throw stuff in there, like... That, that's why they throw in so much in the narrative, like, the history of the game. Sure. Like, the, the in-game history of the world. Yeah. And try to, like, draw people, like, try to at least get them interested in that I world. love Journey. Please know that this is not me slagging Journey, but my mom could but not But when it's again, less. when you first start, when you, when you're just, like, this lone person in an empty landscape, just yeah. wandering around, what's the point? Yeah, you want to be have directed. To have, you have to be, like, the, what is it, the four gaming tribes, are one we, of them or, is the explorer. Like, we're not, like, Plants vs. Zombies or Tetris are out. Because those are, I mean, well, I'm I sure would, the versions of those are are on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I or mean, it's you with could, friends. We're not counting that. But kind like, of stuff. really, it's like something can, that we would enjoy. Well, on not a even that. But I, I just keep uh, thinking. Kid Icarus <laughs> Uprising. Um, it's just an interesting thing. It's like the there's this idea of broadening yeah. demographics in gaming. Because you don't want to drive them towards a shooter. No. Because someone who plays Facebook games, you can't just automatically assume that like we're just we're just training these people to learn how to you know get used to playing playing a first person shooter. And I know that was not actually what the journalist was saying. I know, but, but I, was, I can see what they're like what they were trying to. Get it's just at, a but. weird thing. Like I always forget how insular gaming is because I'm so into it. Well, until of course I hit a point where I'm like, this is alien. I mean, to Wii me. games. I mean, like we like uh, we sport or something yeah. like that. I mean, at yeah. least it's something that's easy to control. And, you know, that's, just, I keep, that, that's a fun game. I like keep thinking it's like, if you developed a taste for gaming, what would your journey be? Uh, if they were of a certain age, I would say, you know, rock band games. Like, yeah. stuff where it's not necessarily... It's not like a Facebook game, but it's still a video game and it's 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 if you yeah. like that kind of music and you're being vaguely musically inclined or interested, at least yeah. that could be fun. I don't, like, your, did your mom actually ever play uh, rock band Beatles with us? Yes. Yeah. Did she have a good time? Yeah. I can't remember if she actually picked up a guitar... She, uh, she sang, I think, and she did drums. Oh, okay, yeah. She had a pretty good time. I mean, yeah. she, she's not going to go home and buy that or anything no. like that, but she had a good time at least playing it Yeah, you know, at someone else's house. But yeah, that's a good question. Half-Life 2. <laughs> God damn it, Annie. <laughs> um, I don't know, that's... 
Bill, you should be proud of me. This morning I was looking at games. I was like, I need to play a game this morning. I, I've got the seasonal sads real bad. And uh, I was like, I want to play a video game. That would help. And so I was looking at all my games. I almost played Half-Life 2. I was like, hey, I've been playing first. No, if first, you're already kind of depressed and it's Fallout no. side, that's not where you want to go. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see it just to see how it compares to Dishonored with the, the environments and everything oh, like no. that. Because you will walk the streets and go, oh, this really is dis- Dishonored except with machine guns. Oh, Bill. Uh, what? Well, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's that that same guy. He tends to uh, copy assets. From hey, Bill. What else? what else? What else? Bill? Oh, yeah, it's just not the part of the podcast. This is gonna be nabbing at me, though. What would what you would have? Seriously, I keep thinking about this. And to be fair, a lot of the things it's hard for me to answer that question in particular because I'm not necessarily into puzzle games. Yeah. Like I will play. I mean, puzzle I would games, say puzzle games, but like but... a lot of those puzzle games are already on Facebook. I'm trying yeah. to think of anything like I, if if I had to say something that's on it, like on a dedicated console. But on the other Xbox, hand, PlayStation 3, or, like, the DS. On the other hand, those people don't want to go. Like, they're happy where they are. Oh, exactly. You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't that necessarily, is gaming to You them. shouldn't necessarily want to push them towards a console if yeah. they're happy with Facebook games. And not that gaming should be... But I'm saying, if someone stuck a game to our or... heads and said, hey, motherfuckers, you gotta, like, put an Xbox controller, a DS, or a PlayStation yeah. 3 controller in someone's hand who has only played Facebook games. Yeah. I kind of hit across upon this recently yeah. because a friend of mine, her her gentleman friend got an Xbox and so she used it to play Netflix. But she was genuinely like, did she win? I want to, she did win. <laughs> Bill, she got the special I hear it's ending. I one long, it's a really quick QT with a really long cutscene at the end. <laughs> it's just you press a couple buttons and you just kind of sit there. So she did that. She was like, I want to play some video games. She'd never played video games before. So I loaned Wait, her, this? Um, this is my friend Marley. You know oh, her. she's, oh, the tooth? I'm, I loaned her the Fable 2. Tooth? She really liked Fable 2. She played Fable yeah. 2? She played it to the end. She really liked it. She played it with her man friend. They had a lot of fun. That's how I got Foley into gaming was playing Fable 2 with her. Huh. That was one of the first games. Fable 2 would die. If, that's too much of a, like. It's super accessible, dude. It's really easy to play. Is she younger? Um, She's maybe a year younger than me. Okay, so she's at least, you know, she's not going to probably have a heart attack if you put a uh, can, uh, control pad in her hand. Why did you assume that was my context? All I said was someone who'd never played games before. I, I was think age, age depends, because I think a younger person is going to be less intimidated if you throw uh, an Xbox controller in their hands. Do but I'm, my just mom. Meaning, I'm not talking like about crazy. literally how you play the game. I'm not talking I about... I think that's a part of it, though. It is. It absolutely is. Interface is a huge issue. You, you give someone a twin-stick controller, they're not... Most people, even no, if yeah. they like the idea of a game, they'll... Yeah. Like, they'll the controller is just going to intimidate the shit out of Absolutely. But I would also argue that if you have a game, something that is enticing enough, you learn it. Like, I found, like, that... <sighs> I still find the Rock Band games incredibly intimidating because of the, the controller. Really? Yeah, I do. Which controller? All of them. I, I really, Including I'm, the microphone? The drum. Well, not the microphone. That's what I'm saying. There's different... You know, there's levels of, like, complications. Yeah, but... The keyboard! Beep, boop, boop. I'm intimidated boop, by the keyboard, boop, boop. dude. Aww. Are you kidding? I have to look down and, like, there's all these See, buttons. Yeah, I do, too. And, but, like, yeah. it's awful. Oh, I don't... Man, I want to play some rock band. <laughs> that shit's good. But, I mean, if you, have, if you have a gameplay that is enticing enough, people will figure it out. Yeah. You know? And it... So, I learned her... If, if you could find a meeting between Facebook game and Xbox 360 controller... Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. The Wii's not a bad idea, because at least it's a controller, but it's, you know, physical yeah. stuff. And there's still some games still use face buttons. Yeah. But that's, like... And I get that's, that's what they're trying to do jump. with the connect and the move and everything like that. But the half that stuff doesn't work. It doesn't. Like, last night, I was playing with my five-year-old bro. I had my five-year-old bro over to my house, and he loves the goddamn connect because yeah. he loves the connect. Um, Did you uh, see they're coming out with another happy double-time... Yeah. Double I talked time. about it on this podcast about four months ago, Bill. <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> so, no, they're coming out with another one of those. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah! They, uh, he loves that game. 
And he also does love Once Upon a Monster. We were playing it last night, but it doesn't work very well. Even in my yeah. new house, which is so much more intuitive to connect play. Supposedly, uh, I've been listening to the Giant Bomb podcast and they say Dance Central 3, which is supposed to be good. Great fucking time, yeah. supposedly. That tends to be kind of funky, too. Yeah, I mean... And that's, that's a headlining... That's yeah. When this when this video game generation is over, that's going to be one of the big... Probably the big five Kinect titles is going to be Dance Central 3. Yeah. If that doesn't have work. And, the, and, this, and the Kinect's been out for a couple of years now. Yeah. I think... Ultimately, PlayStation has it right with the move because at least then you can have true one to one. But even then, you that's have to hold dead and two. Gone. Exactly. Also, good luck f- being able to find those controllers. Yeah, there. yeah. But that's or the thing. games to play that. It's with. like at least then it's it makes sense and it's responsive. But yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's a nice it's a, it's a nice halfway point between the Kinect where you, there's nothing to physically interact with and the Wii yeah. where it's just kind of boo, it's yeah. kind of stupid, dumb. Boo, and it just blah, blah, blah. you know I would even prefer if like the Kinect asked me to wear like special slippers and gloves so they could actually track my movements. I'm dead serious yeah. just to, if you just make the games work better yeah yeah but yeah my little five-year-old bro he gets so frustrated because we'll yeah. be playing the game the game will accidentally pause or the game will stop reading our responses or things Aww, like that, that he gets so frustrated. that's why happy action theater is so great because it doesn't care well, it's like, not really it's a not, game game. It's yeah. more just like a fuck around box. Yeah, it just it just yeah. responds to you in a very abstract way, yeah. and it, which is great, because then it doesn't matter if you're not perfect or anything like that. It is a bunch That's of toys. That's why the Kinect is still more of a toy than it is a tool or yeah. an actual controller, yeah. yeah. I wish there was a way to turn off my Kinect sensor whenever I am not explicitly playing a Kinect game, because I like voice controls. But I'll be sitting and playing a game, and all of a sudden it'll see like the cat walking by and think that it's me waving and trying to activate something and it'll turn on and I'm like no, I, when I bought an Xbox with Kinect like it was it back in May I got the Star Wars one and I played it once for five minutes and it's still it's literally connect, uh, collecting connecting. it has dust. about a quarter inch of dust on it now yeah. it's nice to although I live in a tiny speak. room but there's no re- there's I yeah I don't have any space to use it with it's nice to speak to the to I want to use it for That's Skyrim genuinely... and Mass Effect 3 but I haven't had no, a chance to go back Skyrim and play no Skyrim is those. terrible Oh, really? And here's why. It's all the voice controls are, like, I only use voice control for inventory. You have to actually shout your shouts. That's and great. Guess, That's no, the no, whole no. point. No, 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 no. Well, in, the, in the second that it takes you to say it, and I then the know. second that it takes you to process it, whatever you wanted combat, it to do not is not. Yeah. Is Unless gone. you're shouting a wall trying to make it, like, say When do you ever use your shout in a way that does not require some sort scream? of timing? Can you just connect werewolf? <laughs> Connect, 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 re-equip all the shit I had before becoming a werewolf, so I have to re-equip all my shit for five minutes. Man, that's that's the out all the things in Skyrim. That is my least favorite thing is the fact that when you turn into if you turn into a werewolf, when you turn into your werewolf form, when you come back to being human, you're naked, so you have to re-equip everything. Yeah, I get to either be you're naked, you have to re-equip, but that makes me never want to be a werewolf because yeah. I'm like I don't want to spend. Five you should minutes. have a quick costume thing, yeah, you know, like a saving There should be a quick outfit. put pants back on button. <laughs> Or just even yeah. ability to save an outfit and equipped things. Uh, so that's what happened this week? <laughs> I had a really... We got a really upset about video games. I had a shitty week. My brain, my brain chemistry is not playing anything else that wasn't happening? Well, I, I beat... Um, well, I'm, I'm, I, I picked up uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. There are these computer games I want to play on my computer, but my computer is dead. Mm-hmm. My computer is like... It is not fully dead. I can access... Don't you have multiple computers in the house? Well, I have my computer. My wife has her art computer that has this antique hooked up to it, so it's not terribly intuitive for gaming. Even better! Didn't it for touchscreen stuff? 
like adventure games and you play it on the Cintiq and it's like, you know, you, instead of using a mouse. The, I've done that with some games and that's actually kind of fun. No, I can understand like if I want to play an old LucasArts adventure yeah, game, but I want to yeah. play like Walking Dead and like there's a game, a friend has a game that I want to play the trial and stuff and things that would not be useful with the touch screen. And also, I don't want to sit in Talking like. Dead in, is on the Xbox. I we've had this exact conversation. The, is... I find the controls so terrible that I didn't finish the demo. The vast majority of that game is talking, so like what the controls are does not even matter. No, except it, for yes, the, it like, does. When I'm in a fucking combat team with a goddamn zombie and I have to replay it seven times, do you know how much fun I'm having? None. You're the only person I've talked to. I'm sure other people have had problems I with this. You're the only it. person I've talked to or heard of who's had problems with the controls on the 360. I hate all of Telltale's Everyone games agrees on the controls consoles. Can be better for that stuff. They have made too many goddamn games on consoles for this to still be a problem. Uh. You go back and you. What is the first game they had on console? Like fucking Wallace and Gromit or fucking Sam and Max? The game. The controls are exactly the same. This is unacceptable. They have not learned their goddamn lesson. I am not going to give them my money. I love Telltale, but they gotta step up, man. I'm done with it. Will I will Walking play it. Dead run on Foley's computer? Um, possibly. I would recommend that, because of all the games that have come out this year, I would say... Well, this I got to already starting to think about Game of the Year stuff, because yeah, just this morning, Justin McElroy, he was asking people for their top three picks, because yeah. he just wants to make sure, like... He plays all of everyone's favorites game games yeah. for the end of the year, and yeah. I, like got that got me thinking about my top three favorite games are probably Journey, uh, The Walking Dead, and actually still Mass Effect Three for all mm -hmm. the shit I you know everyone gives Mass Effect Three right now. That still was still was a good game, but yeah, The Walking Dead. Even though The Walking Dead fucked up my save, this is the other thing I did this week. I finally start try to play the episode four of The Walking Dead on the Xbox Three Sixty. There is a glitch. That, uh, it doesn't delete your save, but makes it, like, it'll default you to the first chapter of the game. Bill, why do you want me to play it on the 360 again? That's a good point. <laughs> play yeah. it this way. Let me explain to you why it's broken further. Play it on the PlayStation 3. That got patched. Um, oh, God. Okay, maybe you should play it on the PC, but play, play it on, seriously, try to play it on Foley's computer. I really, especially, it's a, man, your relationship it's... with Clementine and the other characters. Yes. Yeah. I want to play it. It's, it's, I do. It's definitely worth playing. I've heard enough good things. It's just, I don't want to play it on Cintiq. <laughs> it's not my idea. That's fun. even better than you just tap, no. like, the zombie to shoot no. in the head. I'm going to uh, figure but, it out. Uh, I gotta get a new computer. Mass Effect 3 is good. I feel bad because Mass Effect 3, aside from the shitty parts on Earth and aside from the ending, it was a good game. It wrapped everything up so nicely. It did. The more I, I still can't help but be disappointed in Mass Effect 3 for one reason and the way they abbreviated your um, conversation trees. Did they? Yeah, hardcore. I Oh, I did, because that's my favorite part of those games, is talking to people and being able to get into granularities, and they really simplified the com conversation trees, and oh. it's kind of like an auto-select sort of thing. You'll go into a conversation with people, and maybe you'll be prompted two times. Oh, okay. It did you never notice that? It branch down that far. No. I, well, it's also been long enough. It's been, what, six months since uh, Mass Effect 3 came out? Yeah. I tend to forget about the smaller things about it. All I remember is that... Uh, how they wrapped up everyone's individual stories before the that Earth was part great. was cool. That was really great. There's the Earth part, which is Halo stupid ripoff. <laughs> and then there's ending, which they actually did make better eventually. And that's all I remember of us. But I had a good time for like the it was four, a great 36 time. I love hours I played that game. 34 hours of that was fantastic. Yeah. So fuck that shit. I, Mass Effect was a good time. I just can't help but be disappointed that they took my favorite part of it and they reduced it for Connect. Yeah. They oh, reduced it, it so you could talk and talk your... Uh, I like our Halloween special turning into fuck Connect special. <laughs> That's you know what's really scary. Connect. The enforcement of Connect compatibility Ooh. with all Microsoft games. Man, we're gonna we're 
gonna look like assholes next year when they unveil the new Xbox and it's just an Apple TV with a connected. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Um, so Parks really- did you watch the Parks Rec this week? Oh man. <laughs> Goddamn Parks and Rec. Man, I mean it was a fine episode. It was a up great until episode. The ending, and then it was like, oh. Yeah. I like that everyone, as one, had a boner for Leslie Nope as Rosie the Riveter. Oh, yeah. Did you? What was, uh... My wife did. My wife, the next as. day, was like, uh... She was dressed like What's-Her-Butt from the Olympics. She Like, with all her little hair clips and everything. I know she was Olympics, was but great. I wasn't quite sure if she was anybody in particular. Yeah, I can't remember. what It's What's-Her-Butt. You got to see Lucy Liu... Not Lucy Liu. Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless. In a princess outfit. While not making any princess warrior Xena jokes. <laughs> I was amazed at the restraint. <laughs> princess mommy. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, Ben White proposes to... That was Leslie great. on Halloween. That was wonderful. Yeah, and I love how that comes. Well, I love the fact that, that it's a rare time where something like that can actually surprise you in a TV show. Yeah, because I'm surprised. Like, well, I don't watch normal TV that much unless it's to watch Thirty Rock, yeah. uh, uh, The Office, and Parks and Recreation these yeah. days. And so maybe they've they spent the whole week airing uh episode airing advertisements for uh Parks and Recreation that showed the proposition or whatever. Yeah, but the fact that it was like came out of the blue. And, like, he's there, and he's like, hey, I made my choice. And this is all about That's great. Nothing in the world of fiction makes me happier than a happy Leslie Nope. Yeah. It's like, amazing. that is the best. Like, of all the fake people I know in the world right now, the pretend yeah. people who live in my brain right now, Leslie Nope being happy is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Those characters, man. Yeah. I heard someone complaining about um, Ron Swanson's arc this season, that Ron Swanson seems less Ron Swanson-y. And I was explaining that the reason why is that Ron Swanson's in a situation where he can't I don't want to say he can't be himself, but he has to change who he is. And the whole thing well, that's about what Ron setting Swanson, up with her, him falling in with Lucy Lawless, assuming yeah. she's going to be a long term character. It's Ron, and not to, he, he, of course, is very mercurial with women in that he meets them and then they warp him entirely. But this is Ron Swanson bending. And that's, it's, it's, a, it's, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm yeah. just saying it's, it's a strange, you're not used to, Ron Swanson is so himself. I always assumed that the, the way strange. they were going to change the character, they were going to have him have a heart attack while eating a giant pile of bacon and eggs and they would put no. him on a diet and that would he be how they get steel. the comedy of him. He's I'm glad they didn't steel. go that way. The fact that he's falling in love with a lady. Yeah, no. And, and then also, Jerry had a heart many, attack. How many, <laughs> I love that Leslie says it without batting her eye at the fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the fourth. I remember watching that going, is this a real thing on TV right now? Because <laughs> I thought it was going to be the reveal that Tom had like a fart machine or something. Because no. it's so obvious, like no. a canned fart sound over Jerry going, oh my god, Leslie, oh my god. And I was like, that's actually supposed to be him. Oh my god. But I forgot the fart attack. Poor Jerry. This show could only end with J- Jerry becoming either millionaire or mayor. Oh my god. I love Jerry because Jerry is just happy. He's like he's content. He's the only actual... I mean, all the characters are nice on this show. They're nice he's the only one who's content. Yeah, everyone else... I love how... That's one of the funny things I love about Parks and Recreation most is that all the characters are, are, are mean well in the end, but they all arbitrarily hate Jerry for no reason. <laughs> that's the one time every every single character on the show just turns into a jerk, jerk-ass villain. <laughs> it's just against Jerry for no reason. And Jerry's the sweetest guy of the whole group. Well, that's why. It's that such happens. an arbitrary dynamic, but I love I it. I have seen that happen in real life. God. People have someone who's totally unerringly sweet and kind and everyone hates them. Not necessarily well, for it. 
But then yeah. everyone turns well, around. It's all like Toby it. on The Office, but just like cranked up to eleven. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Did you watch? You didn't watch The Office? I don't watch The Office. Uh, you had Donna Noble. Uh, you don't know who Donna Noble is. She's the lady from Doctor Who, right? Yeah, but she dressed up as female, sexy female Toby. <laughs> Because she's like, I'm sexy Toby. And everyone starts like, laughing and Toby shows up. He's like, are are, are you me? <laughs> that was actually not the office. has been good this year. I forgot what happened on this episode. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, uh, it was the, so funny. Back in dresses as Charlie Brown. Yeah. Kevin. Angela dresses as Nancy Reagan, which is perfect. <laughs> oh, Stephen Colbert showed up for two seconds. That wasn't interesting. But yeah, no, the office is like it's it's at least as good as it was like in in, in some of its earlier seasons. I don't know if it's as good as as it is when it was at its top form, but yeah, it's still been funny. And uh, yeah, uh, what's her face? Uh, slut face, monkey face. I stole the co- I stole the TV. Monkey face. Uh, she showed up on uh, Thirty Rock. Slut-faced. Amy Sedarius. <laughs> Okay, that's the only person you could call slut face monkey face. I'm like, that is somehow that's not how she sexist. Would describe herself. Because oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Amy Sedaris. Uh, is I play a normal. I stole the. What TV. is this thing where <laughs> Amy Sedaris is cast People, playing normal? You guys have not watched Strangers with Candy. <laughs> was it you who turned me on to the I stole the TV? <laughs> People back in Pittsburgh. <laughs> but I remember I, someone I know. Whatever they, everyone wanted to talk about Strangers with. tits real quick yeah that's kind of like she's kind of wasted as just like an extra yeah she should be the goddamn new she should shoot liz lemon and become the new star <laughs> of 30 rock and it lives for another seven seasons you know what i would actually really oh. love is if on 30 rock she showed up as like a, a she like some sort of misery sort of scenario <laughs> where she she hurts J- what's her name uh uh what's jenna? the uh, yeah jenna jenna <laughs> and, actually, and takes really her good. part on the show <laughs> long-term character because the thing about her oh, about Amy Sedaris is she's kind of like a Tracy Jordan where she's just insane and you just have to point her at the camera and I'm, have su- I'm surprised you never had an episode where they go back they went back to Kenneth's hometown once but if they ever oh. went back to go see, if you ever went to go see Kenneth's family it'd be yeah. nice if it was David and Amy Sedaris <laughs> <laughs> but look at the back woods, but it's just those two guys this is mom and pa <laughs> hey could you imagine how fucking David <laughs> Sedaris doing his Ella Fitzgerald <laughs> and Amy Sedaris in a fat suit in his cabin in the woods oh god just the upper half of the fat suit and balance out her <laughs> bottom half it's like, it's like a John Waters movie over there oh my god so what happened this week oh. no Parks and were super goddamn cute yeah Ben Wyatt and also he did Ben White in stupid geek mode. Somebody says something, he's like, "No, I gotta go watch Lord of the Rings." I don't know. You had to be there. It was funny. I love the lady God who plays. Damn. What's her name? Is her name character name? Oh, they brought Jen. her back for ten seconds. But every time she shows up, she makes me fucking. Well, the terrible lose thing my shit. she's she's legitimately attractive, but she's also just kind of like that falling apart, slutty, hot, kind of attractive, <laughs> but still kind of funny and kind of like so hilarious. Yenta she's kinda... so goddamn. 
Not really? Yet, no, isn't she? She Bill's has that kind of like Jewy. No, that, she's kind of Jewy. Well, she has that kind of like, hey, what are you doing there? She sounds like George Costanza's mom, but hot. <laughs> what? That's it. She's bad. She's got that New York thing. She, she said she's the hot. She's the sexy. She, she's just a fast talking swindler, and I love that about her. Every day. She dresses up as sexy Billy Crystal, is all I'm saying. That's what I she want, sounds like. I want her, I would have a Western where she's a, a con woman who just blows through town. She just falls all over herself. Hello <laughs> there. Why no, do I'm, you think she's slutty? She's not slutty. She keeps trying to pork everybody. No, she, she only tried porked, to pork Chris Traeger. She was did. It. No, they were porking for a <laughs> while. Yeah. Repeatedly. And then she's trying to pork uh, Larry. What's his name? You mean the character whose name you said like ben about Ryan. ten seconds ago? Who's the actor's name? Anyway, I love Parks and Rec. I keep watching Elementary because it comes on after Parks and Rec, oh, so really? I switched to I switched to watch it. One thing that was interesting is that so Windows Eight drops this week, I guess, or whatever. Uh, hell, you just do what? You, hold on, you went three different directions of one on. sentence. Yeah. During Parks and Rec, they had all these like immediately after it, they had this thing that showed the surface. With like with all your Parks and Rec information Is that on the it, new Apple or uh, it's the Windows like tablet? the yeah the tablet yeah. And, it, and it's a big it's part of Windows eight too. I think it's like your default desktop uh, or yeah. whatever, and you have to actually override it to get to your desktop. Jesus, and uh, they have that for Parks and Rec. I'm like, wow, that's intense. I switched to Elementary. They had the exact same thing at the end of Elementary on a different network. Windows is coming on hard, man. Damn. It's, that was real. That's the first oh, time I've ever seen. Oh, I was not on the same network because I was no. kind of surprised because NBC like, and CBS. When I let and like it was like a fucking news show on on Parks and Rec. How was Elementary? I kind of am starting to like Elementary. You don't have to be ashamed. Just because it's not very good. Stephen Moffat but, goes up. Boop, 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 boop. Um, the the thing about it is is that Johnny Lee Miller is not, and I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I don't think Sherlock is not terribly interestingly written. In that show, so you're starting because the thing about Sherlock is that he's a jackass and a bastard, but you still like him. Yeah. And they every adaptation, no matter how you feel about it, you know, usually they, they manage to make Sherlock successfully likable. However, they do it. That's what I like about the Stephen Moffat one. They they don't even yeah. try to make him. Mock. But but he's he still likable. Dick machine. Benedict like, Cumberbatch still has this kind so? of entrancing charm to him. Yeah. He's fascinating. You want to keep watching him so that you keep going. And like with the Robert Downey Jr. is such a schmarm factory. You love him. Yeah. And like even like the goddamn great mouse detective is kind John of charming. Lee, John Lee Hooker Johnny, is terrible. <laughs> he's not terrible. They just don't have that likable hook to him. Is yet. he actually English? Yes. The, oh, oh, the character? Whenever, the guy? The actor? People, I don't know. Whenever I've seen, watch the 20 at the movie theater, the 20 yes. is the 20 minute long thing they always show like <laughs> Here's our USA movie of the week. Yeah. Uh, advertisement. They keep on showing shirt like elementary. Yeah. And it seems like the, they're trying no to make him more like a Miller. bumbling. No, I mean he's, he's more a, of a bumbling kind of guy. No, he's explicitly a recovering drug so that's addict. That's one thing I do like about ben, Benedict Cumberbatch too, other than just being an unrepentant jerk, is you really get the feeling that he is like a razor sharp motherfucker yeah. to the point that he's like autistic and can't work with anybody else. Yeah. Whereas it seems like with the elementary, they kind of made him more like a bumbling, like I'm kind of more silly, goofy, non-threatening. Not even kinda. remotely. Really? They may be marketing it that way, but that is not his character on the show. He is just kind of a um uh like a. He is. He's just like a. He's like a, he has ADD more than anything else. Is Lucy Liu? She, she See, fight in Afghanistan. Thing. So Watson is the best part of the show. I really like Lucy Liu as Watson. Like she. None of us can pronounce her name. Lucy I was like Liu. Lucy Lau. You, you said Loosely Liu. That's <laughs> <laughs> a roller derby name. Loosely Liu. <laughs> 
Lucy Liu is great as Watson. I really like her. Oh, yeah? And, like, her I little arc that. is interesting what to me. Arc? Well, she was a surgeon, and um, I can't remember how, but she fucked up. She killed a patient. So now she's... Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, Bill. She fucked up and committed murder deliberately. Did they? When she killed the patient, was there, was, were they at a Yakuza meeting? <laughs> And they suggest, because of her part American heritage, suggest that she may not be the best surgeon to choose for the lead surgeon of the hospital. Yes, Bill. And she cut off his head. This is a direct sequel to Kill Bill. That is correct. Uh, Somehow they just sewed her brain back on. I like Lucy Liu, but I've never seen her in that much stuff. I have no idea if she's actually a good actress or not. I like this. This role is not particularly challenging, but I like her in it. Someone made a joke online that they want to see something with all the Watsons just hanging out and having adventures. And like, I would actually watch something with Jude Law, Martin Freeman, and Lucy Liu. The long-suffering schmoes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just hanging out and fighting crime. I'd be totally down for that. Who was Watson in the Jeremy uh, Brecht? Uh, Some dude. Anybody? He was fine. Yeah. He was was old school Watson. Trying to think of old, well, what other big Sherlock's? There's Jeremy Brecht. There's dude from like, I can't remember who was uh, Sherlock before Jeremy Brecht. Yeah. Jeremy Brett is Sherlock to be still. Is it Brett? Brett or whatever? Yeah. I think it's Jeremy Brett. Um, oh, you got Data from Star Trek. He was Sherlock. <laughs> That's right. Who was Watson in that episode? Jordy uh, uh, LaForge. Was it? Yeah, because no. he still got like the futuristic visor on, but they're all still dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there is a great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where uh, Data, you know, because he's in the holodeck. That's yeah. where they do all their Sherlock stuff. And he's like, oh, I want to fight Professor, I want to fight uh, Moriarty. And, of course, he, he's a robot, so he's smarter than the program. And so whatever Moriarty tries to do, he's also he's all read all the books, so he knows how to outsmart the, the Moriarty from the books. So he tells the computer, like, computer, make a Moriarty that I that will give me a challenge. And so Moriarty becomes self-aware, and he realizes that he's computer program, and he yeah. tries to take control of the ship. And that's kind of great, and like, yeah. oh, that's, that's such a very cute little episode, but yeah. Anyway. Oh, Star so, Trek. So, uh, this is, you talking about something you like turns into Bill talking about <laughs> Star something. Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Which is really accessible to me. No, yeah. Elementary, it's not, I don't well, know if it's good. Aiden Quinn is really seen? great. Um, three, four. Yeah, because it seems like it's brand new. Like, you, it's, yeah. yeah, it's newish. But yeah. But has, does she, has, so she hasn't fought in Afghanistan or anything like that. No. Because that's something everyone still kind of works in. That's she's what they not, with, uh, she's not a soldier. She was never a soldier. Well, I love that that, that works in with, what's it, with Bilbo's. Backstory, yeah, with Mark backstory. Yeah, because that, yeah. that's funny because we're ever there's always a war in Afghanistan. Yeah, sadly. that's why you can always have a Sherlock. It would have been interesting and a Watson. to me had she was she a recovering soldier with like PTSD. I mean, I can see why they didn't do that because they were already kind of doing that with yeah. with, with, with Watson. It's hard to take that and make that fresh. And also, the point is that she is just his minder. Like oh. she's his because he, he, he's a recovering addict and she's like his relapse minder. Yeah, that's how that's how they fit her into the show. Yeah, are they stuffing? They're not stuffing. Hopefully, they never will. They're not really developing. I saw the opening scene. He's like, I love you. But it's really, he's like, very exciting. Yeah. On the TV it's um, are, they really the, uh, <coughs> are they also doing cases from the books? I don't think so. No. Is she keeping a diary? Because that's like, that's no. the framing device for most of the books. Is nope. like, it's Watson saying, today, yeah. Sherlock and I, no. we ate shit in the She alley. does not write at all. Oh, okay. It's it's interesting. I mean, it's generally just like these characters. Which, I mean, like I said. So it's Sherlock... even more further divorced from the source material than even the Moffat show. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, God bless them. They gotta do something different. Also, they it's American TV. So they have, like, what, 22 episodes in yeah. a season? Well, that's the one thing I do. Uh, and, uh, one of the, I, I appreciate about the Moffat uh, thing is that every episode is based off of a book. Don't yeah. twist and torture the plot the hell. Yeah. Just, you know, just to update it and stuff. But, and it's like... cute that Watson has a blog. That shit is cute. Yeah. 
Cute. Which that makes, I mean, that's the whole framing device when we react. Yeah. It's fucking No, look, you're having a good time. You should be all apologetic. It's, I like it. I like. It's bad I TV. I like elementary. It's not good TV. It is not. It's fine. You don't have to, everything you watch doesn't have to win a golden, golden fucking globe. Lately, I feel like I'm eating a lot of trash. So that's why. That's you, why I feel bad about it. You're a white person in North America. What else are you going to do? True. I'm sorry, you're not reading enough Proust. <laughs> that's right, Bill. Bill, tell me about the mummy. We're not talking about the one with Rachel Weiss. I got excited when I saw that in her notes. I'm like, is this oh, it's the same story? Delve into the chick over? in the mummy. She got the same name as Rachel Weiss. Oh, really? And I was like, man, well, can't you just CGI Rachel Weiss? <laughs> We're talking about the 1930s and the 1932 mummy. This is the old uh, Universal Black and White with Karloff. I watched it this week. This is still part of the Universal Monsters Blu-ray set. It's really cool. Um. The opening of the movie, it features uh, the title screen. Uh, the title screen for, like, this is, like, the third big universal talky horror movie after Frankenstein and Dracula. Mm-hmm. And the title screen for, like, Frankenstein and Dracula, like, I think for Frankenstein, it's just a picture of a dude with, like, lasers coming out of his eyes, which makes no sense. And for <laughs> well, Dracula, it's Dracula, just Dracula, a couple it's... bats. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's just a static image. For the mummy, what they did was uh, they have an actual, like, tabletop model of the Sphinx with the pyramids behind and there's like a little bit of music, and then it revolves. The whole oh, model revolves, awesome. and you see on the far side of the Great Pyramid, it has the words "the mummy" carved out of the side of the pyramid, which is just really great. Uh, because like that, that just nice. Like you don't see that kind of like, I don't know. You don't even see that kind of cool tile design like even today, even. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's it's, it's you know. It's, it's, oh wait, that's the opening of the movie. That's how it opens. That's a, that's the title of the movie, "The Mummy." That's awesome. It's very cute. Uh, it's funny because it's essentially just a remake of Dracula because it's the same plot. Uh, where it's a dude come back from the dead and he's just skulking around killing people. Uh, well, it's kind of funny. I didn't realize, like, a, most of the retellings of, of Dracula these days, they involve this plot where Dracula, he goes after the main chicky in, 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 in the story because she's a re- reincarnated version of his love from back in the day. Which, that's not a part of the original book. I was going to say, that's not in the book at all. But that was something they kind of took from the Mummy movie. This Mummy movie is essentially the same plot as Dracula, except they add this whole, like, thing. It's But it's the plot of the I was going to say, I forgot that 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 is what happens I didn't know that was, like, a goddamn remake. And the movie's, like, 70 minutes long. It's not that long to watch. It's But it's it's, it's really cute. Karloff is fantastic. Um, They, man, he's only... He's all, you only get to see him as an actual mummy for like the first like literally literally like minute and a half of the movie when they find his mummy form and they, but they did this great head to toe makeup of where his face kind of looks like generally like kind of rotten and like they have oh, this thing man. where like indentations of bandages that have since rotted off. Oh on nice! His face. That like, is an easy uh, uh, practical to do, but it's always cool looking. Yeah, and like even like they did this thing cool to the tip looking. of his nose to kind of make it look like it's almost like ready to fall off. Or oh, something. that's so rad! And like everyone like gives props to like. Uh, Boris Karloff is Frankenstein, and that's cool makeup. But this, like this, like this mummy makeup is fucking amazing. You really, literally, only get to see it for like two, for, like three. Well, what does he look like movie. for the rest of the movie? Uh, as soon as he uh, he wakes up, and he steals a he steals like a scroll or something like that that makes him younger. And so he spends uh. the rest of the movie. He still got he still got really cool makeup, but yeah. he just kind of looks like weathered and weird and wrinkled. Uh-huh. It's still made up, and he he looks yeah. kind of doesn't look corpse like. But he, he just looks, looks like, like he's been freshly embalmed. Yeah, like it looks not, like a yeah. prune or something like that, which is still yeah. really cool makeup. Uh, but you know what? It kind of kills me is arsenic and old lace. Yeah. There's a character who gets referred to as, oh, you look like Boris Karloff. Yeah. That's a running joke throughout the the movie. Yeah. Uh, which I only know. The, I know it's a play, but I know it as a movie. Mm-hmm. And I know the big thing was Karloff was, like, he had played that character on the, on stage. the stage. He had originated yeah. that character, and it was something, for some reason, he couldn't be in the movie. 
But the guy playing that Karloff wannabe character in Arsenic and Old Lace, I think he was looking at the mummy oh, yeah. to do his Karloff thing. Because, like, unlike Frankenstein, where, you know, Karloff is running around, he's just big wordless, just knocking shit over. Like, he's a, he actually has a role to play. He actually has dialogue, and he's yeah. talking and stuff. Because, like I said, he, he comes back to life as a mummy, but then he becomes, like, human, and he's walking around and talking. Yeah. And no one, he looks fucked up, but no one suspects that he's, like, an undead pharaoh from yeah. the movie. But the way he walks, where he's kind of like this hunched shoulders and kind of like his head hooked down, mm-hmm. he's very much like that guy from Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah. And like, I was like, why does this remind me of Arsenic and Old Lace? And I just realized <laughs> why. And that, that guy must yeah. have been look, looking at the mummy specifically. Uh, it's just really cool. Uh, but yeah, it's, re- it's, it's, it's really pretty. All kinds of Egyptian shit. It ends hilariously. Uh, the mummy, he's trying to kill. How does the, the 90s mummy movie end? I can't remember. Because Rachel Weisz, we did not watch that movie for the plot. I know cause we, watch, we watched the Mummy for Rachel Weisz falling in the in the river. Doesn't he get eaten by his own scarab beetles? Or something like that. What happens is he's menacing the Rachel Weisz wannabe character in the original Mummy. <laughs> I like what we're talking about like the the original film as like a wannabe. Uh, I remember it ends remake. in kind of. I feel like it ends in a melancholy note because he is actually reunited with the ghost of or his loved one. Like or something like that. Like yeah, that. but so like you know the original Mummy movie, he's going after this lady because she's the reincarnation of his original love. But he decides he needs to kill her to make her make it so that she can live forever. Yeah. And so he's menacing her, and suddenly the statue of Isis shows up, and she like raises her arm. She's got an ankh in her hand, and she like energy comes out of it, and suddenly the mummy falls down dead and turns into bones, and it suddenly cuts to. It's a universal picture and cuts really? to black. It is literally it's a Deus Ex Machina. It's really abrupt. I think there's one reaction shot of like the lady going, oh, and like that's the, like I, I forgot. Well, this is like again the mummy's still old enough. It's like the early 30s. It's only a couple years out from the invention of of talkie movies. Yeah, and so the pacing of it is very kind of like silent filmy. We're like, I guess we've got to wrap it up. I guess we just have to have the mummy get killed by something at the end. That's funny. And when it gets turned into a skeleton, it's great because it is just a bunch of bones on the floor. It goes from yeah. Morris Karloff going, ah, and then there's a bunch of bones on the floor. But yeah, then it just cuts to, it's a universal picture. Like, the weird, like, old uh, universal title card. It doesn't even say the end. It's just very happy, like, little title card at the end, yeah. which cracks me up. Oh, this is what happens at the end of it. She reads from the book. Rachel Weiss reads from the book yeah. that makes him mortal. Oh, so she's got more agency in the, in the remake, yeah. Yeah, so, and then uh, the protagonist stabs him, forcing him to the river of death, rapidly decaying. Imhotep leaves oh, the world of the living, vowing yeah. revenge with the same words he carved into the sarcophagus. Death is only the beginning. Which one? Because she... Was she only in the first two mummy movies? Rachel Weiss, I believe yeah. so. Cause isn't, which one is the one where they show her in the past and she's actually sword fighting and shit? She's like half naked, all greased up, sword fighting and shit? <laughs> Clearly, I did that not pay as much attention that to the mummy movies. Her, right? That had woman, either I'm thinking of another character or they used a stunt lady or something. Because anybody can't imagine Rachel Weiss getting all bronzed up, wearing barely nothing, and a sword. Because <laughs> there's something where, like, another lady is fighting for the mummy's affections think, back in yeah, the day. Yeah, because it's a different lady in the... In the... Any excuse to talk about Rachel Weiss being half-naked <laughs> Bill and Eddie will get right down oh on it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know in the third movie it is not Rachel Weiss. But it's still, uh... It's still Frankenstein. Yes. Frankenstein, Yes. Frank, thank you, monster. The mummy. Actually, <laughs> Frazier would not have been a bad if you're going to cast anyone. Yeah, actually, they just, uh, Brian Fuller's Monsters uh, pilot aired this week. I didn't yeah. get a chance to see it, but actually, Brendan Fraser would have been a good, uh, Herman. Uh, Herman. They got yeah. What's his name? They got the fat kid from Stand by Me. Oh really? And I heard a couple of reviews. And Brendan Fraser actually would have been a really he's good comic, and he's Herman kind of a monster. big lug, and he's mugging. Oh, he would have been really good. That would have get a, got a green light if they got it in him. Because <laughs> supposedly, like, like, what is his name? Jerry Connolly or whatever? He's good. He's okay. But he's not, like, no. he's not as... 
good because what's his name Why in the original show the was such monsters? a big... I have no the idea. The Monsters is such a vaudevillian sort of like old school it sort feels of like, sitcom. It feels like Brian Fuller lost a bet. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Monsters, I love the Monsters. I not crying it's out like, for why, modern why why it'd be like right when you when they made the fucking flintstones movie it's like no you just it's just dumb puns there's, yeah, it's, there's nothing left unsaid <laughs> by the flintstones or you cannot the, yeah. modernize this there is no doing it I thought, like, what is the modern equivalent of 30 minutes of puns there is none remake was okay but that was that was more just the stylish family, and the pretty exactly Adam's family always had that that streak of morbidity that's from the drawings that's why I like the monster so much because it is so it's not, so it's just cool. dumb <laughs> it's just like old grandpa jokes and like oh that's why the bats. monsters are great <laughs> on Conan just pushing her stool across the stage for five minutes. I love that Kevin bullshit. Kevin James had a ten minute bit about greeting cards. cards. I fucking love oh that bullshit. But yeah, no, I love man, the monsters on Netflix. You got Netflix. You gotta fire that shit up because it is so goddamn corny but great. <laughs> it is total comfort food and like it's yeah. totally like a canned laugh track and everything like <laughs> yeah. that. And yeah, I have no idea why Brian Fuller's like, you know, of all the things I could be doing right now, I gotta bring back to the Because yeah. he's doing, I guess he's also producing like a Hannibal Lecter yeah, show. we've talked about it. Oh, dude, oh, Carolyn Inferno's gonna be that. Is she gonna get it? Bill. Is she her titty I have told you, we have had, I think we talked about it literally no, last week. <laughs> it wasn't until this week they, they had a picture of Casino Royale. Yeah. Oh, did they release a picture of him as Hannibal Lecter? It Lester? just looks like the guy from Casino Royale eating a snack. Well, what's he gonna, what are they gonna do? I know, but like, because it's a younger him. Even what's his name from Rushmore? Uh, who's the guy from X Men Two? Who's the bad guy? Who starts? Uh, who who was in charge of Wolverines? Oh, what's his butt? That, guy. that actor dude, yeah. Brian Cox. He's yeah. like in Born Identity. And yeah, stuff. he played the original Hannibal Lecter in like made for TV movie. Did he? Yeah, he was the first guy to ever huh. play Hannibal Lecter in a thing. Uh, yeah, before Anthony Hopkins. But he still, he was kind of dressed in white and he had his hair slicked back. And that's yeah. how Anthony Hopkins kind of took that for his Hannibal Lecter. Interesting. But this Matt, was it Matt Mickelson, the guy mm-hmm. who's playing it this time, who was the bad guy in the Casino Royale and He was make. the badass in Valhalla Rising. They didn't even do that. He's just kind of, he just looks like that same character. He doesn't have a weepy, bloody eye or anything like that. But he's just kind of like at dinner table eating a steak. That's because like that. that dude is a stone cold motherfucker. No, that's a great casting though. Oh, but it doesn't look like so the Hannibal Lecter good. that's been portrayed yet. But that, Which but they have to do. That show's you know? being put together by Brian Fuller. Who, like, it's kind again, of an interesting choice for him, yeah. and all the casting that's coming out. Well, it's is like, Lawrence Fishburne, really? and uh, yeah. I wonder if like the the oh that was, that was sexy. I had waffles. That tasted just like waffles. <laughs> um, but no, I wonder if the Hannibal Lecter thing is like his like the thing is he really focusing on the monsters thing was just something else. I, I wonder. Know. Dude, it's a monsters remake. How much did they really? Like way too much. I think we had almost this exact conversation. Anyway, and the also. Happy uh, the Invisible Man, I watched that too. Have you ever watched the original, original Invisible I've Man? I've never seen any of these movies. Well, I've never seen the Invisible... I've seen bits and pieces of the Invisible Man before, just because as a special effects nerd, that's a seminal movie, because that, like, you know, this, the invisibility effects were, yeah. like, really, like, advanced for that uh, th- that day and age back in the day. 
Uh, but it's, I didn't realize it's Claude Rains as the Invisible Man. Who's Claude Rains? Uh, he was the chief inspector in Casablanca. Oh. He was in a couple oh, yeah. of Hitchcock movies. Okay. Very small, very demure, but very cool little English man. And, but he plays a roaring fucking maniac in The Invisible Man. Uh, that character is fucked up. He's crazy. Oh, What's I his name? Listen. Griffin? Yeah, no. Griffin. Wait, you never saw that before. Did you read the book? I've read the book. Oh, uh, no, but it's exactly the same plot as the book. The book is actually they really good. But, uh, this is, of the book all the, is really of good. Of all these Universal horror movies I've watched, this is the most fucked up because the monster is more of a normal guy who just yeah. goes insane. Well, it's, the question is, it's like you're a normal person and you get this power and it turns you into a moral asshole. Yeah, but it's also the funniest one because a lot of the movie is kind of like goofy, like, ah! I'm just gonna be in shirt that walks around and scares people. There's a thing where he just he's running around. He's just a disembodied pair of pants, and he's just chasing this lady down the road, just singing "Nuts in May, Nuts in May." I gotta collect the nuts in May. And just like it's just goofy, it's stupid, but like Claude Rains is having such a great time yeah. playing this invisible dude that it's both yeah. simultaneously really creepy and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Which for that day and age, like a lot of those movies aren't really creepy or funny in that kind of way, but yeah. it is kind of like of all these Universal monster movies I've watched before, it feels the most modern. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really cool. But yeah, like re- looking at the synopsis of the plot of the original book, it really is almost exactly the same thing. The book is good. I, I know I've recommended a lot of bad books to you, but you should read The Invisible Man. It's you not long. I didn't realize. I keep on thinking for some reason H.G. Wells was born earlier in the 19th century than he was. I keep on thinking he was an early to mid-19th century guy. I forgot mm. he was born in the late 19th century, and he didn't die until after World War II was over. And so he saw this Invisible Man. And he, yeah. like, supposedly he dug it, except he didn't like the fact that they made Claude Rains too much of a lunatic. Yeah. Because I guess in his original book, he's more of kind of like an anarchist socialist guy. Yeah. And he uses his invisibility for the sake of, like, trying to fuck up the state. Yeah. Whereas in this, uh, Claude Rains just goes crazy because the invisibility potion just makes your, your mind go nuts. Yeah. And so he's just like, he just gives great speeches about, we're going to murder people. We're going to fuck up trains. And he fucks up trains. <laughs> If you see this movie, you'll you'll see the part where Bill was laughing his ass off when he like when, when shit goes uh, horribly wrong. Yeah. Um. Did you just beep at me? I my phone beeped because I'm really professional. Your your, your pacemaker just keep talking about movies, Bill. Uh, I would actually like to borrow that. Okay, this is what I was gonna ask. Our, oh, you want to borrow listeners. this? So I was gonna ask this of you and also our listeners. Um, my Halloween plans are just I'm gonna hang out in my house, give out candy, and I've decided I want to watch a movie. I have seen very little, very few scary movies or seminal horror films. I just saw The Shining. For oh, the first so time we're not gonna time. finish talking about Invisible Man. I see. What you else get do you a say? phone call. This is what we were. I was starting to say, Bill. Before what were we were going to say? Phone call. Oh, did we? Annie just Bill, got what a, else do you have to say about Annie's the Invisible Man? Phone call saying her pizza's going to be late, so she's angry. <laughs> Bill, what else are you going to say about the Invisible Man? She got a pizza j- j- shaped like a giant bat that she's just going to throw at the first people show up Bill, on her doorstep. Hey, Bill, what are you going to say about the Invisible Man? Bill? I was going to say it's interesting that it's... Uh, it's funny that it hasn't been like... Uh, uh, it's not more popular. It's it's The Invisible Man is not like the big creepy character. Uh, well, I wonder I wonder if it's scary because like the character hasn't been as lampooned to death as Dracula yeah. or Frankenstein. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Cause he's a classic. That that thing is he's a classic. He's kind of classic, but like you don't like aside from the original movie, you can't think of any classic movies featuring the Invisible Man. I always think of him more prominent in my head because they um, use him a lot in um, Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. Well, also, it's not the same character in uh, *Leave It to Gentlemen*, is it? Uh, I think it's a different is guy it, who got it, the formula. Who stole the formula, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Like that. I think that's in the book, though. Is I it? think his formula is stolen. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the climax of it, because someone is found dead. Isn't he, oh, he gets raped to death. 
That, that happens in the League of Mature Gentlemen. That, that is book. the best. That book. Anyway. Um, you know, there's not a, uh, like a universal horror Jekyll and Hyde movie. Well, there isn't, for is all there? The, for all those stories they were talking about. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I was talking about H.G. Wells mm-hmm. uh, before, uh, before you got your phone call. Was uh, Yeah, so H.G. Wells, he actually saw this movie because he didn't die until World War, World War II. Uh-huh. And he, so he really dug the movie, except for the fact, yeah, the fact that it made What's the Name a little bit crazy. Uh, he really liked one of the... There's a lady who screams in the movie a lot. She's a little old lady. She's like... <laughs> yeah. He really loved her. I can't remember what the hell my point was. What were you going to talk about? We got totally discombobulated uh, here. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't think I'm stressed and freaking out until something triggers me, and then I get all freaked out well, and jittery. And he's got a sick relation, so she was kind of worried there might be a phone call about that. And anyway. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> um, all life is suffering until you die. Set. Happy Halloween. That, Happy Halloween. So, um, the, <laughs> I've never, I've not Catholic seen a lot of scary movies and I don't, I don't like scary movies. I don't like creepy movies. They're not my bag. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed The Shining and so I've decided that for Halloween I'm going to watch a scary movie. I'm probably going to watch Alien just because I'm in the mood for it. We but had, if you, you had, had seen, watched, you, you, what? If you, if you were to suggest a movie to watch on Halloween, what would you suggest? And also, this goes out to our listeners as well, at Boy Hattie Podcast. What suggest movie? to whom and for what purpose? To me. To you. Like I just said, I'm going to watch a scary movie on Halloween. Man, which <laughs> I just gave Andy the Blu-ray. This is what I was starting man. to say before he went back on your uh, invisible man segue. Well, you got my, well, I gave you a movie. A, a movie other than that that... What do you mean? What was what was? What is a seminal horror film that, I should watch? One that I think you would enjoy, or one Just that a I seminal think horror film see. I should watch? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Bullshit. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. It's uh-huh. probably like Return of the Living Dead. No, but Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. If I if you put a if I had to make a blind suggestion to anybody. Yeah. I think I've seen Dawn of the Dead. But I know and like your taste better. Is Dawn of the Dead the one that's in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's in the mall. I've seen that one. It's in the middle of a mall. I've seen that one. And everyone, like, the blood is all Crayola poster paint blood. So it's not (laughs) even that scary. The heads get blown off and bitten off and shit like that. But, uh... Um, or a little orphanage. I'm trying to think of movies that I think you would enjoy. Yeah. You've seen... I really love the orphanage. I've made you watch all the ones I think you would enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Watch me just rewatch the orphanage. So when was the last time you saw Alien? I've only seen it once. Didn't we see watch it over at uh, Grant's place? Were you there for that? We were there for I watched, Aliens. I can't remember. Who, I, watched, I thought we had watched Aliens and Alien back to back. Yeah, I watched Alien, Aliens, and what's the last one? Do you need the Blu-ray for that? Because I got I that got, too. I got it. I got the Blu-ray. Um, I, uh, and uh, what's the the one where, uh, with the, the baby? With How do you the, say it like the dragon? Alien Babel. <laughs> the Alien Babel? The Alien Baby. Is that strong? Yes. Uh, Call it. I'm going home. Bill... <laughs> Just upload last year's Halloween podcast Man, and see if that anyone notices. That testosterone rush is fucking with you. Bra- no, not testosterone. <laughs> Annie's been taking steroids, trying to bulk up a little bit. God, this you do have weird little source. Grover arms. I, I don't want to say anything about it till now. What? I Grover agree with the arms? steroid program that you're taking. <laughs> Grover arms? What does that mean? Wiggly and noodle It's Yeah! I can, I'm little just, sticks at the end. I'm disagreeing with your uh, steroid program that you started abusing. <laughs> It's better to have, although it's better to have Grover arms than it has Grover legs. This is true. Because at least Grover arms, you can still get around. This is true. I used to know a cripple kid who had one Grover leg. Speaking of Muffets, Foley wrote me a, a quote the other day about how um, heteronormative and the heteronormative what? stuff in, in children's media we don't blink at, but whenever you have the slightest hint of homosexuality, people freak out. Yeah. Like someone was freaking out about like the Bart vague Manning? lesbian subtext in 
Adventure Time. And they're they're going on about, well, you have heteronormative stuff in children's stuff all the time and no one cares. And one of their conclusive statements was, I thought, great. It's okay for Gonzo to fuck a chicken. (laughs) But it's not not okay for a teenage vampire to have a crush on a girl. The Lich. No, that just downloaded uh, both The Lich and Remember Me. I still have not seen a single episode from the season, but it just what? wrapped up. I'm you still watching watched... episode three. Yeah, I just watched the episode. I just, uh, what what episode? I fell asleep watching. It was it was it was uh uh who makes the apple pies? Tree trunks. Tree trunks it was a tree trunk episode. Oh, the apple thief. They stole my pie. They stole my apples. I fell asleep halfway through. I gotta keep. Oh, well, I watch an iPad in my bed before I fall asleep every night. It's I fall only asleep like very quickly. 15 I know. I seriously to watch two whole seasons of Adventure Time is about a two-hour commitment. I shouldn't be complaining about that. Uh, you got some we, good shit. We talked about. Re, we talked about. Uh, I remember you. you. talked about. Re, uh, I, remember I remember you, you last really week. Good. Yeah. The Witch is great, just because I just love how they're like they just fuck around on Adventure Time. Is this a prequel to the comic? Because the Lich is this the first? No, this is not the, the Lich first time. Shows up in, up in the in the show, you showed up before, wasn't he? With Billy, Billy the Grand Billy? Warrior. Did you not hit this? Oh, maybe I not missed that. Oh, Bill. Because the the Lich shows up in the comic, and I he does. Yeah, briefly. Didn't he? Wasn't he one? Of he the, is the big bad of yeah, the Adventure didn't Time he Universe. Explode Princess Bubblegum or something like that. I, I thought he was partially the reason why she ends up reverting younger. Or something like that. I think that. so. The Lich is is fucked up shit. He's voiced by Ron Perlman. That's great. It's amazing. Yeah, he will so, fuck you but up. But the way the way this series it was the series or the season finale. Yeah. And the way they ended is just so I goddamn love <laughs> Adventure Time that they just end got abruptly. God, Adventure Time. Do they say when shit. the next season starts? I think in like November. Uh, I, I saw that Steve Wolfhart is supposed to be. It sounds like most of the work he's been doing is for friend of the podcast Steve Wolfhart. It sounds like most of the work he's doing is for season five. I saw something on Tumblr was like Penn Ward was made a post about like okay this is our season finale uh, season five uh, which is being boarded mostly by this guy and Steve Wolfhard uh, starts blah 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 yeah. so yeah it's good times so Bill you finally got to pre-order a Wii U bundle oh, is this the only thing we have left yeah thank fucking god I hate the sound of my own voice oh, yeah no I uh, after weeks and weeks of attempting to. Uh, I should not be trying this hard for a video game system. I claim you not can't. to have any interest in it. And you claim that you cannot afford. This could be the last Nintendo console. You never know. God, this I did consider that chance. way. Well, some people are predicting that. I don't think that's that, that's that's what's going to happen. But I kind of wonder... Well, it's weird if... to think like this could be like the last big console push. That's 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 more my thing. It's not necessarily anything necessarily wrong with Nintendo or anything, but the industry is like, man, assuming the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 and the X, next Xbox are the kind of consoles we're expecting to be next year, where it's like a yeah. dedicated, it's not just an Apple TV with a Kinect attached. Yeah. That might be the last dedicated console launch that we know, like, yeah. this might be it for us dorks who like to pay $60 for a video game <laughs> and something that's not just part of a sec- desktop box that plays Netflix. Yeah. Like, yeah. Crazy. I, the thing I love about consoles is I don't got to worry about my goddamn graphics card. Yeah. Or, like, my goddamn, do I have well, the right 3D accelerator? The, I mean, if they, if they, if, like, you, if, if you had, like, an Apple TV thing that played great games, you've had, like, a Steam box. But even the Steam box, as it was hypothetically prosed, excuse me, was still hardware. It was still, it was still, like, uh, an upgradable, it was just a standard. That's all the hypothetical Steam box was. But the thing is... Yeah, I don't know. I, this is it. I gotta knuckle down and get a goddamn gaming PC. You can do that next week? 
So uh, guys, I bought a house. Fax your uh, gaming PC rig uh, building instructions to Annie Maloney at uh, Annie Maloney needs a computer dot com. Are you thinking about getting a gaming PC sometime soon? Uh, Just I have to. My computer is broken. Dead. I gotta get really a computer. Less than a thousand bucks. Uh. Not to say I know you. I know. I should be saying it phrasing it like that. It's only less than a you know thousand dollars. money I spent you know last year. Do you know how many gummy bears you, you know can buy? Do you know how much a house costs? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you know how much furniture and appliances cost? Yes. I spent like three grand just on appliances. This is, this is the best appliance I don't want to spend any money again for the rest of my life. So you, you for uh, Halloween, you and Foley are just getting each other like... I'm gonna play a. Car- I'm gonna dress like a cartoon wallet. That when you open it, it's a, a you fucking moth. Are you playing Assassin's Creed next week? Yes. Okay. Yes. Are you getting I the am. big edition or are you just getting the plain edition? I'm getting the. I think I'm, I pre-ordered early enough that I can get the steel box from Amazon. Oh, you're not gonna get like? Isn't there an Ezio statue? There's what? Well, it's Connor. Did you pre-order? Uh oh, that's right. I, well, it's been mostly Ezio games, so I just assumed like every hero yeah. of every. What's the dude's name? Did you see the trailer? What are they calling it? The Ignite trailer? No, I haven't seen have, They have always have the one trailer that's like music and shit. Yeah. And it's hilarious. The song is really a bad choice. And on top of that, it's the framing device of this trailer is, you know, you see this handwriting. We hold these truths to be self-evident. And this writing goes on as, as Connor is killing all these people. And then the last shot is it pulls out from the page with the writing on it. And you see the hand holding the quill. And it pulls out. And it turns out it's Connor in a battlefield writing this down on the back of a dead red coat. And then he jumps away. <laughs> I really hope there's a penmanship mini game. In the game. So he doesn't even, like mail the letter or anything. <laughs> I don't even know if he picks it up. I think he genuinely just hops away. <laughs> I love these dummy. Why am I so invested in Assassin's Creed? I was kind of dumbish. There was a half a heartbeat where I saw for the Assassin's Creed three. You could pre-order the version that comes with the Assassin's Creed encyclopedia. Yeah. I was like, why do I want to borrow it? Because the, the the mythos of Assassin's Creed it's is just so all just made up and dumb. bullshit. If it was an encyclopedia that had more information about the historical places you've been to, it was more I'm sure it like does. a history book. Well, I'm, I'm sure, sure it does. does. But like um, when they talk about the Duomo, they're not going to be actually talking about the history of the Duomo. Well, they will. Or the Mona Lisa. It's going to be here's here's the Mo- here's a picture of the Mona Lisa. Here's the Mona Lisa. In 1492, this Mona Lisa hit a cannon that SU <laughs> used to blow up the Jews. Or something like that. Oh. Where it's going to be framed through the thing. What was Ezio fighting? The Templars. Oh, <laughs> They're all fighting the Templars. Just because he succeeded in killing all the Templars, it's okay. And there's no one to complain about this <laughs> Templar hatred we got going on these days. Oh, Bill. Where's the, temp- where's the Templar homeland? <laughs> if I want to convert to be a Templar, where do I go to? I'm really uncomfortable. With where's, your, the, where's the you're not racist Where does humor. the first Assassin's Creed take place? In Jerusalem, Bill. No, the fucking building, the future building with the brain juice oh, tank. Oh, the Abstergo building or whatever. That no specific city. Well, I can't it sh- go it there. Shouldn't, no, it doesn't. It's not a specific city. Well, it may be in the what, later. The, games. Technically, isn't that taking place like right now? Because isn't that like fall 2012? Yeah. Yeah. It is now in the present. It's not the future anymore. So right now, the pre- yeah the present parts of all the Assassin's Creed, Creed games. Because, like, all the present stuff takes place over the course of, like, a day and a half. Yeah. Because it is, like, what's his name? Showing up to Abstergo... He spends, like, a day in the thing doing the Assassin's Creed thing, and then he spends the rest of it, like, in a car, and then they fly to Milan, and then they do the thing, and then he falls down, and then he shoots Lucy. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. 
Oh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled <laughs> was getting us interested exactly. in Assassin's Creed. Exactly, dear oh. God. And you know what? I still hope. I still hope against hope that shit will get better with Assassin's Creed. I don't and think it ever get why. better than the, the Met. I'm kind of curious now that like this 2012 end of the world shit. That I'm assuming this game has had better have one hell of an end of a like a big plot thing at the end of it. It can't well, be the other games where it's just kind of been what's stalling. What's weird is the, the games, games have all been they've been all ramping up towards this apocalypse. Yeah, I don't think Assassin's Creed Three is going to deal with the apocalypse at all. What's weird is that they implied... they got to keep it from happening because if we live past the apocalypse, we're <laughs> just going to go. Well, that doesn't. You what's can't really, really have much of a cliffhanger before we live past from where the cl- apocalypse was supposed to happen within the narrative of the game. What's really weird is that they've spent a a lot of time and energy with revolutions like or whatever the fuck the last one's called see i never played that though um, yeah. that, that well in the marketing that they were gonna like oh well you know it's as much about the present well, exactly, world yeah. and all will be revealed and shit's gonna get real son and it's in in the canon it's all like gearing towards this apocalyptic event and uh, like the world is actually going to be destroyed as i recall and uh um and so like is it because it, aliens are coming back the aliens that see the God, planet or whatever the hell I'm trying to remember i think those aliens somehow prevented the destruction of the planet and now that's that they're so even when you think about like like you do like we are assassin's creed fans yeah and we actually do pay attention to the mythos even yeah. we don't even understand what the stakes are in these goddamn games in terms of like what the overarching plot is well it's because the thing is is that they bury the the actual like um the the the, the mytho mythos stuff well beyond that yeah. it's always like this seriously like obsessive compulsive to unlock it shit that's when oh, they the reveal shit. that stuff yeah. it's not just the puzzles that's like collecting shit and tracking down certain items that's you the only way the encyclopedia to figure that shit it out. It is possible yeah. to play the Assassin's Creed games without ever learning that Which stuff. Which that's what I do. Yeah. Like, like, I'll learn this stuff and then it falls out of my head because it doesn't make any sense and I'm just like, ugh. And it's, and I get, so there's like two, there's two prongs to that. There's one, it's the reward for the really hardcore Assassin's Creed fan who really wants to learn more. But two, that means that they're, it's a central part of your game and there are all these people who never understand it. Yeah. I mean, granted, People show up for Assassin's Creed not for the modern day elements. It's for the historical stuff. Yeah, exactly. And they're, yeah. they're, that's, they're, that's the only reason I care about that. this new game is because I want to run around like Boston well, and fucking Massachusetts yeah. and fucking England. I think a big part of the Turkey. reason why they changed their marketing direction. Turkey Thanksgiving's coming up soon. <laughs> they, it's not Thanksgiving <laughs> for turkeys, I'm just saying. The, uh, Where's the uh, place like Boston and... Uh, Boston, I think in Philly Concord too. Concord and stuff like that. Anyway, and I'm not... Sorry, there's one city that it's not, and it's kind of weird that it's not because they couldn't. I can't remember why. It takes place in a Pueblo, New Mexico, for no reason. <laughs> not a lot of stuff it takes going on place there. In my house. <laughs> no, you're talking about the changing the focus. Well, they, of the in the marketing, they're not stressing like the um, the sci-fi elements at all. No, like at all. Well, they never really have and, before. It's always been the story. Well, they, stuff. like I said, in the revolution and everything, they kind of stressed it a little bit. And what's interesting is that this is the, their most pre-ordered. Like Assassin's Creed game ever, and it's double the pre-orders of the last Assassin's really? Creed game. Yeah. That doesn't mean a lot because I don't think people were really that hyped for that last. Well, one. see, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, and to be fair, I enjoyed the last Assassin's Creed game, but it felt more but, like um, an expansion pack than yeah. a new game. Well, they have with this this last Assassin's Creed game before the apocalypse is supposed to happen. They have a chance to wrap up this whole stupid apocalypse yeah. in 2012 story. And they, they have a chance to reinvent the series they if they want to. That in my perfect fantasy less, world. They could still have the sci fi framing, but yeah. make it less like like 
Byzantine and complicated. Yeah. You still have in the future, like, you could still have Desmond and stuff like that, but just, like, get rid of that whole fucking plot, wrap that up, and just streamline all that shit. And so it really is just, the st- you're not so worried about the overarching story, because the, the guy who invented the overarching story, he left the studio. Why even pretend anyone cares about the overarching sci-fi story? Because, I mean, it justifies why you're fighting the the Templars in the past, but come up with a simpler, more interesting story than this overcomplicated bullshit about the fucking minds and the aliens that made yeah. us and all this shit. Like, I don't know. But yeah, you're probably right. They're probably not going to wrap everything up and it's just going to no, be another big tease for the, the next point. Assassin's Creed. That's game. how these work. In my perfect fantasy world, they hand over, like, the Assassin's Creed. This would never happen. This would only happen after the Assassin's Creed franchise crashed and burned and, like, Which, five years happened yeah. and enough, like, sentiment or whatever built up. Uh, but uh, I would love for them to hand the property to just, like, a small little company. Like a, a scrappy little indie team who could like come up with something cool and different. Telltale, what you do? God, no. What you ah! do? What you do? Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. I got to email Telltale as soon as it's done. <laughs> Telltale melds Assassin's Creed uh-huh. with Back to the Future, <laughs> where you're playing all of Marty McFly's descendants. <laughs> Descendants, his ancestors, antecedents, <laughs> and it's just him just fighting Biff through history for like the next six games of like, and it's not like really fighting. It's just like you know, like you have to find the clock behind the, the wall in just the mini games. But yeah, even, if you went back to the future uh, Assassin's Creed, that'd be fantastic. Oh my god, I gotta write that down. And what what else did you do this week? I didn't do anything. Is that it? Is that... I miss... What else? What else? Oh yeah, so I did put down yeah Wii U uh, pre-order. Oh yeah, that's how we start talking. <laughs> we start talking about this. Uh, yeah, Walmart this week. Wait, hold on. I gotta write down Assassin's Creed back in the future. Here, Bill, I'll write it down for you. Talk about talk about Wii U. Uh. <laughs> talk about Wii U, Bill. I'm coming. Okay, so uh, yeah, I've been trying to uh, find a place to pre-order the Wii U for a long time. Uh, usually, I would just go to Amazon and put down a pre-order. Uh, for some reason, Amazon, uh, for the last year and a half, has stopped selling, uh, firsthand at least, uh, through its own uh, warehouse, uh, Nintendo hardware. There was some kind of kerfuffle like last summer, not too long after the original uh, 3DS uh, debuted, where I guess people were complaining about some like uh, the, the screen on the 3DS getting scratched when you closed the system. And so they're complaining to, uh, the people who bought the 3DS through Amazon were complaining to Amazon about this happening. So Amazon actually pulled the 3DS off the website for a while to investigate huh. what was going on. And something happened after that where Nintendo, uh, Amazon never started, like, they never resumed selling the 3DS proper again through its own channel. You could buy it through third parties on Hmm. on Amazon.com, but Amazon itself does not sell 3DSs anymore as of that event. I wonder if Nintendo was like, what are you doing? Something happened yeah. behind the scenes, and so, like, uh, so Amazon, as a result, as a result of whatever the hell happened, they never, they've never sold the 3DS XL uh, hmm. firsthand, and uh, it looks like they're not going to be selling the, the Wii U. So you can't really pre-order the Wii U unless you want to get gouged by a third-party vendor for, like, to spend, like, 500, 600 bucks to get a Wii U on Amazon. And which is Amazon is my default place where I buy video games these, these days. That's the only reason why I care so much about Amazon because you know I've got Amazon Prime. It's 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 really cheap ship, really cheap shipping and instant. You know you get day one delivery into that stuff. So, but all other websites they've gotten very tiny allotments. Yeah. Of the Wii U, uh, the Wii U pre-order, but Amazon just a couple days ago, they were up 
they had pre-orders for bundles, which kind of sucked because um, in order to get the bundle, the, the the good Wii U that everyone wants, the deluxe edition mm-hmm. that comes with like Nintendo Land, it's like three hundred and fifty bucks. This bundle they have was for four fifty, uh, but you get the the three hundred fifty dollar bundle plus you get a uh, a game. Oh yeah, you can choose whichever game you can get Assassin's Creed or whatever the hell you want. I chose the new Super Mario Brothers game. But the one thing they make you choke, the, the one thing they make you eat in order to do this pre-order is you have to choose a crappy third-party controller, like oh, yeah. a pro controller. And there's this one where it's designed to look like an old uh, S Super Nintendo controller mm-hmm. melded into this like Xbox 360 controller oh, thing. That's weird. And you have to you have to eat that for an extra forty bucks. But I figured, hey, that that's what gets me a Wii U. I like that you would rather pay more to get it. On Amazon, then get it anywhere else. Like, why would you? Well, not... I, oh, no, I pre-ordered this on Walmart. Oh, on Walmart. Yeah, oh, I'm Walmart. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm I can sorry. still get the system by itself for like six hundred bucks on Amazon from a third-party oh, okay. vendor. I Walmart. I retract my sense. Walmart. Yeah, Walmart's selling it directly, but you have to get a. I think the uh, pre-orders already got all used up already. But well, congratulations, Bill, on the grand saga of you attempting to pre-buy a Wii U is finally comes to an end. So, and also, uh, shipping, they only ship, uh, the day the system becomes available, so oh, I probably really? won't get my system until a week after it comes out. Uh, oh, if that's the worst thing that happens to Bill Mudge in the history universe, I like only get my Wii a week after everyone else, and boo, boo, boo. Yeah, who gives life's a shit? Life's hard and then you die. So, uh, yeah. It's, I'm I, telling you, Bill, all life is suffering. So, I will have, uh, on, uh, that'll be, like, the, no, like, our last, uh, podcast of November will be Wii's, Bill's, Wii U Spectacular. I'll be breaking that shit down. Right, we're going to be recording. Well, we should do a Twitch TV of, of that, of us playing Nintendo Land. <laughs> there we go. Yeah! I will have, so for some reason, I'd have a total boner all of a sudden for us to do a Twitch TV. This, because last week we live-streamed the podcast. That was fun, even though if there, the archived video was terrible because there's a watermark. Yeah, God bless all of y'all who watched it. Was that happening live? I saw the visual watermark live. There's On our attempt at a live stream, I was like, okay, the visual watermark, that's obnoxious. But there's an audio watermark. Literally every 10 seconds. Oof. This is and friends, I would like to do that again, and I'd like to do it with dual cameras because I think it really makes sense. I'm not paying $200 to yeah, do it. Yeah, you have to get a $200 subscription to Ustream. Hell no. Yeah, so looking so at live stream, live stream, you have to be a registered member of live but stream But I'd rather do a Twitch TV it. thing where we're just kind of talking bullshit while playing a game. We could have one episode of the podcast someday that's just playing something, and we could just be like, oh, right. We would be like, it'll be a let's play. Sure. I'm just trying to turn this into a giant bomb. I was going to say, Bill, guess who never watches that shit? <laughs> that's just popular. Guess who never listens to the podcast, people? <laughs> Hey friends, we're gonna take a little week. <laughs> That's Annie's gonna eat both barrels of a shotgun, and then we're gonna do Geek Week interview. Got <laughs> low energy. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're going to be talking about Dishonored. We both beat Dishonored this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about that after the Geek Week news and review. So y'all who want to go unspoiled can go unspoiled. Like Grumpy Turtle! All three people out there have bought and not beaten Dishonored yet. <laughs> Just wait until yeah the end of the podcast. Remind us, because we will the end people, the podcast and totally forget about it. The people it. who exist in that Venn diagram of people who own Dishonored or want to what? have not played it and listening to the Boy Howdy what podcast. What kind of... Has, Again, if you don't like video games, 
This whole podcast has been friends. Full of shit. It's time for the Geek Week interview. The part where Annie reads Bill's notes and sometimes wants to die. Telltale's <laughs> Walking Dead game is getting a great retail slash special edition release later this winter. With all five episodes on disc with a thousand page collection of the comic series, first 48 issues, for 70 bucks. That's not bad. That's a goddamn Have you read the bargain. Comic? Yes, I enjoyed the comic. I read the first I read couple it. issues. I was not wildly impressed, but I didn't hate it or anything. It just didn't cat grab me for some I read it until like issue 30. I read it from the first issue on because I really like Tony Moore's art. He was the artist on like the first volume and then they dumped him and it was a series of artists pretending to be Tony Moore. Really? And it just kind of like, eh. And also the whole point of the Robert Kirkman's thesis is a monster, what is a zombie movie, what happens in a zombie movie and it never ends. And the answer is miserable shit happens all the time and I'm not interested in it. I don't, if I, I don't, want to watch an unending parade of people's misery and sadness in a bleak world with no end, with no uh, happiness. Yeah. I've also heard lots of people talk about how as the comic goes on it kind of gets worse and worse. Supposedly, oh yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. I guess issue 100 of the comic just uh, just came out just within the last couple months and I heard either people say it was the greatest thing ever or it was a huge piece of shit and a waste and they've stopped reading the comic altogether. What is hilarious about I have no idea what Dead, happens but yeah. Every issue ends the cliffhanger. Really? Everyone. Everyone. Not everyone should. That's everyone. Kinda, that's at least as far forced. as I got. Is Robert Kirkman writing every episode? Or I think so. Every I think he wrote I think he wrote the whole series. I mean I guess why not? I mean this that the yeah. this series is what he's known for, right? It's not like he's really Well he did that, he did else. Invincible. Oh he's done a lot of stuff. Oh really? He, oh, I really did. he did Invincible, which is pretty solid. Oh yeah, okay. I've heard you flip out about that. I I'm But yeah, no, this but this 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 Walking Dead combo. That's great to have the the game. Which, you know, you can buy the game for 25 bucks because it's split into well, five episodes. Well, this is what Telltale is really smart at doing. They're really smart. When they come out with these compilations, they always incentivize it in some yeah. other way. Although you could buy this. I think they do have this 1,000-page uh, collection on Amazon for like 36 bucks. But still. Although, you, if you spend 30, 36 bucks on that on that comic collection and spend another 25 to down, download the, uh, the game, you've already almost spent 70 bucks right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Telltale does That's this great stuff to have right. this in one bundle. Yeah, but it's also retail. Like I said, this is this is one of my favorite games of the year so far. At least the first three fifths of the game that I've played until they can <laughs> patch episode four. Uh, but yeah, like uh, that that that's really tempting for a double dip, and also just to have a copy of the game that just sits on your shelf. Yeah, and, you know, you could pop into your Xbox. Well, that's the thing I'm still worried about with the next Xbox that comes out next year. I'm still wondering how many of our Xbox Live games will transfer over to the next system. It's the dark side of digital and, release, my friend. And, you know, friend. if you have the retail copy of, assuming there's backwards compatibility in the next Xbox, hopefully that should, this should work. Oh, is this for the Xbox? I think so. I think it's for I everything. I presumed it was PC. Only. No, it's retail everything. I oh, okay. Think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I guess Top I could have researched that. <laughs> <laughs> the new Bioshock Infinite Beast of America trailer. Yeah, did you see that? It's pretty good. I just watched it this morning. I love the song. Beast of America. That's a really good impression of a female vocalist, <laughs> Bill. She Crowley! Uh, it's interesting timing, Bill notes, especially with the this is all in-game footage tag at the end. I think all the other ones had that, too. Oh, yeah? Being released just a day or two after a latest batch of rational people left. Yeah. Well, just yeah. it's nice to just show them that there's still the games being worked on. It looks badass. Yeah. yeah. Even though it is mostly... I, I was hoping you'd see a little bit more, like, less than just... Especially after playing Dishonored, mm-hmm. I was hoping to see something, if there was going to be a new Bioshock trailer, I would have liked to see something that's not just, because really all that you see that character doing in the trailer is just shooting fuckers. Yeah. And Bioshock is not really, it's, Bioshock is like Dishonored in that there's things to do that's not just putting blood into people. Mm-hmm. You have powers and you're also kind of sneaking around and rejiggering stuff like that. I wish you could have seen a little bit more of that in the, in That's, this. that's harder but to But this trailer sell. is more being all about being badass. Yeah. 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 So I can't complain about it. It's just, like all the I've been playing Dishonored though. Face. I was like, 
It just... Well, to be fair, they, you literally have all the other Bioshock trailers, Bioshock Infinite trailers, to get that from. Yeah, see, I've, been, all try, the other I've ones... been trying not to watch that stuff yeah. that much. Oh, okay. But I happened to watch this, and it was just... A lot like... of the other ones stress, like, exploring Columbia and the people that you interact with and that sort of stuff. X. Fuck. Do you ever do that game? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I can. And you go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. If you pull the tab back and forth, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, like, yeah. you assign a uh, letter to every... Pull. Pull. Or push. Yeah. Uh, whatever uh, letter lands on when you pull it off the tab, that's the first letter of the name of the person you're going to marry. I landed on X. <laughs> I'm going to you're marry Hino or your princess. <laughs> yes, I know. I got the name. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you get to marry the female pr- Professor Xavier in my erotic X-Men I get fiction. to marry the guy who invented Cabbage Patch Kids. Xavier Xerxes or whatever. There you go, Bill. Disney uh, unveiled a new Latino princess. I had too much rum too quickly. My named stomach Sophia. feels on fire. Sophia has lily white skin, what? blue eyes, and is voiced by a honky named Ariel Winter. <laughs> what? It's on your notes. What? Oh, I made that up. <laughs> so, do, do they just make up Disney princesses now? I guess they just made them up. Yeah, because this is for branding purposes. Oh, man, that's weird. Which that's reminds me. Um, the other day, speaking of, I meant to talk about this on last week's podcast. I In my new house, I keep getting catalogs, A, from the people who lived there before, and B, when you buy a house, you get signed on. All Crazy these sex catalogs. Us. No. I, I do worry about the people who are going to get our catalogs at our old house. Because I would get catalogs from NBM Publishing, because they do some great comics, but they also do a lot of porn comics. Oh, no. <laughs> I wanted to find out when the next Isaac the Pirate comes out. They're going to get this catalog, and it's all porn comics. That and the Good Vibrations catalog. The, no, the two catalogs that I would get would be weird with that, and then the Museum Replicas catalog. That's my oh, yeah! Catalog. That is the best. That is, is great, that is fantastic. That is I a know, great catalog. To... Museum Replicas, everybody. If you do not get this catalog, you're doing a disservice to yourself. It is the perfect bathroom reading. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. But anyway, um, one of the catalogs I got was American Girl. American Girl catalog. That was a flashback to my past. You did not know about American Girl because you were not a girl, a little girl during the what early to mid nineties. Oh, was this the thing where historical girls yes. like it's the girl during slavery, it's yes. the girl during the, the Holocaust. So for listeners at home, yes, the um, the American Girl series were all about girls at different points in American history, and there would be books about their life. And then there would be a doll that had all these crazy accessories and like. Do you have one of the dolls? Well, here's the thing: the American Girl was the first time in my life that I was made aware of classism, because I look. I read the books because I really liked them. They had really great illustrations. The covers were very impactful, and I'm very sad they yeah. changed all the covers. They no oh, longer really? look like that. Because they were very kind of classical. Yeah, there was like the the figure of the girl doing some sort of action, which is a nice walking, illustration, yeah. and like on a white background, and then with like an arch around them. It was always yeah. very striking and a very you knew immediately you're looking well, at American Girl. Work. Burke, Burke, it was good burning. <laughs> Good Burke. Anyway, um, the uh, they they've changed all the American, but yeah, American Girl was the first time I ever looked at something. I was like, I can't afford any of this. And there are people as clearly, a kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's well, all so goddamn now. expensive. I don't know if you saw this somewhere. No, no, no. You're like, I, I remember when I was a little adult. kid. We could barely afford the books. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I honestly forgot we recorded. No, breathing. <laughs> hey, everybody. I have to rage. Jesus Christ. My name is Harry Knowles. No, one month I have to read. I want to reach towards the M and M's. What? So, oh, I see. You, you would not you only want to take off this... in January. When do you want to take off? Now, 
will die. Just crawl into a hole and die. So, American Girl, you buy this doll. It's like $150. Whoa. Maybe not. But it was some, you know, at the Still time, enough, like $40. Still enough. It's not just like a Barbie doll. Whatever it was, it was some ash. And it was really nicely made and all this bullshit. But, oh, yeah. And then there'd be all the clothes and the accessories. Like, well, I want to get this character and her, like, oven or whatever. Or her car. And that's like, you've just spent $500. You spent, like, And I remember thinking, I can never, we can, my family could never have this. But clearly, and I remember thinking... There are people who can because look how much there is. Yeah. Like someone is buying this, and it's the first time ever I was aware that a we were not we were not well off, and b there were people who were. And they, were they did very not have different. a girl during the Great Depression who's like a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite American girl was I think her name was Molly, and yeah. she was um, in England during. I, wait, she couldn't have been American because she was during the bombings of London. And uh, she had to go to like the countryside or whatever. I'm just saying. She'd come American with a flat with 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 with, an, with 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 what's the thing in Narnia? <laughs> what's the, a lamp post? Lamp post. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Bill. American girls. It reminded me not of Narnia. You were yes, getting this also, catalog? I remember seeing. Well, I, I I had friends who had it, and I'd see it at school and shit. No, but you were getting it at the old house. It is at my new house. I received this catalog. Oh, that's very cool. It's still expensive as shit. It's funny that you technically you could afford it, and not now you can't afford that. That's funny. There that, is a three... Now when you start subscribing again, you still can't afford that. It's so. weird because um, it's now American Girls are much more modern American Girls. There's a 70s oh. American Girl. Uh, it's weird. Uh, they, I think is she all they... coked up? Is she is she fourth girl? <laughs> she has Gump's a girlfriend? she has a um <laughs> a uh, 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 beetle that you can buy like a Volkswagen beetle. Oh really? And it, they're like big, it, it has like a radio. Big? They are. It's huge. Oh, and they have it's like a dolls. radio that plays seven songs. All these things. That car is wow. three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, so that's like the three hundred back in the eighties for GI Joe. You could get like a seven foot long yeah. aircraft carrier. That sort of shit. The American flag, which was like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Like that, yeah. It fits two dolls and all this bullshit. That's actually pretty cool. Light, but that's up. totally for rich kids, though. It's totally that is for rich, rich kids. kids. It's amazing. Wow. Man, it is not... But yeah, no, seriously, you get a depression doll. She comes with a bowl full of socks. Dude, the Soup. depression doll, you could buy like her colander and her stove and all this shit, and you drop a grand without blinking. If you bought that whole page spread in that catalog, you're probably spending fifteen hundred dollars. Cheaper, you kind of make it like the dolls, not a cardboard. Good. Yeah, <laughs> she's a corn. She comes in a cardboard. She's a corn husk doll. <laughs> the dust bowl doll. So, yeah, that's, that's a doll of the lady with her kids for that famous photo of the haunted looking lady. Yeah, oh. I vaguely remember there being a a Jewish girl who during World War Two. I thought there was. Am yeah. I not crazy? I think they discontinued the Jewish girl because I could not find her in the catalog. There was a young Latina. And a young African-American girl, as I recall. I was like, hey, look at these demographics. Yeah. Oh, that's super cute. I had no idea you were into the American girls. Well, I, I liked the book. Because it was about history. I but I was frustrated because they were about girly girls. I'm yeah. like, I felt like when I read um, To Kill a Mockingbird, I was like, yes, that makes sense to me. Sport makes sense. Not, what's her name? They call her sport. Don't they? What's the name? Scout. Scout. Ham. Scout. Oh, she dresses like Ham. Ham. <laughs> oh, that's a Halloween. Why was a Christmas Technically, that's ham. a Halloween movie. Cause she, it's that a, is. Because she dresses as a Ham. That is a Halloween, Halloween. movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually great. If you Scout. want to be, that's like. That would be an amazing costume, that's actually. That's what Liz Lemon should dress up on 30 Rock for one year, just to make reference, like, I'm a Ham. Uh, and I fall over. Poor Foley. Speaking of literature re- references that no one gets, I got You um, know, for Halloween this year, I'm Boo Radley. I'm just staying in my house, not talking to anybody. <laughs> Stab, <laughs> stab your roommate in the leg for no apparent reason. I think that's what happened. 
happens, doesn't he? Because I know people thought he was crazy. I can't remember he, exactly what. I think he what. stabbed someone in the leg with guy. shears. Oh, yeah, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. Anyway, um, he my... He me and forgets to wipe. For my wife, for just as a present for my wife, I got oh, her... God. I ordered some stuff from Topatico online, or Topatico, if you will. And uh, I got Kate Beaton's new I Am Heathcliff shirt. <laughs> Poor Foley. She's like... I, she, I saw her at the end of the day, and she was like, kind of looking sad. And I was like, what's wrong, baby? And she was... No one knows what my shirt no. means. I'm like, baby, you can't get shirts that are allusions to gothic literature and then get upset. So that's a new shirt? That right yeah. there? I'm Annie, wearing... Annie's wearing the uh, Kate Beaton Canada, Canada shirt. Canada it's adorable. Shirt. Wait, what's the Tshotchkes t- you said that was? It's a... Uh, there's a canoe and a tote... I just do that so it's an excuse for Annie to point at her own boobs. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. But that doesn't work if there's no video feed. Anyway, Disney... No, Disney but no, has like American muffins. Girl things. It's um. Yeah, no, but weird. yeah, Sophia. Is so that what it is? They're arbitrarily making just made up princesses. princesses? And, but this lady, she's voiced by a white lady. She has blue eyes. That's weird. It's like it's like uh, what you know? Because when they made up New Bowser Galactica, they <laughs> they called it Gina, who was Galactica in name only. G I N I. She is. What Elena. are you talking about? She's like, I genuinely don't know what you're talking <laughs> no, about. No, they came up with New Battlestar Galactica. People, the fans of the original show, Wait, what? got upset. The New Battlestar Galactica show. Wait, what are you talking about? They were upset. How like, does this relate to the? <laughs> because she is Latino in name only. Her name is Lena. Oh, are you saying that fans of the new Battlestar Galactica think that it is Battlestar Galactica in name only? Yeah, is that no, fans is? of the old show, when they talk about the new show, they would refer to it as Gina. Gina. Oh, is this the same? It's Galactica in name only. Oh. Supposed to have, like, message boards and stuff like that. So okay. we're referring. And so, uh, in a passive-aggressive <laughs> dick move, they named, the producers of the new Battlestar Galactica, they named Trisha Helfer, one of her clone characters, Gina, as Did like, they? brr, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> that's kind of awesome, No, Gino. Gino. Gino, not Gina, because that's name only, is named, yeah. named well, after butt. Are you sure it wasn't Juno? Like, Juno. is in the God? I love that movie. <laughs> What? We have the worst podcast <laughs> in the world. Each week we come up with a new way for it to be worse. Man, my people <laughs> in an old folks' home. Zinga. How are you doing today? Zinga laid off a bunch of employees during Apple's unveiling a new oh, this iPad. Is, speaking of Zinga. Cold-blooded. What? Your, your, your question to people should not be like, okay, after my mom gets done playing uh, Zinga games, what does she do next? It's like... My mom gets laid off from Zynga. Where does she work next? Send applications to theboyhowdypodcast.com. But yeah, no, they specifically, they fired 100 people, closed like three studios. Oh, I think closer to 200. There was a lot of people. They give them two hours notice. Exactly. So it was that like shit literally was literally during, yeah. during the conference. So it would all be done and blown over by the time like, all the kerfuffle over the conference was over. Yeah. Man, and explicitly to bury it in the and news cycle. And then Zing has been all like trying to, for the longest time, been like, oh yeah, we're doing fine. We're not trying to do any kind of PR spin damage control or anything like that. And they do a dick move like this. Yeah. Man, fuck a bullet with Zynga. Zynga, man. Man, fuck draw with friends. What's it called? What's the drawing I think game? that's what they renamed it. Do they call it? Some shit like that. Man, fuck those games. We have Oof. nothing interesting to say other than this. Focus. I, my heart goes out to all those folks, man. But you didn't watch the thing? You were at work? When they said, the news conference? When they said, hey, here's Apple, here's the iPad 4, 
and everyone shit a brick at the So speed why of are people freaked out about the iPad 4? Because iPad 3 came out just less than six months ago. Yeah. They came out with an iPad 4. It's called Apple. Apple's never... Apple only does shit usually yearly, not on a six-month basis. I'm, I'm not at all... I'm wondering if they're... Because they're, I, I can't imagine they're going to start debuting, like, putting out new versions of hardware every six months from now on for some no. things. I'm sure they, this is the, they wanted to start... Well, it, the reason why is that if they had announced an iPad mini, then the people would be like, well, what, is this replacing the iPad? And yeah. like, no, here's another iPad. Well, also, I think, like, anytime, like, different Apple products tend to get refreshed at different times of year. Yeah. Because, like, you know, like, I, I, iPhones tend to be right right before uh, the, the the new fall college semester starts. So supposedly, they do, they do that on purpose to try to get college kids to buy a new iPhone. It's like, oh, it's a new time of year. This is when it's going to be cool. Everyone wants a new iPhone iPads tend to get refreshed in the spring, MacBooks in the middle of the summer. But anytime you want to like change uh, the time of year those products get refreshed, you're gonna have to cut like a cycle short. Yeah. Like so, like yeah. So I'm assuming from now on, iPads will probably be refreshed maybe alongside iPhones, like in yeah. the in the fall, just like it's perfect. But they the holidays. Them, but get still... your mom a purse sized iPad. That's explicitly <sighs> what that is. I, the iPad, iPad Mini actually sounds kind of interesting. Well, it's funny because it seems like they're uh, totally going after like the Kindle and the yeah. like the Amazon and the Fire other or the hell that is. Market, yeah. yeah, but it's still way, pr- priced way too much. It's still at least a hundred dollars more expensive than any other tablet that size. That's Apple. You're always going to pay more. But There's always going to be an Apple they can tax. Throw a fucking bone to people. Apple no. products are great. Why? You're gonna. Why would they cut their prices? Especially they, they sell. Well, this this particular time when they're gonna do the thing where they're gonna replace a model of iPad less than six months later. I think this is one of those things where they would have behooved them to at least make their products seem more valuable by at least like debuting something at a slightly lower than normal Apple price. If you cut the price, it's not. It is not a budget mm. product. It is a luxury, it's a luxury product. Yeah. And that's. I mean, that's part of what Apple is. Yeah. You don't. It's like my wife, who's like, I don't want to get. Like, because we're looking at smartphones, and, like, an Android would be so much cheaper. I could literally go get an Android for free. Like it's a piece of shit. Well, it, it, the Android, it's, you know, not what you're getting. Terrible, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, you it's the hardware is locked down, so who knows what you're getting. And then, the yeah. But it's, like, and even beyond that, my wife's like, but then we don't have this iPhone that connects with all of our other That's products. the other thing. Once you, like, start connecting to the Apple... They're Cloud all about home? drinking the Kool Aid and then obsolescence. They know what they're doing. Oh no, I know what they're doing. They're gonna milk that. their six hundred dollars out of you. Like, no, guys. why? Why would they do that? Literally, <laughs> like why? Although, man, I if I buy a new iPad, that might be the new iPad. I, iPad I get the iPad four. Fuck yeah. the iPad Mini. Fuck that shit. If I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna spend money on an iPad, I'm gonna get a new iPad. Because yeah. I still have the original iPad one. I've talked about this before in the podcast. Yeah, that thing. Uh, the only quote unquote the only things it's good for is is bruising bruising the web punching the internet in the balls for uh, browsing the internet and uh watching video but like using any apps all most apps uh have been uh optimized for like more powerful iphones and ipads yeah. these days yeah so yeah nothing runs on my fucking old ipad so but to be fair we have a new ipad and everything works on just fine i don't use apps I never use I apps. Think, yeah, that's the other thing too yeah i i realistically well, i'm not I... dying to buy a new ipad it's just it, it's it's just funny that like my uh, original iPad, it's only like two and a half years old. It's funny to think that yeah, they're dude. up to an iPad four now, but the original iPad is only like less than like less than three years old. Yeah, and it's funny how like that really has just been half the functionality in that thing has been usurped has has guys gotten destroyed just because yeah. the apps just don't run on that thing anymore. Yeah. So they want you to buy a new one. 
And it makes sense. If you're a developer, are you uh, gonna are you gonna no, optimize with the new and like, fancy or I know. mean part of it is and you know, I'm sure Apple's not really crying too many tears at making their own products obsolete so quickly to justify you know, built on obsolescence. At the same time it's still like, man, three years though. You you hope when you spend like five hundred dollars on a product, it'll not that it like breaks after five after three years, but you hope at least like it'll be supported for longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem terribly sustainable in the that's current what I'm market. Saying, I can't but it's like imagine... it's only Apple can get away with this. Yeah. I don't know why. There, there there's going to be a day of reckoning to come for Apple eventually, where but people yeah, are going to get tired. But you and I keep buying the products. You and I are literally the poor people who should not be I buying know, Apple, it's and we keep doing it. So rich. <laughs> and we were talking about Apple. Really, is the best for the money you get. <laughs> oh, we can't afford to eat, but it's the best. <laughs> American doll. I really need a new computer, and it is killing me that I'm not gonna just turn around and buy Apple. Apple is the American dolls of computers, (laughs) and we're buying all the all the three thousand dollar Volkswagen Beetles. I really, really need that colander, (laughs) that sixty dollar three inch colander. Jesus, fuck everything. And then we're all the other money that we aren't spending on computers. We're spending on video games. Yep. I'm talking about like the brand new Xbox I just bought like three months ago. We are ago. literally and the part of the Wii problem. Got we are house. literally part of the problem, Bill. No, th- this is why 9/11 happened. Is me and you. <laughs> Pretty much, actually. Fat white people in a basement going, I don't have enough money, but uh, the Wii U is coming, and here's my. I can't afford a new computer, but I think yeah, exactly. The world is dark and full of terrors, so I better play some more Dishonored. There's come out that DLC real soon. Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs will be released as a one-night double feature on December 6th to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Tarantino's career. Yeah, you have any interest in going to see that? I have, it's at the first run theaters. I, would, I have only seen Pulp Fiction the once, and I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. I'm assuming the uh, theater's going to be full of hipster, aging hipsters. I can't imagine watching two Tarantino movies in a row. They're both pretty long movies, too. Yeah, I, I love Tar- I enjoy Tarantino movies. He's problematic, but I find him more that enjoyable like a, than not. But that is a lot of goddamn Tarantino sandwich a, to eat. That's a four or five hour commitment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you. It's like so normally you eat a six foot long, or it should be a six inch long sandwich, right? And like Tarantino at his best is still a twelve inch sandwich. Like no, no, no. Let's have two twelve inch sandwiches. No. Yeah. No. This is a recipe for movie suicide. Exactly. Right here. No, that's cool. I'm doing it. Although like half, awesome. half as often as not that like local uh, movie houses and stuff will do their own Tarantino double features and stuff yeah. like that. This is just funny because it's first run theaters doing this for a yeah. single night it's that fathom event shit where the it's the same people who did like you watch when star trek the next generation came out on blu-ray earlier this year you could go see the episode in the theater that kind of shit i think all that shit is cool and every time i see one of them advertised i want to go do it go I see the opera at the movie it. theater yeah or like they did they did a screening like singing in the rain and yeah. they did lawrence arabia and all this bullshit in, like chinatown I'm like oh, you go see those. oh man i'm so excited i actually was so excited about the singing in the rain i audibly went no way in the theater totally and a woman in front of me turned around and she said i'm gonna be friends with you that <laughs> we watched the movie. Awesome. What movie was that? Haywire? Oh, I can't remember what goddamn movie it was. But anyway, yeah, and I never go see him. God bless him. Keep on well, you fighting. You got him on the video. It's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Denny's is featuring Hobbit themed <laughs> meals. This, this guy, fall. when I first made it, put this in the show notes, like, I was like, it was not, it didn't, it didn't turn into the big internet thing that it, that was one of the biggest geek news bits on the internet this yeah. week. Was, but they don't, they're not advertising second, second breakfast. <laughs> That may be too niche a joke. The ho- but no, but that's the whole point I of the hobbits. They have yeah. second, first and second breakfast. I like, is, is it some of the food scaled larger so you feel like a hobbit? Wasn't that part of the that marketing would, No, part? that would be too awesome and make too much sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's really, it really is just like, here's Gandalf's egg scramble. Although they do, they do have Radagast the Browns. Uh, red Velvet, is it Radagast the Red? Because it's Red Velvet Pancake Puppies? What? I've never even heard of these exist. This is what this is what happens when you hear like look at the Denny's menu for the first time in twenty years. <laughs> Denny's has pancake puppies, which are essentially hush puppies but made out of pancake batter. What? So it's finger like it's, it's pancakes and it like finger, finger food. food. So you just dip it in maple syrup, and I guess maybe just then eat a pat of butter. I don't know what the <laughs> hell you're supposed to do. But aside from that, it's mostly like the, here's the Gandalf gobble. Which is just like what? a big sandwich. It's like a turkey sandwich. Uh, it's, it's like, would that be great if they had a giant sausage? <laughs> a smog sausage? But no, they, they, they're oh not God. doing... Uh, you think at least they could have first and second breakfast, like two meals together for like a, like a slightly lower price? Just to just... There's, there's more you can do with that license and they're wasting it. it. It's killing me. I just think it's adorable that they're even doing it. Imagine if they had a ham sandwich that made was like Hobbit scale to you, so it was a giant ham sandwich. You know what I really love oh about this? God. Is that it's it's it makes sense. Like, have you ever heard of a food licensing thing that made as much sense no, this as this does Hobbit make sense because Hobbit, yeah. Well, it's that's, canonical. Their, their PR, the, 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 the press release they sent out was all like, Denny's is the first name in comfort food. No, it doesn't make, and there's going to have be a ton of people. The first thing they do after they get out of the Hobbit, they're going to go walk over to the fucking Denny's and have a fucking Hobbit slam. <laughs> Which, you know what? Sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> I can't make too much fun about this, but god damn. Then again, I haven't eaten in a Denny's in 20 years, so I can't even remember if it's good or not. Yeah. But that's that's not, that's that wouldn't be the worst way to spend an evening is going to the movies and going to Denny's afterwards. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, all I'm saying is all I'm saying. Here's Bill's one sentence uh, next note. What? Dorito Gate. So what is this? Dorito Gate? Oh, Jeff Keighley? Yeah. You know who he is? Yeah. I only like dimly know him. He's, he... the, he, he's the executive producer of the Video Game Awards. God bless him. And, and uh, he, he wrote the um, final hours of Mass Effect 3. He did the final hours of Portal 2. Yeah. He's a gaming journalist. All this came about... Did you see the picture? <laughs> yes, I did see that picture. Again, if you don't know about video games, kill yourself. <laughs> I'm so sorry, anyone listening to this podcast. Uh, there's a picture of ga- video game journalist uh, Jeff Keighley. Wasn't he also the producer of the G4 stuff, like Attack of the Show, which just got canceled yesterday? No, I think he's on he's on Spike TV. Or something like that, yeah. He does have a... a uh, yeah. But a- Jeff Keighley, he, he is a game journal guy. He's, he seems like a pretty cool guy. But somewhere, I guess he was shooting a promo for some something with Halo 4 and Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> and so someone took a video still from this promo <laughs> of him just standing next to this lady. He's sitting on the stool, looking depressed as hell, just kind of like half eyes half-lidded. He looks like Leland, our friend Leland, if anything <laughs> like that. Uh, kind of like we sandwiched between a giant uh, Halo 4 Mountain Dew poster, a giant stack of Mountain Dew, and a bunch of Doritos. And it just looks like the saddest, most depressing, like... <laughs> Uh, picture ever and of course that got splashed over the internet people just saying oh game the uh, this is the stat the state of games journalism this 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 journalist guy just like stuck in this giant pile of bullshit snacks and uh so that led off to a lot of talk this week on social media and blogs and stuff like that about the responsibility of games journalism yeah. how integrity much are, how much are the actual journalists versus they're just extended pr mouthpieces yeah. Which that was fine. That was the, I mean that's all it was for a couple days, yeah. until somebody at Eurogamer, yeah, wrote a piece talking pretty much calling out a whole bunch of people on Twitter for being sycophants. Yeah, towards or at the very what he said really was it is reasonable for me to think it's suspect 
if you... Well, exactly. He wasn't actually calling it out, but he was just saying, this looks bad. Regardless yeah. of whether or not it's bad or not, it just looks... He was essentially talking yeah. about, like, we need to be more sensible of how we can be perceived. Yeah. Because whether you are or not is bullshit if you can be perceived that way. So this guy writing a, uh, an article for Eurogamer, which was published to the internet, I think he was, like, writing on his blog or something like that for the Eurogamer or he's like an Gamer opinion blog piece. or something like that, yeah. Uh, he specifically called out at least two or three different people, yeah. just saying these are people who are games journalists... But they, they had been using Twitter to, like... He was citing them as examples. Uh, there was this one lady who was trying... She was trying to win a uh, PlayStation 3 from... Was it, like, from Square? Well, they were... So, no, a... a, 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 a uh, there was a giveaway where you could win a PlayStation 3. I don't think it was from Square. But I mean, you tweet something and you hashtag... You retweeted it, yeah. a hashtag. One of those, the Twitter contests. And a couple yeah. of journal journalists entered. Yeah. And a few journalists won. I've never heard of these journal, journalists, though. So I'm assuming they were, like, part of, like, Fargate 2000 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, so... And, and there was... And necessarily, you know, it, it, it does... There is a disconnect there, and you know maybe you shouldn't take free things from the companies that are have products really that they want you to report yeah. on, regardless of what that company is. So um, they, he did call out this one woman in particular because she had, she had basically defended it. She's like, it's just you know someone else has said it, it's just Twitter. It's not this is not me reporting. It's just a tweet. It's me using a hashtag. That's not same but this woman in particular was called out as being suspect because her background on her twitter page was this big tomb raider thing and she was tweeting about how pumped she is about tomb raider and on her resume she had square enix listed as a current employer yeah and all the and he all he said was you're this i am allowed yeah. to be suspicious i am allowed I, I of course i'm going to be suspect of you in this context if that's the context you present yourself with and he got slapped. He was asked. It's not clear what happened. At first, it looks like they were within um, a day or two. He uh, he resigned from Eurogamer. Yeah, and the uh, article was edited, and uh, and uh, UK has notoriously shitty libel laws, where if you basically get sniffed at in regards to libel, you can be in debt. You can be like here bankrupted. In the you can you can play a lot faster and looser. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, which we're used to that here in America. Yeah, which really makes the fact that the state of our our, our journalism shit, even that much more sadder. Yeah. At least over in the UK, you have the excuse where libel is such a big thing. Why, like a lot of like uh, the news outlets, their hands might be tied, reporting some kinds of news and trying to bust people and stuff like yeah. that. Here in the states, you can kind of do whatever. Not do whatever you want, but at least you don't have to worry about libel suits. Yeah. But yeah, but 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 this was Eurogamer. This is all whole UK kerfuffle. So this yeah, this got extra complicated really quick. And of course, in editing it themselves and censoring themselves, it turned into yeah. a bigger thing than it ever would have been. Well, otherwise. and then the whoever that whatever news outlet that lady who yeah. who got singled out works for, they were claiming that they never threatened legal action against Eurogamer. But then uh, so, a whole bunch of sources behind the scenes claim that that's exactly what happened. That they had threatened legal. Council, mm-hmm. and uh, then it all became even more nauseating because a woman was involved. Jesus, oh, that turned into Christ. A of course it did. Are you kidding? If this were a male journalist, this whole argument would have been totally. Although she does come off the oh, worst no. See, out this of is everybody the thing. in the situation. This is how I feel in this situation. You have clear cut scenarios like what's her butt with women, uh, the the women in game video game tropes yeah. Kickstarter, where she was clearly like she was just trying to have a conversation, and it turned into this gross sexist thing. In this case, this is this woman who's maybe ethically dubious. And should be called out, and yet it all turns into what a bitch, what a cunt, what a fucking. Snatch. Has she even said anything about this? I don't. Because all I know is she like, locked. She got, she got singled out. 
Yeah. And supposedly her employer started making overtures at Eurogamer, which caused the, the, the editing. But no one knows, like, no one knows if she actually had a say. Like, she hasn't said anything about it. So no one knows exactly what happened behind well, the dude, scenes. Well, dude, because she immediately got flooded with rape threats. People call her bitch. Yeah. People call her slut. Uh, did you, and was her name, who's who's the lady? Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah. Did you yeah. hear right now she is uh, going to go to jail? Because her due date for her Kickstarter project was October 2012. I saw people on Kickstarter like, I'm planning to sue! Because I, like, people who, who I've seen people, like, around the internet say that, like, I, they donated $10, and so if they don't get their, like, the first episode of her series delivered by Halloween that they're planning on suing that bitch. Yeah. And, like, doing this whole, like, man, she's obviously, she yeah. must be in, she must be in Tahiti with all our ma- money now. When Bruh. realistically she should have just added two to three months of dealing with Non-stop sexist bullshit. Oh, to be fair, she's just doing web videos about thematic stuff. People do that for free. She can knock that out pretty quickly. Bill, if you... I'm trying to figure out how to present this so that you understand. (laughs) If you put yourself publicly in an unpopular position and people found your address and start (laughs) mailing threatening things and you get involved with the police due to death and rape threats... Zero punctuation to do it. (laughs) It takes up a little bit of your time. That's true. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Because I can guarantee you that she has spent, I would guess, conservatively, 75% of her time dealing with bullshit backlash. She's probably, like, hiding in a cave in Tibet. She she probably filmed the first dozen episodes already. (laughs) It just takes so long for the goat that she's tied the the hard drive containing that footage to to get from her cave that she's hiding in. Just dial up. (laughs) You know how long it takes to upload, <laughs> just uploading the JPEG header for her website it took half an hour, and then the guy that she shared the game with, came with, picked up the phone to call his mom, oh! <laughs> so she had to start over. <laughs> she was she's like, it's just done, I just want this out of the world, I can't show my face ever again. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking. Minecraft ousted Call of Duty as the most played game on Xbox Live last week. Yeah, I can't believe that happened. That's That's impressive, dude. Well, Minecraft just put out an uh, an update that Mm kind of like... uh, it's funny because they're, they're like a year behind and all, every update just like makes the game uh, to what it was a year ago on the PC. Yeah. And so that's what they just did. And it's funny because like then just like two days later, my, real Minecraft on the PC just updated to even more where there's like Halloween shit. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft in the 360 is never going to catch up. But yeah, no, it's funny. I was actually playing some last night. It's, it's a good time. But yeah, no, but yeah. Defeated Call of Duty. That's impressive. Xbox Live pretty much exists to be a Call of Duty yeah. machine right now. So that's pretty impressive, Minecraft. Uh, God usurped bless it. them, yeah. dudes. God bless. Because how many people... Because like, there's not that like... I don't know. Well, they did for the uh, Xbox version, they did add a creative mode, which you can fly around and build things, and there's no mm-hmm. combat. You don't have to worry about survivor or anything like that. I guess, and if you can do that together with people, yeah, I could see why that would draw a lot of people into playing Minecraft all together yeah. suddenly at once. 
Totally. Man, I still can't believe I bought that for you and then you deleted it. I deleted it. <laughs> I don't like it, dude. I understand. I just wanted to. I just wanted to play for five minutes with you online, real quick. Nope. Just, just, just. To, that's the only reason I was. I was so excited about it even being announced. Just, just not this. Not that I think I could make you like it, but the fact that I just make you play it with me for five minutes online and that never even happened. <laughs> I can re-download it, Bill. If you, that's I what you're know. getting for well, Christmas. It's not my ultimate Christmas morning. You're getting five minutes of Minecraft. <laughs> that's it, bro. Well, yeah, you're, you're not really missing that much. In other, you know. I, no, I got. I think I got the full Minecraft experience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to be. It's like something playing with Bill's going to be. You know what? And I genuinely and enjoyed the 20 minutes that I played, but I never wanted to play anymore. It's like I feel about um, uh, driving games. Also, there are bunnies in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Bunnies being the euphemism for spiders. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to try and star in another Conan movie. I didn't see any of the details about this. This will be unrelated to the Conan reboot with Jason Momoa that came out a couple years ago. This will be about oh, old man about Conan. That. Which makes that be actually kind of cool say. because, like, doesn't Conan get old in the comics? Isn't there, like, Conan comics about, like, old? Although, like, I think I wonder, in the books there he's is. He's going to be wearing a lot of, uh, like, thick shirts. <laughs> Have you seen the pictures of, like, old, uh, like, Arnold? Like, he's got, like, weird, wrinkly stomach paunch now. He's not gotten fat, but, like, He's getting older, and so his skin is sliding off his yeah. bones. Yeah. And so he can't do the big riff like, I've got no shirt on. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? In your old man, maybe you just don't do that anymore. But I would love to see old grizzled Conan fucking people up. It'd that be could cool. be great. But it, it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And also, these days, you couldn't make it as fucked up and bloody as violent as you could make the Conan movies back in the day. Yeah. So it's going to be like, it's going to be the diehard another day of Conan movies, where it's going to be Conan and his super hot young badass son fighting bad guys so they can, like, try to reboot the franchise again, and so, like... I would love uh, if... So, it, what is the name? Son, Red Sonia in the movie? Where yeah. Conan was in it, but he couldn't be... He, Arnold was in it, but it couldn't be Conan. Yeah, exactly. I would love if in the Conan movie, Jason Momoa was in it as Conan's son. Yeah, why not? Because that's not... You think anyone's going to get upset that this violates the Conan uh, <laughs> shit from the last Conan canon? <laughs> Say that ten times fast. But yeah, who else would you get to play Conan? So, I mean, that's great casting. Jason Momoa. I mean, that movie was dumb, but Jason Momoa as Conan is not a bad idea. Unless you just make it Conan becomes head of his own Khaleesi or whatever the hell. <laughs> they just mix Game of Thrones or it's just a code, like this merge of two worlds where Khal Drogo shows up as the ghost dad of, uh, the ghost dad of Conan. <laughs> It's young, hot, ripped Jason Momoa, all Jedi ghosts. <laughs> I am your father to old ass Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go, ghost dead. You know, you never see that in, in movies. What? Where there are ghosts of spirits. The spirits are always, like, dead, like, old, and, like, if you're a ghost and you could be as you perceive yourself to be, why not have a ghost of your younger self? Why not? Are you serious? Wait, what movie is this in? What am I or missing? Star Wars. When they changed uh, old Obi Wan, oh no, old oh, Anakin. Old Anakin. Okay, that's, cra- that's but that's the no, but that's like the only. But that's the only thing I can think of, and you could argue that's not really that wasn't a that was more who is this white guy that I don't know who yeah, exactly, is. That's yeah. more oh it's no, Anakin. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. why not? Because that there could be a lot more melancholy with that. Imagine if you're like let's say you're like a sixty five year old man and your wife dies or vice versa, yeah. and your your loved one is a ghost, but it's a ghost of your younger self. How much more fucked up would that be? How much more of a torment would that be that not only is this person trapped in a mortal plane, but it's this old version of themselves that you never saw again? And it's not the person that you necessarily loved when they died. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That yeah. would be way more goddamn melancholy. Or it's the opposite. Young sexy ghost keeps on stripping for you. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a ghost com- the comic that floats around?
around on Tumblr where it's like all times are being touched by 10 to 12 ghost butts. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like an adventure time right there. Oh my god. So just speaking of Halloween, this is not the Halloween episode. We'll, I'm sorry well, you know what? Let's pretending. let's bump the dishonor talk next week. We no, talk we know. I want to. I actually stuff. do want to talk. Well, there's nothing to talk. We can talk about a little bit. Of, I do want to talk about dishonor just to get off my chest because yeah. you know we we are barely remembering anything about us dishonored as it is this week. This is much true. less. Well, we're getting to the end of Geek Week, then we'll get to some. Yeah, we're almost done with that. Um, the Dudo makes X Men's Last Stand has left the sequel. <laughs> X-Men's The Future's All Fucked Up. And so Brian Singer, the guy who directed the good X-Men's movie, um, may be brought in to direct X-Men's. We're stuck in the evil 80s created by Biff and the Sports Almanac. Do <laughs> Do I enjoy does that jokes. make any English sense whatsoever? <laughs> so so yeah. Brian Singer's coming in for the next The thing? guy who directed, what's the last X-Men movie? I think, it, what was it called? It was, first uh, Class? Ju- yeah, First Class. So they don't want to call the one Second Class. I was going to say, it's not like... Last Stand, because that stands No, last. it's X-Men, oh. I think it's Days of Future Past, which I, I've yes. never read the comics, but it's yes. in the 80s. Yeah. Where... Wolverine, Kitty Pryde, on the, in the brick wall with all the wanted posters. Yeah, exactly. And so this is the movie version of that. I guess the director who directed the last one, the last good X Men movie, the the first class. Wasn't it Matthew Vaughn? Who yeah. That? Who else? What else did he direct? Was he, he was Layer a, Cake? Yeah. He was oh, the protege of Guy doing? Ritchie, and uh, yeah, he did Hopefully Layer Cake. Hopefully, that just means he's, he's he did Kick Ass. Cool project to do. Yeah. He did. I think he's working on Kick Ass too. I wonder, I wonder if that's why he that's, can't work on. Yeah. X-Men. Uh, but yeah, supposedly he can't do uh, the next future, the next X Men movie. So yeah, it sounds like they might bring in because Brian Singer is still producing all these movies. Yeah. So it sounds like Brian Singer might just go unless he's working on something right now. He could just say, "Well, we need a director. I'm the best director of these X Men movies. I'll just come in and do it." Did Brian Singer do that Spider Man or Superman reboot? Was that Brian Singer? The new one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one that everyone hated. Yeah. Yeah, gay Superman. <laughs> Super gay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that when... was a pretty bad movie. <laughs> it, was pretty... it wasn't abjectly, like, offensively terrible. Yeah. It just really, just two and a half, it was, way... it was half an hour too long, and nothing really interesting happened. Yeah. It's hard to do Superman to a modern audience, I think. Yeah. You know? God bless him. Anyway, Winrich Colby, did I say that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, director of over 50 episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise died of cancer this week. Supposedly, says Bill, he was stupping Captain Janeway back away. This is the first you time I've heard about this. Let's remember him as he lived <laughs> with his cock deep in Captain <laughs> Janeway. There's yeah. vagina in that nebula. <laughs> That's, That's a terrible. Dylan joke. Dylan's listening to this. She's going to be the only person to get that joke. Um, but yeah, no, he was the most prolific Star Trek director, I guess. He directed... I was going to say, he did all of those? That's a fucking... Yeah, he directed for every series except for the original one. Uh, he directed, like, the last episodes for, I think, for almost all those series. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it sounds like he was really loved by the cast and crew. Like, everyone mm-hmm. had, like, he was, like, a universally loved guy. Yeah, just the fact that, like, yeah, he directed, like, a lot of Star Trek. I like Star Trek. There's not much other to say. Did he direct a lot of good Star yeah, Trek? Yeah, no, he was okay. a good director. Like, you never watched an episode. Of, I mean, if you don't like Star Trek, there's nothing he's doing that's going to make you go, oh, yeah, there's some Guy Ritchie shit here. <laughs> he put the camera on the ground, and then he had the person come in and say the lines. And then he said, look at the bumpy forehead. You're an alien. <laughs> I don't think it was that fun to direct Star Trek. Say, they put the words down on paper. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so he died. But yeah, I had no idea that supposedly uh, he was married and Captain Janeway was married, but I guess they were having an affair back in the day. Hmm. They were stopping. I feel bad for her because she got chubby and then her boyfriend died. Captain Janeway. Have you seen... You don't care about Star Trek. No. She's the only captain who got, like, 
Well, Shatner got fat. But she got chubby. But she's a relatively recent captain. And also she's a woman, so a lot of the nerds love to make fun of her. She got chubby. Whereas, like, Patrick Stewart is, like, ripped still. <laughs> Patrick Stewart is, like, a monster. <laughs> so, be like, at conventions where she shows up next to Patrick Stewart and Patrick yeah. Stewart looks like yeah. he's, like, fucking 24. <laughs> Or and, he's fucking 24-year-old. And Catherine Janeway looks like a little fat little secretary lady. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, there's only one There's only one Enterprise with a gym on it, I guess. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> that joke is bad, which is funny. <laughs> what I like about that joke is that it's just about her size and not being a woman, so I guess I'll take I it. I know, that's a good idea. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess that's oh, better. Man. At least it's blind to sexism, but it's still way to some fucked up. <laughs> Um, Kotaku had a, I didn't get to read all this article. Kotaku had an expose on what went wrong with Silicon Knights X-Men game last year and how the company went oh. abusing its relationship with Activision to pour Activision money into the development of a demo for Eternal Darkness 2. I didn't know that was the Oh, this article. article. Man, it's something... It, I wonder if these guys knowing that Polygon was going to launch soon lit a fire underneath Kotaku's ass this week because they had this expose on... What went, what went wrong with Silicon Knights? I think they did another expose on the Dorito Gate thing. Yeah. They had actually a lot of great actual articles this week, which is actually like people investigating shit. Yeah. And not just like a, not just typical Kotaku, oh, here's Cake of the Week stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so do you know anything? Do you care about Dennis Dyack or Silicon Knights or well, anything is like it, that? Well, didn't they do Two Human as yeah, well? Yeah, they did Two Human. And Two yeah. Human pretty much cratered totally the studio. Tanked. Yeah. Yeah, and then Dennis Dyack went on this uh, rampage, like on message boards and on podcasts, just ranting yeah. at people about how stupid they were for not liking too human yeah and uh this article yeah kotaka's article uh, i guess this person's been working on this article for the better part of the last two years where i guess yeah this x-men game came out last year i think it was just downloadable only no it was, was it was a retail release. was it a retail yeah. release uh it just talks about how uh dennis dyak really is just a crazy person yeah uh from all accounts like he's 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 come off he's he's one of the few game developers that have ever been kicked off banned from neogaf for trolling? What? Because he, like when Two Human came out, well, a couple weeks before Two Human came out, he kept on going to NeoGAF and stirring up fights about Two Human. Yeah. Like, oh, who's with me or who's against me? Who's for Two Knights? Uh, Two Human? Who's not? And all yeah. this crazy shit. Yeah. And uh, even the NeoGAF mods, they said anyone who just shows up the boards just to start a fight, not actually have a conversation, we're gonna ban. And they banned Dennis Dyack. Wow. Uh, for him, for him being a crazy person. And yeah, and he went on with like on podcast with a binder full of like printed rants that he would just read on podcasts wow. about how people are stupid running up for not liking too human and all he just went out of his mind and yeah this expose just talks about how yeah so he like the last good game everyone agrees the last good game uh silicon knights has made was eternal darkness for the gamecube a decade ago yeah and so everyone wants them to make eternal darkness too and so I guess they finally decided to start making Eternal Darkness too. But the company, like, no one wants to work with them because all they do is make bad games these days. Yeah. But they did lure Activision into letting them make this X-Men game. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, they, yeah, they were really, like, trying to funnel resources from, you know, they were getting money from Activision yeah. to make this X-Men game. But they were really using a lot of the money and resources from that to try to secretly put together this Eternal Darkness to demo that they could take to other publishers to try to get that turned into an actual game. Huh. So it's kind of a mismanagement of... Because it's, it's also yeah. completely agreed that the X-Men game that they did, they did produce for uh, Activision was incomplete and fucked up. Yeah. And uh, supposedly, Dennis Dyack's whole plan was to keep on actually sending bad versions of the game to Activision. Well, you know, bad versions of the X-Men game to mm -hmm. Activision and saying, we need more time, we need more money. 
to intentionally blow past deadlines so they keep on funneling so they keep on funneling more money and resources into this Eternal wow. Darkness 2 demo and kept on stringing Activision along supposedly this is what this article says I mean this is what the article says that's supposedly what was happening and at a certain point Activision got tired of the game being fucked up and yeah. like uh, Silicon Knights blowing all of its deadlines and said you know what out of the blue they announced the game saying they, without even talking to Silicon Knights, <laughs> like six months before the game was supposed to, like before the game came out, they 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 had just announced the trailer. Yeah. They had put up a trailer online and said, "This game is coming out from Silicon Knights in six months." Yeah. Announced it right there, like they they committed publicly without even wow. talking to Silicon Knights. Wow. Which for Silicon Knights, uh, suddenly out of the blue, yeah. pretty much have to make most of the game in less than six months. Oh Jesus Christ! Because suddenly they they were committed to like, oh yeah. shit, we actually You're we can't committed. we can't just string along Activision to keep on working on our Eternal Darkness thing. So suddenly they shut down all work on Eternal Darkness and shifted everyone back to actually trying to make the the X Men game they should have been working on for the the previous like two and a half years. Wow, that's some fucking drama. And man. this isn't just like one leaked person. This is like whoever at Kotaku talked to, like it sounds like six or seven different people, and they everyone agrees that this is what happened. It's not just like one pissed off employee got fired. Wow. And uh yeah, it's no wonder it was all no comment from Silicon. This Silicon sounds Knights. like fucking there might be some fucking lawsuits coming out of this yeah. fucking thing. Dear Lord. Yeah, because everyone wonders what once one like, you know, uh yeah, Silicon Knights used to be a really well respected company, and this whole investigation started off just finding out what happened for that X-Men be, game to be so terrible. Yeah. And this is this is the story behind it. it. It's just fucking amazing. It's a great yeah. read. Yeah. You know, so we can talk a little bit about Polygon. Polygon launched this week. Um, and I, I'm really... It's a beautifully designed site. It's really well done. Yeah, it's actually good. The now, I don't know if it warrants the last six months of hyping endless talk and everyone flipping out about the site either way well, online for the last this six is, months. This but is it's one good. thing that I think is interesting. So there, with the Kotaku, for example, with the Kotaku relaunch however long ago, the whole Gawker site-wide relaunch, there was this whole push towards... Um, it's funny you should say that lit a fire into Polygon because Gawker had kind of an internal push a while ago to sure have the cheap page oh, through mean, things. Oh, you lit a fire into Kotaku, yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about Gawker as a company. Yeah. What's his butt? Nick Denton came out and said to his crew, he's like, we need to keep doing these quick page view things. We have to have some credibility. We have to be put some money into more better long-term, like, yeah, that's what this long-form was, journalism. Yeah. And so, but the question is, is like when you sink a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort into these things, you want to feature them for more than the news cycle. So you want to push them to the front of the page. And that was the point of the whole Kotaku redesign was they can have like, they can post, they can put a post, a couple of posts prominently at the top of the page. Yeah, sticky on them all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then cycle through that and you always have these big journalism pieces. I really like Polygon, but whenever I, it's weird to go to it daily. It's almost like an RSS feed of, of stuff. Yeah. Well, even beyond that, it's like when I go to their page, like every time I've gone last week, I see like there's, they're, they're got, they had that great Halo feature on their playtest thing, mm -hmm. these other things. And whenever I'm lo actually looking for breaking news, I kind of have to dig for it in really? the design. I don't, it doesn't feel very... I just kind of look at it, it just seems like an abstract list of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's from... It's not very tiered that, that much, but... I mean, I'm looking at it mostly on my touch. Oh, okay. Well, and no, on my it's, iPad. Although it's supposed to look almost exactly the it same. Looks, it still looks beautiful. There's it's no beautifully mobile version. Designed, it just scales to mobile devices. Which I think is God bless them, and it, and it yeah. works pretty well. Um, but yeah, I just, I have trouble. I, it's one of those things that I feel like it's like Penny Arcade Report, where I'll go and sit down once a week and read it, as opposed to actually looking at it every day. Yeah. You know? At least, that, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. It, it's interesting how they seem to be really committed to like a piece that you sit down and read for an extended length of time. Like for example, with that Halo playtest thing, there's a seven minute video in the middle of this giant article. 
this article will take you easily 10 or 15 minutes to read on its own, and then yeah. there's a seven-minute video in the well, middle of it. Well, it's a nice buffet of content, but if you're not a big fan of how it's organized... Well, no, 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 it's not even from an organizational standpoint. I was like, shit, this is a fucking commitment. Yeah. It's like, I need to have a sustained bathroom session dedicated to this. <laughs> like, you know, like, I watched the video, I was like, this is great, and I was like, man, I gotta go do something else. <laughs> it's like, and I didn't read the rest of the article. <laughs> it's like, there's gotta be a compromise between like having this deep shit that's really well-designed, and like that's the sort of stuff that I want to read in a magazine that's what i keep thinking i'm like yeah Man, i almost point, wish actually, yeah. that they would have like a print thing like weekly of this long-form journalism and then this i know that, that that would never happen and of course what i'm proposing is it's not sustainable but like even like with the pity arcade report there's good journalism there but it's all in bite-sized nuggets mm-hmm. i want there to be long-form journalism but the web is not at least for me, I cannot consume long-form media on the web. See, I've only read a couple of reviews. I really haven't read too many other big pieces. But I'm enjoying the writing on it. The tone yeah. of it is pretty great. The design of it is well, beautiful. The staff behind the site is fantastic, It's too. hilarious that their color scheme is purple and pink. That's the cutest thing. I mean, it's very distinctive. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know what? Their forms support animated GIFs. That's all I care about. Okay, but, so let's talk about Polygon a little bit as a structure. So one of their, they have this big ethics code that they go by, and they, they make it pretty... Supported by Geico. Well, that's the thing. So their big thing is that they want it to be absolutely transparent that they're not in any way, shape, yeah. or form indebted to the publishers. And so far what that has meant, at least it seems that way, is that all of their ad revenue comes from non-gaming sources. Which is a good idea. It's not a bad idea. Like, when they had... Because you don't want to shit in the same place you're eating. Yeah. In terms of, like, yeah. So, like, when they were, when their site was going, was in development, when you went to Polygon.com, it's, like, sponsored by Clear Act medication for men and yeah bill alluded to their message boards are sponsored by geico and they in fact have a geico representative i still don't understand what the point of this is that's an active member of the community i was i was bugging arthur geese about this i was like why what what does this mean is this is he a mod is he is it just someone who just happens to work at geico who's just part of the community is he reporting back to geico like what's Like, why even call this out then? Like, obviously they felt they, the we, need they, to tell yeah. people that there's this they guy from Geico. They out of their way. They're like, not and only so, is Geico a sponsor, we wanted them to be involved. Even I was like, well, dude, if I have a problem with my insurance, <laughs> do I take it to this guy? And he got really snotty with me. He's like, just because you're watching Bones, doesn't mean you start suddenly start yelling at the TV about your Ford car getting <laughs> fucked up. And so, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the hell that is, but I don't know, whatever. I'd, ra- I'd rather have Geico, ha- 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 like, have somebody, like, Lurking around the boards, then somebody yeah. from Microsoft. Or, although it's weird because their whole uh, their whole documentary is funded by Microsoft, which is you know is a game was which is a video game platform. It's, but it's it's specifically marketed by their their it, no, internet it's the way, I know, It's not the same thing. But they're that's not a pushing. Little, they're not pushing there. That's their, the only wiggle room there. Where it's a little I would argue. And supposedly it was just uh, 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 the company that puts together PR. It was a deal between those guys and uh, when uh, Microsoft that caused the documentary to happen in the first place. Supposedly mm-hmm. that was not really. That, it's it's when they first started Polygon. It's not like the editors were like, "Yeah, we gotta make a documentary about ourselves." Supposedly, that's all just like marketing stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you can't get too grumpy about that. But. I'm enjoying all their video content so far. Like I watched. I've seen piece. much of it yet. The Halo piece is really well done. It's really well edited. I enjoyed it. It's good. I'm excited about Polygon. I think that it, it's really it's really uh interesting. I'm excited that there are like a couple of different resources I can go to, and I just want to sit down and read a good read about video games. Yeah. Good times. What else? Anything? I'm trying to think of anything else interesting about. Yeah, I've not actually. I've been so busy working this week. I've not spent that much time actually on the site. But it, I mean, it's it's the first video game website that very clearly cares deeply about. That's not. It's not true. It is. I would say it's the first mainstream gaming site to care deeply about um, design. Yeah. Like just how literally how the pages are laid out. 
Um, whoever is the boss of that is doing a damn fine job of laying them out in really organic and interesting ways. Yeah. It's a very the reviews, smartly... the reviews have the score on top of the thumbnail for the review. I'll, yeah. I have a picture of like a character from the game with like 4.5. Yeah. yeah. I also love that they use the whole goddamn scale. A 4.5 game means it's genuinely mediocre. They've low scores this week. Well, they've made like it pretty 4. clear 5. that they're going to use the, the one. Well, and they have a very rock, clear explanation on, on the site of like what the reviews specifically mean. Yeah. So hopefully they stick to that. I think after a while it's easier to creep up because I think a lot of people still think even reviewers subconscious will, subconsciously will score something average as 7.0 yeah because that's what well it's perception in school when you're graded that 7.0 yeah. a 70 out of 100 equals a c which is an average yeah and so it's i think even reviewers have to work hard to buck that at least that's yeah. how it is in the american uh school grading system and yeah. so which that, i mean that's why people get upset about games getting 7.0 and like like game reviewers who use the whole yeah, uh, the scale they get a little upset because they don't seem to understand why people would misread that. It's kind of a well, it's also problem, kind but... of ballsy in that. And granted, this is broken, but in that it's all fucking reported on Metacritic. Yeah, and Metacritic scales on a hundred point scale, and there are developers who, like with Oblivion, famously did not get a bonus for um, Fallout New Vegas because they missed a set Metacritic score by one point. Yeah, was like this is this is specifically well, a fuck you. I mean, it's not, but I mean, it's like they're they're fucking with a, a broken system that they have the point fives, which if yeah. they're that when they want to be that ballsy like i can see it like maybe there's a difference between a 9.5 and 9.10 but like you're really worried about the difference between a 4.5 and a 5 like come on like you know you you, you have it on your own site what a four is and what a five is you, you can slot a game into one of those categories you have to be like a 4.5 you know i just use a little <laughs> well it allows for an adrenaline i understand why it's there that's... but it's a little but no yeah polygon's good yeah, I'm excited about it. I went ahead and deleted on my iPad uh, my uh, links, my uh, bookmarks to Kotaku and Joystick. Joystick, man. Joystick, <laughs> you know I feel what? bad. God bless Joystick. I, joystick is it's not like it suddenly got terrible. No, it's but really the it's best just that... talent from Joystick did, did get plucked for Polygon. And beyond that, what was it? What was it this week that really brought it to my attention? Oh, they they released nine minutes of the new Mass Effect anime, a nine minute preview, which by the way is unwatchable. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I got through about three minutes before I was like, nope, and stopped watching. But no, uh, they they released this preview, and Kotaku posted immediately. Um, what other website? Polygon. Joystick's always been kind of pokey with well, this that's the thing. They'll clearly, like, it almost, it feels like they'll just, well, that's not really important, so we'll just add it to a queue so it'll fill in during an off time when we're not reporting on anything else. Well, what's a stupid but I mean, you don't get like any that? breaking, like, by the time I see it on Joystick, in that case, I think it was literally two or three days later after yeah. I'd seen it on all their websites. There's been a, no, there's sometimes, like, like it almost happens like a lot. part of a week yeah. sometimes. Like, you'll see something get reported on Kotaku on a Monday, and yeah. maybe by th- Wednesday or Thursday it'll filter down the joystick yeah yeah it's just like, like joystick guys? i don't know where their angle is uh their angle is that they're the sega to uh <laughs> the, the, yeah the kotaku sony and and, and polygons microsoft of that they're gonna go out of business very <laughs> i feel bad for those guys because they still have good talent there oh yeah they really it's just do like in, like well i, I don't know what their niche is i also think the need for hardcore gaming journal sites is diminishing and the more people rely on word of mouth on Twitter and Facebook and social media and message boards, uh, message boards like uh, NeoGAF, the less you need Kotaku. And, well, I mean, Kotaku. The, the like advantage that. that Kotaku has and what makes it terrible is Kotaku is essentially a a 
message board. It's yeah. like it's essentially like its presentation is more like a Twitter thing where you These get kind of yeah. you get kind of the surface and a lot of it. That's the nice thing about Polygon. It's 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 a nice competitor where it's more substance yeah. rather than just like yeah. And they very clearly so care it's nice about to have that, that deeply. Alternative. Yeah, but yeah, I think there's only really sometimes I want fast food though. Maybe. There's only kind of like there's really only going to be room for like a Polygon, a Kotaku, and you got smaller things like Penny Arcade Report and a couple like Orbit things orbiting it there. But in terms of like yeah, there's not really. I'm willing. I'm willing to give Polygon a chance. I think. I think that they're. I'm really excited about Polygon. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I, if I I have my rituals in the morning where I check Polygon's... Tumblr and I check my news sites and and it's Polygon just doesn't. It's it's. I feel like what is new doesn't float to the top. On, well, it also on depends on what you want out of a site because like really, if you want video game news, I just go to fucking Twitter because whatever's breaking just breaks first there no matter what. Twitter is so an unending deluge of. Content, oh, the, that's though. the thing with I'm so, well. The, the, that's different. The, the, that's special to me because that's very unique to me because I I work from home and I'm sitting from the computer all day, so yeah. I'm all, I'm in front of Twitter all day anyway. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're working and you want to see what exactly. happened in the world of gaming at the end of the day, it's nice to have Polygon or, or like an actual website to actually kind of categorize things and like organize the news for you. Whereas with me, like it, it's easier. You, like I'll something will pop up on Twitter. And if I want the details, I'll just go to NeoGAF because that'll be the top thread going yeah. on right there. And that'll have the details right there. Yeah. And then I'll have a link back to like if Kotaku or Polygon or someone else has actually picked it up and done more detailed research into whatever's happening. They'll have a link there, but yeah. So, but that's just me. That's unique. I'm not like everyone else, though. But more committed game journalism is only a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the truth. Yes. So should that be it? End of the Geek Week review. We'll come back with our dishonor. friends. We're gonna take a brief break and then go into our 14 hour Halloween podcast where we don't talk about Halloween. Boo, boo. <laughs> we're dressed as a Halloween podcast, <laughs> but we're not. It's just a costume. Guess what, guys? This year it was a trick. <laughs> If you don't, I don't care. I'll put on your underwear. Okay, now we're back with our quick Dishonored spoiler cast. It's going to be quick because both of us for, kind of forget most of everything what happened at the end of that game. <laughs> Dishonored was a really interesting game because I really liked it and I was kind of obsessed with it and I was really into the world and everything when I was playing it. But literally the moment I stopped playing it, I kind of forgot all about it. Is it because the plot and the characters weren't that interesting? I think, or? I think, oh, I hate, hate to keep harping on this, but I wish Corvo was more of a central character. Yeah. No, the silent protagonist in a first person game. Well, no, my argument, I think it's not so much that you're a silent protagonist. It's just oh, that really? your, your relationship with, with, um, Emily is so, so a motivation for your actions in the game. And but it's there's hard no to, interaction. Yeah. There. How it's, can it's, you it's have a, a relationship street. with a character that you can't? Well, especially yeah. when you find out that you're her dad, I yeah. guess. Well, did okay. So you did you play this high chaos throughout? Yeah. So when you get when you go and Emily leaves oh, and the drawing you find for Emily, you, and she's got pubes because she got she got puberty and that's when chaos made her grow. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, she's, she's in love got with pubes. You? <laughs> it's weird because she's like wearing those tight little like Lord Fauntleroy pants Bill, and her bushes Bill, popping out. Bill, when you get the note from her. <laughs> When she leaves the drawings, and she has the drawing in her room of, of mommy, and she has a drawing of the golden cat, and then you see that she left a drawing for you in your room. Yeah. What was the drawing? What was the drawing for you? In me, it was Is a picture. Is that a trick question? 
It's a picture of Corvo. Yeah. And Corvo, he's all rosy-cheeked and smiling, and yeah. above it it says Daddy. That's exactly what I got, too. Okay. Because yeah. I read online that if you're high chaos... No, mine's at the, the baddie, picture, and he's angry. <laughs> well, the picture... No, but the picture is literally you on a pile of corpses with, like, a sword, holding up a sword in there, and there's another corpse spiked on the sword. Well, supposedly I think there's, like, a super high chaos. Yeah. I didn't get that. I got the... That's the thing I was like, really? Like, she... Like, not only... Because, like... They never say anything about you being her dad throughout the rest of the game. Well, there's scales of chaos. It's either low chaos or high chaos. It's not like... Supposedly there's like a super high chaos, though. I've heard that there's a third tier of like, oh my god, you've killed everybody. What did you do? Chaos. (laughs) Um, But no, I got the daddy drawing. I've heard that somehow you can also get the drawing where it's him on top of a pile of bodies. I didn't get that. When, When people were talking to you about the way you interacted in a mission, did they say anything like, I'm so surprised you were able to get through that so unscathed and things like that? No, they were just like, wow, you killed a lot of people. See, that's different Supposedly your interactions with Samuel really changed. That's supposedly yeah. he's the, the... he's. Well, this is the thing. So at the ends, you said that the final island was all stormy and shit. And yeah. It, what was, how was Samuel acting to you? He was being a super fucking dick. See... <laughs> He was being all like he he, t- he when I get off of his boat he's like get off my goddamn boat yeah and supposedly if it's super high chaos he'll fire a flare so everyone knows you're there so you don't have a chance to sneak in oh man uh, I didn't get that because I shot him in the face with an arrow I was like fuck you then <laughs> bang see so I don't know if I would have gotten that when I got to that mission Samuel's all really su- respectful he's like you know say hi to I anyone for me I'll never that see him took again the sail out of my when did I have to sail my sails from the game because I like Samuel enough that like I appreciate the fact that he's you know. He's the one who poisons your drink in your version of the yeah. game, right? He Wait, was... who who poisoned it in your version? He was, but he, oh. he only put in half the poison, so I only got really sick instead of dying. Why didn't he kill you then if he hates you? I don't know. That's what I was saying. That's that's why I was like, what is happening? What? And he's really still kind of antagonistic towards you, but I think he still likes Emily enough. He wants Emily to get saved. Yeah. But then if he wants Emily to get saved, why does like if you can be a high chaos enough, why does he then send off a flare the moment you get off his boat? Yeah. To alert everybody on the island that you're there. It's just, let them say, there's a couple things, like, story I thought the betrayal the made, I thought that was... A... No, I can understand why Havelock did it. I was confused for a while, because I couldn't tell if it was just Havelock and a couple other guys, or if it was the whole gang. Because at first, it seems like the whole gang is against you. I'm like, or it's like the fucking maid against yeah. me? To like, See, what? I liked that, 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 that Havelock and Martin and Pendleton turn against Which everybody. Because they're, he, well, they they against each other. his... God, his guard, he shot, or his fucking butler. Yeah. His butler, who's batshit loyal to him, he killed him. So, so when you come back, oh, spoilers. Well, this, we're, this is our spoiler cast for this. So this is my question for you. At the end of the game, the very, very end, when you get to the top of the tower. No, what was Callista's fate in your game? Oh, Callista is locked in the tower. Cersei's Cersei, Cersei is locked in the tower. Like, See, that, that's the difference between me and your... What that's, happened in your game? She's not locked in the tower. She's in a fucking body bag. Seriously? Co- yeah, you come back and they're, like everyone at the inn has been killed. Except for hot, uh, dikey, red-headed chick. Who, the one who gave you the <laughs> yeah, key to your secret she, apartment. She's, she's holding on to your apartment. The apartment is even there is just to set up this whole... That's why, well, like, I like that that character had that. that, that char- I mean, that made sense to me in character. I would have bought the whole ending twist of the game with with everyone poisoning and betraying you if they had actually built up the last mission you go on, the quote-unquote last mission you go on in the game as feeling like the last mission it of the game. It didn't feel that way. I, it felt like another the... mission where they're just like, you got a couple of the guys go, hey, Koro, yeah. this is everything you've built up to. I hope you succeed in your mission. And that is it. Like, nothing yeah. really feels... Well, my argument to no Bill was that I felt that the mission before that where you're dealing with Dowd, the assassin, that felt more 
like the final ending to me just because that was well, much that's more a, but difficult. But that's the other thing is like not only do you get portrayed, you do what is supposed to be the final mission, and then there's like three missions after that, one of which is the Dowd mission. But then, like, yeah, then 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 you have the Dow thing. You think, well, okay, well, that's the end. Well, it turns out that's not the end because then you have to go after Havelock. Yeah. Well, it's I, I didn't think, I didn't bit. feel like from a narrative, per, like a, this per, perspective of narrative momentum, I didn't feel like that was the finale. I felt like from a gameplay perspective, it felt more Which final. Which was the finale? The, the assassin level. Because the assassins all have similar powers to you, it's much more challenging. Which one is the last one? What, what, what is the last mission before you go back to the Hound Pit and you, you get I'm pretty betrayed. sure Dowd. Is it Dowd? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was when you go off to kill, who's the High Overseer guy? No, that's one of the first, that's the first mission in the game you kill the High Overseer. You come back from killing Dowd and they're like, oh, let's have drinks. Good is job. We killed everybody. Hooray. Yeah. Oh, I thought Dowd was afterwards. So. No. I'm not, you kill the High Overseer. That is the first mission you do. No, but like, who's the guy who arranged the, the High, the High Seeker or what? There's the guy who, 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 the guy who caused the Rat Plague. There's no, the guy who orchestrated. You, you do that. You there, do a Dowd after him. The guy who hired Dowd. The guy who's the Grand Regent. You kill him before Dowd. Yeah, but I thought like I thought you kill the Grand Regent. I thought that's when you come Grand back. Grand Regent, the and then you go and you go that's get a Dowd. Mission. Yes, you go get the the but guy it, who's the High the Regent. Is there a betrayal between the two? I thought. Oh no, you are right. You're right because you get drunk, you get drugged, and you drink, and, and you then wake up. and then you're 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 trapped in Assassin Town, and then you go get Dowd. You are oh, correct because they sell you off to Dodd. That's what well, Dowd it's not or that you 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 your body gets dumped. Oh, but you're, in... you're, you get stripped of all your stuff. You have to recover yeah. your stuff. And I then apologize. You go after Dowd. Yeah, okay. That, that's why I, I felt like confused. from a pacing perspective. Okay, yeah, I miss I missed over a little bit. That's what because that's why I thought Dowd's felt like the second ending, and that's why I thought like if they had if they had made the mission where you do kill the bad guy who orchestrated everything, the guy mm-hmm. who hired out to kill the empress yeah if they had actually made that if they had actually made that feel like a whole complete game and then some yeah. other like there's like this couple extra chapters that would have yeah. felt more like badass like holy shit the story doesn't end here this is that the first time i've ever said this i kind of feel like the doubt thing would have been better as dlc because it felt like additional content i mean granted you see him take her at the beginning of the game and if yeah. that were missing you'd say that's you know missing yeah. but from a narrative standpoint i felt like it was way from a excuse me from a gameplay standpoint although i would have thought the ending would have still been disappointing if if, if that, that was just the ending if you just kind of like go straight from the grand regent to yeah and like i said just your reception from everybody so much like hey you killed the grand regent Ooh. you didn't oh wait so your argument is you didn't like that party you didn't feel like that party was climactic enough uh, no, just them sending you off. Because usually before you go off to the kill of the last bad guy, if they had tricked you into thinking that was the last mission of the game, okay, everything the game I, I think, I think everything job. afterwards would have had more punch to it. Man, I have never been so stressed about a non-combat situation than when I came back been from that mission. walking to the Hound Pits, yeah. Yeah, because no one... Because I think Samuel says they're all gathered to meet you in the pub. That, nev- that gave me such a goddamn sense of uh, foreboding. That people were all in one place, and I'm like, and I was thinking, shit, what's gonna happen? So clearly, like, the world has not, like, That's re- what I'm saying. If they had made a better chance, a bet, bet, done a better job of making it seem like it was gonna be a celebration, not like a you, trick. You know, something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I, said, I genuinely got so stressed out. I had to stop. I put the controller down. <laughs> I went for a walk. <laughs> Yeah. And I came back to walk through the door because I was so freaked out that something terrible was gonna happen. See, I knew something was gonna happen just because the the, the hot dyke redheaded lady 
Whatever. She wears pants and she's awesome and she's kind of surly. They all wear pants. I know. It's great. No skirts in the world of sauna. You can't define. But no, she offers you. She says, oh, there's an apartment later. And you know something's going to happen where you're going to need that apartment. And it was like, oh, man, there's got to be something where I'm going to get chased out by these guys and have to, like, hide on that apartment or something. Well, to be fair, the apartment is an optional thing. And you could have set, from the way the game worked, you could have just seen, there was a bone charm you could only get by going to that apartment. And the way that game works, so there are lots of things that were there, like if you looked for them, yeah. that allowed you to get unlock things. Like, I did not think that was as much of a... I assumed there would be a point where the um, the Grand Regent or whoever would come and crack down on you, because yeah. they set up way too much. But that... even before you go off to the fight the Grand Regent, if they had done more where, like... This like if Pierre yeah. was like, okay, here's your last upgrades, here's all yeah. your stuff, here's like well, yeah, during that whole mission you, with you the Grand Regent, gear up. even in the mission where I'm uh, 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 you're getting doubt and you're getting your back, you're finding all this money and you're finding things that you can go unlock with Piero. Yeah, like oh. that's what I'm saying. So you know this like so this can't be the last mission because they're giving yeah. me stuff that like. Yeah, you wouldn't be giving me upgrades that I can't cash in yet. Yeah. But this is the last mission. That's the kind of thing. Like, if, yeah. if you've ever played a video game before, <laughs> there's giveaways to tell you that this is not the last mission of the game. Yeah. And if they, they put all this effort to kind of, like, make the last mission only, like, the seventh of ten missions, yeah. they could have just done a couple things to kind of, like, trick you, a trick you for just one mission. Yeah. That would that would have made everything after that it's I love that we're not even talking about gameplay. We're just really talking about the ending and the trick ending. <laughs> but I stuff, am to yeah. some degree talking about gameplay because I found that it, uh, the mission with Dowd and all of his assassins having um having guards who could blink like I could who had a lot of abilities like me yeah. that was way more challenging. I felt than the big island. Oh, that was a, that was a great way to switch everything the, up. The yeah. challenge of the island wasn't that these guys were clever or anything like that. It was just there was so goddamn much. Like there were so many guards and there were so many alarms. It wasn't more nuanced. It was just more. Yeah. I didn't find that fun. Whereas with the assassins, at first I was like, fuck this, this is not fun. But then the challenge became more. You have to more. start thinking about a little bit different yeah. stuff. And then I thought it was so great to have the reveal when you finally get to Dowd. And you're like, I was like, what him. the hell's happening here for a I'm second? I'm going to yeah. freeze time and kill him. And he can freeze time too? It was the first oh. time in a game I was like, I actually was like, what the hell is happening? Because games, I love in games, when you, what, what, the reason why I can play games, because yeah. people have asked, like, how can I play shooters and shit? There is a point where you get, you can, especially when you're playing easy mode for babies, like I always do, you get so overpowered that you can, it's not necessarily a challenge, so I can just focus on my enjoyment. Well, when somebody pushes it. back like but that, exactly, that's a surprise. I was yeah. like, fuck you, what is happening? And it took me, I had to redo that whole thing like three or four times before I could figure out how to get him. Yeah. And then I felt like an idiot because it was really obvious in hindsight. But um, did you uh, sac- did you kill him at the end? No. I, the only reason at first I let him go is because I just wanted to see like, okay, if I just not kill him, does yeah. he just sit there? Because like you, he ends up like on his hand on his knees. I was like, do I just go like back to the boat? Do Wait, I just go get? You got some- on his knees. What, what happened in your gameplay? Uh, I like I fought him and I finally hunted him down. There was something where I hurt him and he, then he vanished. You know, used he used the the, the disappearing thing. And then uh, I found him, like, cowering behind, like, some rubble on his knees. Oh, really? And I had a conversation with him on his knees. He's like, he's like fine, you got me. Fucking kill me. Huh. He's like, just let, I'm just going to let you know you're as much. I, I used to be like you. I, I used to think I was told badass, but then I found out I'm just a pawn. And, like, I feel bad for killing that empress, but that huh. was my job. He, he There's kind of weird heart to heart. And he's like, the other, the, the the outsider, he came to talk to me about how special I was and how it was going to change things, but it turns out I was just a fucking pawn, and if you're huh. smart, you'll listen to me and realize, don't trust that outsider either. And I was huh. like, this guy killed my, my killed my girlfriend, and yeah. I was like, I want a heart check. <laughs> what do you think? 
Uh, there, there, was, was there, is there a part where the heart shows up and says something about that? I can't remember. Okay, so, I think that I used the heart on the guy. Oh, yeah. What happened when you used the heart on him? And she says something like, she, there, I can't remember what it is, but it is something like, she says, oh, that's... She he changed things or something like huh. that. He she's got well, something he did. to say, but yeah, he did change things. He started this whole chain of yeah. events. But I mean, this that, is the and one of the things yeah. he says, like the last thing I like your 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 woman ever felt was my blade or something yeah. like that. And that's when I was like, oh shit, that's right, I got the heart. I should pull it out and, and yeah. see what it has to say. But it's it's something. It's not so heartbreaking that it's huh. like it's not like it starts crying. Well, or it's interesting because the uh, the way I play, well, you can kind of get some of those notes in that the thing when you find him, the thing he is doing is he is leaving a audiograph thing yeah. and it's basically he, and he says he's like i have i shouldn't have killed the empress like all that but he yeah, i found that afterwards and know. i and that fucked me up because you know so i'm like fuck this guy freeze time blink blink gonna get you and then as soon as you freeze time he's like well fuck you i could freeze time too and you start yeah. fighting i shut the game down because i didn't want to kill anybody so i didn't want to get in a fight with him because yeah. i was trying to play without kills so i shut i i, I quit the game and i reloaded and then I just, I froze time and blinked behind him and choked him out. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. I never got to have this conversation with him. So you just choked him out and left him there. Yeah. But you didn't kill him. Because no. there's the there's the thing where he says, okay, you can kill me or not kill me. And, like, make your decision. And I actually paused again and was like, I wonder what's going to happen here. Because, yeah. like, I was like, I realized that, like, he really makes himself sound like he's just you... Who's, yeah. He's same you where he's an assassin, but he's been tricked by the outsider to become uh, friends with the assassin or with the outsider. Yeah, and he's just yeah, he's just uh, he's just what you will be if you keep on working for the for the outsider. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, this guy, he's an asshole. He's caused all this problems, but he. He didn't See, know anything I didn't... more about what he was doing than I am killing everybody myself. Yeah, so I decided well, that's to... the thing. I saw it not so much as a, oh, this is what happens when you work for the outsider, but this is what happens when you allow yourself to be manipulated exactly. by others to their own ends. And so I was like, you know what? And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if I, like, if I let him live, I wonder if that actually impacts what happens to me at the yeah. end of the day. Because like, I if, I, if I keep on going through like my career of being an assassin who works for the outsider, yeah. so I'm going to eventually end up in this guy's position with someone choosing my life, my, my fate someday. I love that the outsider genuinely doesn't give a shit. No, he's just like, oh, like what, So what did you do with Granny Rags? Did you kill Granny Rags or did you kill Slapjaw? Oh, no, wait, 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 the last thing I did oh, yeah, with, sorry. with him ahead. was, uh, he finally, like, I'm, I'm paused the game and says, okay, finally, make your choice. And so I just kind of like, I didn't do anything. I just kind of backed away just to see like, if there was going to be yeah. something where he just kind of vanishes or or like, does anything. How does the game judge that you did not kill him? Because yeah. he seems to be kind of like bound and he does uh, say something like, I I'll, I'll I'll I'm going to work to atone for everything I did, and suddenly poof, he does just blink out of the. Oh. And then suddenly, and then the stupid Xbox achievement you saved down <laughs> shows up. I love when game. Xbox achievement totally undermines an emotional moment. It is the fucking like, best. Well, I guess I ch- made a choice that yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just then I just routed rooted through huh. all the stuff. Uh, I did both ways with Granny Rags, and did, I also did, I, did, I, did I stopped thing. and reloaded. Yeah, I did too. Which one did you let stick? Which was part of your canon story? Um, so I was inclined to side with Granny Rags because I felt like, oh, she's the outsider. That's thing. what I did first. I I but ultimately I sided with Slackjaw. No, what I first. Oh, I sided with Slackjaw first, and I realized what a fucking psychopath she... No, wait. Yeah. What it was. Well, see, I sided I with Slack... Wait, first, I was like, okay, sure, Granny Rags, and, but you just kill him and throw him in soup. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was kind of... This is kind of a weird, big area for such an anticlimactic thing. And, uh, and, and then I was like, poor Slackjaw. Exactly. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to see what happens. And I thought it was just like, going to be as difficult... <laughs> So then I'm like, oh shit, what? No, it's a boss battle. Poor Susan Sarandon. Can you imagine Susan Sarandon <laughs> in the game booth <laughs> saying all 
all and now I'm gonna eat her story heart. was great I loved her her backstory. I didn't get all of her backstory all I know is that she used to be famous and people wanted her hand I know there's more backstory but I missed it so well, much well I mean so that's I it's just the slightest sketching like that she was she was this grand society lady yeah and, but and then you find that finer final journal in, in that room it talks about she and her husband had gone to what was it Pandicia or whatever it is yeah and they had found out about this this way you could never die basically making a horcrux let's be honest yeah and uh, yeah, that she and that she, he disappeared not too long after. You know, her she... son is the uh, uh, the interrogator at the castle, right? Oh, really? That, did you? I missed that you, connection. Did you fight that guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like a, almost like a little mini boss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't fight him. I, he has a letter I... saying Granny says hello, and I think something in oh. one of her other letters she says something about my son who works well, as the interrogator. Blah, oh, blah, blah. interesting. Yeah. No, it, it, the letter says like, oh, he had a great visit, and I was yeah. like, why the fuck was Granny Rags visiting this guy? But I can't remember which I did first, but yeah, like, when I saw, um, I, I, I must have done Slack Jaws first, mm-hmm. and then did Granny Rags, with the intention of, like, Granny Rags would just be the one that would be my canon save. Yeah. And I said, after I saw what dickhead Granny Rags actually was, she really was just an evil witch, I said, yeah. fuck it, I re- re- restarted and redid the thing to fighting for Slack Jaws. You have dead. to side with Butcher Bill. Yeah, well, it's also, it's also Butcher Bill, but I like it. Just his little story saying, yeah, when we were kids, we used to think she was an evil witch. Yeah, turns out she was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Slack Jaws this <laughs> DLC just be about hanging out with Slack Joe. This this game was interesting because there are a lot of ways where you can impact the arc of the story, but they didn't necessarily play out like I thought they would. Yeah. Like I thought saving Dao would have more of a result in the ending, and it didn't. That's another thing where I thought like, I saving poisoned, Dao would do something to you. I worked with Granny Rags and I poisoned Slackjaw. Yeah. And I figured that that would fuck things up more. I mean, maybe from a gameplay well, perspective. Well, you poison the distillery, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like maybe maybe there are more zombies I'm or something. Be a sequel where you have to work with Slackjaw and hope he never finds out you poisoned this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That would never happen. That'd be a great little thing. Like, what happens inside story. inside Slackjaw's head if after you save him from being put in the soup, you find out you poisoned him and all his guts? Which, that's what you wake up and he's drenched in. He's just wrapped up in the American flag. <laughs> Knowing that, what is it? Gristle and the gristle flag. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> after after some random character is sucked on your titty for no reason. <laughs> this is the part of the Boy Honey podcast where it just turns into three hours. <laughs> watch games in new york and you'll get all these jokes oh my god yeah i but when when you did the granny rag slack job thing did you get an achievement for doing all the missions for either or granny rags yes i got both chivos oh really i missed did you do all the side quests something happened where i did not unlock the extra side quest for uh slack jaw because he only ever sent me off on the mission to get the was it you have to steal a painting or something from the art guys oh he wants to get into a safe yeah but for some reason, I never got a chance to go back to talk. And... Oh, see, that's so it. I think you I didn't just didn't finish that mission. mission. Yeah. yeah. So. And also, okay, so the first thing I do is I poison Slackjaw. The second thing I do is, before I even got the code from the art dealer, I, f- I went to the art dealer's apartment. I didn't make, uh, before I even unlocked the mission. You do get an mission. achievement for cracking that open before he even asked you so, to, yeah. So I, um, well, no, you get an achievement for giving him the code after having stolen everything in it. That's what it is, yeah. So I, I went in, and I'm like, oh, here are these guys, I and I get them. And then I'm like, fuck, I don't know. That. And I look all around for the combination of the safe. By the way, what's really annoying is that there are three, there are in that level, there's at least one, like, combination thing on a thing. I was like, oh, that's it. I wander back to the safe and didn't do it. So I got frustrated. I looked up the combination online. They randomize it, so it was one of nine codes. I tried them all until one worked. And then I go see Slackjaw, and he's like, I need you to get this combination of <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, oh, no, sure. Yeah. So I fucked him over twice. <laughs> twice I 
talked him over. Oh, man. I forget. We said we had nothing to talk about. We've been talking to him for <laughs> another, like, 20 minutes podcast. about it. Yeah. No, Dishonored, I really, really dug it. That fi- So this is what happened to me in the final level. Okay, yeah. So you go, you sneak around. It's In mine, the, it was all bright and shiny. It was a sunshiny day. No, see, my, when I went to the island, it was all dark and stormy with, like, There weren't a lot of guards, but there were a lot of cycles. Oh, my place was crawling with guards. Yeah, yeah. man. And so you, when, I get, when you get to the end and you get to the tower, um, I don't think I actually interacted with a, a, a guard. Like, this is how few guards there were. Once I got into the tower, like, actually into it, not sneaking around... Once I got into it, I did not interact with a single guard. I was able to either knock them out so they couldn't see me and then hide the body, or just avoid them altogether. Oh, yeah? So I got all the way to the top of the tower without having to actually fight or confront anybody. My experience is a little bit different because I was so pissed off. Well, I was kind of pissed off, like I said, the pacing at the end of the game. Yeah. I thought was kind of stupid. And uh, the fact that they stole Emily, I was pissed. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, my, in my mind of my character, I resolved I was going to make everyone pay. <laughs> And so I went out of my way. I specifically murdered everyone. You you, you have Pendleton and Martin. And you talk to those guys before you even fight Havelock. Really? Oh, you don't you didn't have that? No. Tell me what happened to you, and then I'm going to tell you what happened to me. So okay, I get off the boat with Samuel. Mm-hmm. He's shoot all him like, in the face. he says, "Get off my goddamn boat!" I turn around, shoot him right in the face, mm-hmm. blast him out of his boat. He gets eaten by fishes. <laughs> I, I start sneaking up to the... Basically, you went kill Bill on the... Yeah! <laughs> I went up to the front door, and I, like, as soon as I like, start getting close to the front door of this island retreat, I, feel, I see what's filled with bad guys, and I'm like, I could start sneaking and blinking, and I said, fuck it, fine. I really, I'm just gonna kill everyone. Fuck, I wanna find... I'm just gonna tear this place by... I really mm-hmm. didn't went kill Bill. And so... This this game actually makes it really hard for you to go on a rampage because yeah. you're still delicate. You can get yeah. like an armor upgrade and stuff that yeah. would, you can take twice as much damage, but still, it's still not because a lot of I was damage. playing a high chaos game all the way up until this point. The island was stuffed with guys, yeah. And so, like, if I if I just like if I started killing guys willy nilly, that would set off all the alarms and yeah. it just turn into this giant fucking kill bill clusterfuck. <laughs> And so I was just like, but I wound up having to save and reload over and over and over and over yeah. again because I was just killing so many guys. I was not playing the way the game is designed, but yeah. I just wanted to, not, the, not that I just want to kill them, but I wanted them to know that I was going to kill them. Yeah. I wanted Emily to know where she's on the island can yeah. hear me killing everyone oh, just man. to get to her. And so I eventually like, yeah, did just slaughter everyone. Uh, the first thing when I get into the, the, the island retreat is kind of shaped like a big donut and there's a big empty area. And Pendleton is standing on a little platform where he's yelling at one of the other guys, like Wallace or whatever, mm-hmm. or Martin. And they're both just yelling at each other about, um, so like, oh, fuck you, you stole the, you, like, I don't know, they're yelling about something. You know what? It didn't really matter because I shot both of them. I killed both. Like, <laughs> I was really curious about these conversations. I actually went back and I saw videos online where if you talk to, Pen- if, if, if you kill everyone like you're supposed to, like, like or either kill all the guards or sneak past the guards and talk mm-hmm. and get to a situation where you can just talk to Pendleton, he will actually sh- kill himself because huh. he will feel so bad about everything that's happened. He, yeah. Like just talking, you don't even have to make any dialogue choices. Just like automatically talking to him, he'll just like just put a gun. In Which his is interesting. Well, that's kind of great because I really I like the the writing of these three men. Yeah. Because Martin from the start, you can see that Martin is problematic yeah. because he is ultimately a zealot, and you're like fuck because he makes some sort of comment to you like. Oh, what's that tattoo on your hand? Have you heard about the dark arts? Oh, like, yeah. we can talk about well, this later. Well, turns out Martin, if you, if you talk to Martin, he's already been attacked by somebody else. Like, one of his own guards has turned against him, and he's huh. already almost about to be... He's already dying. Huh. And so, like, it's interesting, because the game makes it so, like, 
you can those guys both can both be taken out without you killing them. So mm-hmm. like, so you can still still technically have those guys die in your mission without you killing them. So you can get the clean hands achievement for not mm-hmm. getting through the whole game without killing anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. They they, they designed it that way. Of course, I didn't see that because the moment I saw Pendleton shot him right in the face with an incendiary uh, incendiary arrow. Yeah. Uh, when I uh, bumped into Martin, I just fucking just slashed his face open. Yeah. Like, I was that kind of just monster. Yeah. And when I finally got up to Havelock at the end, I went up to the top of the tower where he's, like, holding Emily by the edge of the... Wait, what? Oh, this wasn't a thing? No! What? Oh, I get up to the top of the tower, and, like, there's, like, this crystal, like, library with, like, yeah. crystal series yeah. and stuff. Yeah, And you can get up on top of the crystal yeah. uh, uh, roof. Oh, my, is that what that goddamn, like, plank thing is for? Yeah! And it turns out, for oh. I have no idea what he was doing, because I never gave him a chance to speak, but he's standing at the edge of the roof of this, like, you're on top of the tower, and he's standing at the edge of the roof, and for some reason, he's, re- like, wrestling with Emily, doing something, and I just blinked up right in his face, shot him in the face point uh-huh. blank range he goes flying into space team rocket into space uh but like he like on his way flying off into space he kind of like grabs hold of emily and she kind of falls off the roof but you can grab her hand and yank her back up oh and then but although supposedly you can let her go and that actually turns into an ending where she died like there, there's a dead emily ending i think huh uh, but I did pull her back out because I was like, "Hey, bitch, we got we. I killed everyone for you. I'm your daddy. Let's go draw some crayon drawings." Huh. And that was the end of the game. So, what was her reign like in the cut final cutscene? Uh, it was not a good reign because everyone because her reign uh, is understood by everyone to be built on the back of uh, uh, bloodshed. Corvo of a yeah, the fact that like. Yeah, yeah. No one can really take her seriously because everyone assumes that, like, if you betray Emily, you're gonna kill uh, them. And so her reign is kind of no one, it's no one, no one appreciates this. her for yeah, exactly. Like all the damage you've done has kind of tainted the kingdom against her a little bit. Huh. And it's very kind of with the plague. Ending. With the what? What's the, what's going on with the plague? Oh, I don't even remember about the like, plague. Like, is the plague still killing everybody? Or? I think so, or something like that. Huh. But the last thing you see is her visiting your uh, grave, which is right next to the Empress's. Uh-huh. And, which I'm assuming... That was that, in my mind, too. And then the game just kind of ends. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so this is what happened to me. Yeah. I get to shiny, beautiful, kidnapped island. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I manage, I reload a couple of times because I'm trying to figure out how to sneak in. Yeah, exactly. You're playing the game and like get, you're supposed to. I get the alert a couple of times, but I figure out, I, I get them, they're looking for me and I isolate them and I grab them and I stuff them away. So then I get into the, into the island proper and I pretty much manage to get through the whole thing without seeing, without anybody seeing me. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I wipe out a few guys are my way. Like I choke them and then hide their bodies, but mm-hmm. that's about it. I get to the to the top of the tower, and I'm using my I have the see through walls ability because I use it to be more oh, yeah, stealthy, right, yeah. and I'm using it all the time. So I make sure that there's nobody getting in my corners. And once I get to that level, it weirds me out because there's no one, there's no one, there are no guards, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I see like the way I navigated this whole level is for the most part I tried figured out how to blink over and above so I could get an observation point and then yeah. drop in. So I'm using my blink ability. I'm looking, I'm looking, and I see this big glass library. And I blink to the top of it, 
and I use my x-ray vision to make sure there are no guards I have to avoid or anything like that. And I look down and there are, there's this big table where there are two dead bodies and someone standing there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Before I go in there, I'm exploring everywhere else. I look around and there's like, I'm like, oh, well, there's a higher point. I bet you there's something hidden there. Yeah. Something. So I climb up to the higher point and it's just, I'm sure it's where this final climactic thing plank. with. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And I'm like, yeah. this is weird. I wonder why this is here. There's nothing else there. <laughs> yeah. So I go back down to the yeah, back of the castle. It's all on just the side of the building, but it's on the glass ceiling. Yeah. yeah or on so the I glass go down roof. to the yeah. back of this glass library and I sneak in the back door and there's like this big desk and everything I like that. It's Havelock's desk because on it is a letter that he wrote and there's an audio log too. So I sneak up and I hear him talking. He's talking to Martin and Pendleton and they're talking about how Corvo is going to be here any minute. Like shit's going wrong. Like, you know, like things are going out the way. I didn't plan it to be this way or yeah. anything like that. It's like this really. And, if, and when you sneak up, sure enough, I just kind of spoiled it for me because I blinked and looked and saw in. He's poisoned the both of them. So they're just dead at the table. Like oh, they, okay, they clearly yeah. sat down to have drinks and drink to their victory or to their health or something. Because yeah. he's still there drinking his drink and they're dead. And you hear um, Emily pounding on a door like she's locked in the back room. And you blinked. And so first I'm like, fuck you, you fucker. And I blink down behind him and I strangle him and you can get his key and save Emily. That's the end of the game. But then I was like, hmm, that didn't feel very... So I was like, I wonder... It's like inclusive, right? Well, I mean, like, it just didn't well, feel... You know, kind of... Well, so I go... Instead, I blink down again, and I'm like, I wonder what... I didn't want to fight him, but I'm like, I wonder what happens if I just blink down and talk to him. And he basically just says, you know, you blink down, you can have a whole conversation with him. And he's like, you know what? You've defeated me. And like, it's, it's actually a great little thing where he's like, we, we were wrong. Like, everything's falling apart. Yeah. We need, you know, Emily deserves better than this, this whole thing. He's like, I won't even fight you. Just oh, wow, get her. okay, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that then you go pick up the key to unlock her and then he attacks you. So you do have to wind up fighting well, fuck him. fuck that guy. Yeah. But just like one-on-one -on -one combat. Like, I, I thought, yeah. I thought... He doesn't hop into a giant mech or turn into, <laughs> exactly. like, second forms. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. But he, uh, I, I, that character, I think Havelock's character is really interesting because in that whole arc, so Pendleton during the whole game as you're recruiting these guys it's pretty clear that they could care less about Emily in particular or what is right because Pendleton is wants to kill his brothers and take the take the lead that he yeah, felt like he always should yeah. Martin sees all of this um, this decay and, and and like this lack of ethics in the overseers he wants to straighten them out yeah. whereas you know Havelock is the one where you can see he's just a good navy man he was always loyal to the queen mm -hmm. the queen was loyal to him so he's going out to defend her and I like the idea of that arc of that the power corrupting him and turning him even against his very nature and turning him into something else and they didn't it, I thought it was all there in the writing this is where I came around to your line of thinking that maybe that voice of actor wasn't the best way to go because yeah. that that gravity was missing of that that he's change. not really invested in being that kind of character he's, he, he's nice when he's just kind of like hey hey carvo go kill this guy but he, it's not he's like he's sold being an old sailor yeah but who's not... who's forced in one more goddamn battle but not a nester manipulator yeah that's why it, when when i'm assuming he has something to say to you when in the, in the high chaos ending when he's got emily up, up on the rooftop yeah i'm assuming he says something but like I was yeah. like, I don't even give a shit what the fuck you have to say. I just yeah, because just I, wait. Yeah. Back up a second with Sokolov. When you guys had captured Sokolov, what did you do? Put him in a cage. Did you put him in? What, did you did you get his brandy or did you stick the rats on him? What? When you're torturing him. What? When when there's the where he's oh, in that's the cage. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the rats you, go after him. You yeah. got you put the rats on him. Yeah. Well, I gave him the brandy because I because you can you can say you know, I'm sure there's a way you can bribe me. 
And then you can. I, I, I didn't even think of. The... You have the option of either sticking oh, rats just, on him. Oh, just Pierre. So does, like does he? Rats. Does he kill? So, do the rats kill Sokolov? No. Is Sokolov there? He just, gets the ch- he, 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 just, he just gets chased around by the rats a little while, and he gives you the information that you're get, trying to get out of them. What happens to him at the end of the game when you go back to the hounds? Pit? Oh, it's great when you go back to the hounds pits. Uh, Sokolov and Pierre are missing. Yeah, and they hold up together, yeah. and they've made their reconciliation. Yeah, and they're so building, that was the same. They're building the generator machine that okay. you have the option to knock everyone else out or. The I literally like if you do want to go just kill everyone. Yeah, I liked to. that. That was so great and transparent. That's kind of how like they're working together. They're, it was they're awesome. Kind of sucking each other's dicks. Like even so yeah. close. Like I could not have done all of my work without you. It was you. very Avengers, like yeah. uh, science bros. Well, what happened at the end of my game? So it was like I I save Emily and I try not to kill anybody. Really low chaos. So there's this awesome rain. Sokolov and Piero join forces. I guess because I didn't fuck with Sokolov, they cure the plague. Oh really? Okay. And there's like this. Uh, there's all this. Oh see, I got the saddest ass ending in this game. They, they show this big ball and there's Emily at the at the at, on on the throne and yeah. you at her right hand and like and it's like and so you know everything is restored. What's great is that as you're zooming through all these these dancers like one of them does have a knife behind his back because like shit is still yeah exactly it is. yeah and yet See, like, that would be nice that kind of ties into what i was thinking about how doubt is just just a future version of you essentially in terms of like yeah someone's gonna come after corvo eventually when yeah, yeah and at the end you do see visit her visiting corvo's grave yeah. and but it's all she had this wise and just rule based on your example yeah you mind she ruled for a long time but no one yet could really trust her, her reign because they just knew you were her enforcer mm-hmm. and so her, the power of her reign did not come from her authority but from the threat of you being her protector and you will destroy anybody who fucks with her the only my only disappointment in that was that there was this whole dark just gotta go to fable again i keep bringing up fable even though <laughs> comparing this game to fable is like at least your dog did not die in this game this yeah. is true um with fable you have this this veiled um malevolence of um uh teresa yeah. and the seer and her it's it, the outsider is overtly a devil-like figure in that he is chaotic neutral and he could give to he, he his powers seem to be skewed he just towards wants to, seem to mix things up yeah than, he yeah. just what does he say he's like um uh the problem with the art dealer is that he was boring yeah. though was he just great. wants to fuck with interesting people yeah he yeah. doesn't really care about yeah he could care less he's not a creator as much as he's just a fucker he's, with her. yeah he's i don't even want to say he is a chaotic spirit or anything like that he just genuinely wants things to be yeah so i he's with with fable God, yeah you know you have uh teresa and she ultimately has this dark motivation and in the end there is just this slight like in fable 2 i fucking love fable 2 and the ta- in the very end after you do all these great things you defeat the bad guy and then she goes and now the tower is mine and she disappears and then there's like this big nuclear bomb basically just handed over to this malevolent this force that you don't know their motivations one way or the other and you always yeah. assume they're they're beneficial and now it's like oh shit what are you gonna do with the nuclear bomb it's like with this i was kind of waiting for that moment with the outsider where the outsider was more than just a it never force really shows up again it's just yeah. kind of like yeah i mean it's in character but i kind of wanted a but little well, more he's, he's not really dry he's he's he kind of pushes the plot into motion but yeah there's no driving yeah. You're not really worried or concerned about the the outsider or anything he's going to do. Maybe yeah. in a sequel you could do something like that, but like in the sequel, well, they said that, game, that Harvey kinda... Smith, who's the head light writer and game designer for the game, said he didn't he, he didn't necessarily want to do a Dishonored prequel sequel because he's like, it, I think it works better as a standalone. So it this is what does. they intended. Yeah. Though I wonder if any of the DLC will be like. Well, outsider. they leave wiggle room enough that like there's plenty of story that could take place between the end yeah. of this game and you know uh, Emily's rule actually. Yeah. Because at the end of at the end of mine. No, no, you stay with Emily until yeah, because you're still protecting uh, Emily and stuff. Yeah, it's just 
who's left and who's doing what in the DLC. Like, if That's I wonder if you still go back to the Hound Pits. I wonder if it's like pre-ending. I liked. Oh man, you didn't get to see this. So in mine, you know, there's this whole montage of how things are going, yeah. and so you see the ball, and you see Pierre and Sokolov curing these plague victims. And one of the things you see is you see the Hound Pit pub, and it's 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 your what's what did you call her? Your slutty dyke? Is that what you said? Slutty pants wearing dyke. <laughs> But Samuel is running the pub. It's his pub now. Aww. And you're having a drink at the bar. He's not dead sleeping with the fishes. No, like not mine. mine. It, was like, it was a great That's little he, thing. He told me to get off his goddamn boat. Fuck you, <laughs> asshole. You're talking to a guy who can disappear, stop time, and shoot you in the face 12 times. Get, get off my goddamn boat. Fuck you. Get off my goddamn mortal coil. It was it was enjoyable that a game steeped in such goddamn melancholy had like this ending that felt consistent. It did, but was ultimately all the characters end well, which I liked. I'll have to go back and replay as a low. I will go back and play as a low chaos uh, game. Then it was someday. it was a fantastic. That's not the longest game in the world. You could do that in a couple hours. It's, it's you you know it doesn't take a million. Years I to liked beat. Dishonored. Yeah, but yeah. As as I, that that last level, it was I liked that arc that that narrative arc. But I don't know, I don't know how I would have done it differently, you know? What, with Corvo? Well, the, like, the last, well, Corvo, I'd make him voice and make him more of a character as opposed to a cipher. That's a delicate, a delicate thing, but, by the way, your Josh Holloway thing was a rumor. Yeah, I he saw was that. never yeah. cast. I, I was waiting for him to at least, at, like, at the end of the game, he would at least say, like, one word. I Googled it. Or it was something like, like that. Dill. I was like, shit. Well, that's, that was part of the Wikipedia. That he was listed as a cast <laughs> member on Wikipedia. Dill, I can add you as a cast member to Wikipedia. <laughs> but yeah, for a game that we, we said we didn't have nothing to talk about. <laughs> half an hour. Dishonored. Oh it's God. good times. I enjoyed it. I liked you, Dishonored. It was not the worst game. No, it was not. We got feedback this week, which was all about Halloween. <laughs> which, by the way, we did not discuss. Uh, Grumpy Turtle wants to know... What the hell did Grumpy Turtle want to know? Are we going to take some time and address these, these Halloween-related issues in our not-Halloween episode? Yeah. Okay, we'll take ten minutes. Back to the Future Assassin's Creed, the best idea ever. <laughs> no, wait, what did Grumpy Turtle said something about us to stuff? Uh, well, oh, he, he wanted to know if we're going to uh, do uh, video live video again. We already talked about that, though. Yeah. We probably will again someday. We just got to figure out the setup. We gotta do, if we, any of you guys don't... know of a way to um, a program for the Mac that will allow me to basically... Um, intercept the video feed before Ustream sees it and allow me to do dual, like basically do split screen on the back end so I don't have to pay $200. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hit yeah. a girl up. Give me a holla. Here's our feedback from last week. Um, uh, Maxwell uh, Motley, oh no, Motley, excuse me, sorry, uh, said, <laughs> I love Bill's complex versions of what I've been ill with. She had butt rot. <laughs> She had the cryptic Venezuelan butt rot. You know what? This uh, Dishonored sequel should be about his cousin Cuervo. From Latin America. Stop. Stop. Cuervo. Daniel Fight said, um, best horror game. I would say my best horror game is Sanitarium. Sanitarium. I still say, uh, I've never even played it, but we talked about this last year. Silent Hill 2, just for the dog in. <laughs> Bill, what is the best horror game you ever have played? Like, what best was the... horror game? Best horror game? Yeah. GTA, because you can just beat the horse to death with a baseball bat? Bill. No. Because <laughs> the horse hey, sounds so Bill, more... I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to be give me a not-joke answer. Bill, what's the best horror game you ever played? Or the game with your favorite scary element? 
Amnesia, I guess? Did you play Amnesia Dark Descent? Yeah, it's yeah. fucked up and scary and spooky. Yeah. Well, that was the question. Men becoming wolves. Wolves <laughs> <laughs> becoming men. Men um, becoming wolves. Well, there's like, Resident Evil games. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. They're not really super scary scary. At least the more, the more recent ones definitely I'm are. so easily scared by games that are not actually scary. This Limbo is... was really creepy. For a 2D, like, Xbox Live yeah. game, that was nicely creepy. That had a nice sense of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Bioshock scared the fuck out of me. That's how much of a pussy I am. But yeah, I'm trying to think of games that are specifically kind of like creepy. Have you ever played? Have we talked about Sanitarium? Have I talked to you about Sanitarium? sanitarium. Why am I asking you? Because you wouldn't remember even when I have. Sanitarium is a point and click adventure game that came out in like 1998. No! Where you play an amnesiac, because that happens a lot in adventure games, but you're, you're got, you're, you're fate, you're in like scrubs, like in a, in a, um, in a hospital, in an insane asylum, and your face is all wrapped up in bandages, and you wake up in this insane asylum, and you, and, and there's something wrong, and the world is all warped, and as you meet all these people you kind of enter their psychoses Hmm. so you see the world as they perceive it and not necessarily how it is but it is the real world it's kind of like a wizard of oz sort of thing where it's like all reality is warped and um there's like a mexican like there's a mexican like um like there's this whole thing with like mayan gods and there's like creepy little girls and creepy body horror shit I enjoyed that game a lot, and it scared the crap out of me. The only reason why I could play it was because it was point-and-click 2D adventure. Were it actually a 3D game, I would never have played it, because it would have scared me too much. I can't even remember what the story was, just that it really was disturbing to me. It was a really... it was I, I enjoyed it as... Uh, 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 from a, um, I liked that idea of. I think I I must have talked about it because I think I had mentioned recently that, that, familiar, that yeah. like the, as you know the scariest thing is like not being able to trust your own sense of reality. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like uh, amnesia just because that's recent. That that that, that just yeah that that that's. Well, hmm. Bill, he also asked, "What's your favorite horror comic?" Do I, have, do I even like horror comics? I haven't read a lot of His horror comics. His face all red. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, anything Emily Carroll has ever done. Actually, there was, uh, Dark Horse has an anthology, what is it called, Eerie or something like that. They have a couple of, of horror anthologies. And I picked one up because Emily had one in it. It had a short in it. Mm-hmm. And so I read all of the comics in it. I was like, curious. I've never really read horror comics. The closest I've read is I picked up Femme, or Fatale, which is by the um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, who do the criminal books, which I really enjoy, which is their stab at doing a horror comic, and it's not good. And I was like, I've never read any horror mm-hmm. comics. What's a good horror comic like? Because obviously the conclusion is like Hellboy. But Hellboy is so much about a monster fighting other monsters that I don't it's not feel really like... It's scary any... horror, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are horror elements it's of it. It's gothic and kind of weird, but yeah. yeah. But um, um, uh, but in this in this anthology, she had a great one. What was it called? Like The Red Knife? That was a good horror comic. It was yeah. really good. Emily was... Carroll knows what's up. Emily Carroll knows her shit. And actually, her talented white Kate Craig uh, uh, did a great comic called Heart of Ice that I read before I watched um, uh, Ravenous, and now I'm like, way to go, Kate Craig. It is also about the Wendigo. You gotta pick up your Western. I do gotta go back to my Westerns. I watched watched The Man Who Shot um, Liberty Valance, which is a really good movie, but it kind of killed my desire to watch any more Westerns. It's really good. It's very well made. I think it's the last one you were talking about on this podcast. Yeah, it's a deliberate plot of a movie, and I'm like, shit... (laughs) Man, EC comics, EC horror comics. I yeah. guess those are those are. Have fun you read to... any of them? Yeah, back in the day. Uh, like I've not read that much in the way of like I'm not a big comic book reader, so I'm trying to think of anything. Oh that's man, horror. somebody linked on Twitter the other day. Someone asked like Emily Carroll and Becky Cloonan and Vera Brosgall what their favorite horror comics yeah. were, and so, one of them responded with one comic that I read online. I think it was a, a Japanese 
horror comic that was, was about this. Yes, did you read that? Dylan made me read that yesterday. That was great. I really liked you it. What it's called? I don't. I'll look it up and we'll add it to the show notes. It was great. Yeah, it's about an earthquake that opens up this fissure in the earth, and there are all these human-shaped holes. It's such a dumb premise, but it did a really good job. I thought of. Uh, I laughed at the end of it, and then I was like, wait, if this happens in that, that's disgusting. It's really, I thought it was good. It hit me on the I back think... end, and Dylan was laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> horror comics, I think horror comics are most interesting when it's not necessarily gory or, because with comics, pacing. Well, atmospheric and Exactly. Yeah. Pacing is in the control. To some degree, you can do it through panels and everything like that, of course. But pacing is so in control of the reader yeah. that you're better off doing something atmospheric and spooky and th- just kind of you sets can't do, you like, on jump, edge. You can't do jump exactly. scare. Like, like, you can do, yeah. like, turn the page. Like, actually, that comic, when I turned the final page, I was like, fuck you! <laughs> Yeah, Dylan actually, like, her last Family Man update, she uh, had a link to that comic, so I'll just yank it from there. It's it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, of course the Japanese would be having fun with me. Of course. Maxwell Motley did also say, Hocus Pocus is basically my only Halloween thing. <laughs> I never saw Hocus Pocus until you made me watch it Hocus last year. Hocus man. And then, but then I've heard people talk about how... Uh, Horseface is so sexy. She just my kid that movie. Hocus Pocus, man. That's because you weren't you weren't a teenage girl in the early nineties. If you were a teenage girl in the early nineties, you would have watched Hocus Pocus a billion times. I know. I watched it three times in one night at a sleepover. Is it the worst witch? Assholes. Is that the one with what's his name singing dance? It's only Halloween. I don't remember. It's what it's 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 from Clue. It's Rocky Horror. He's like dressed in front of a video <laughs> blow screen. Legend. <laughs> Tim Curry. <laughs> there you go. What the, is that from like that? Yeah, that might be the worst witch. But yeah, no, yeah. Oh, Hocus Pocus was good. It was yeah. atmospheric. It was fun. I had a good time watching it. I'll yeah. bit torn it. <laughs> it's on fucking Netflix. You don't have to go to the Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. If it's on Netflix, I will watch that. As soon as that's what I'll work on tonight. Yeah. Uh, Brian Smith asked, favorite pumpkin carving of all time? You know what? Actually, a fun and easy one is just do a Jack Skellington face. Yeah, and that's also going to kind of. It's also if you can't carve mouths straight, if you do a big like roller coaster mouth, it kind of makes that's appropriate. Totally, for that. yeah. it's really easy because it's still like almost like a classical uh, Jack Lantern design. Yeah, but it's just you know kind of simpler with like really big ghoulish eyes and yeah. big round eyes. It's just kind of. You can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah. My dad, when I was a little girl, loved pumpkin carving. He was he was the best at it. All the kids in the street would come in and we'd carve with him because he was so groovy. Yeah. And uh, he would, his big thing was that he would cut out a shape in such a way that he could then, like, make it stick out. Yeah. Like, his classic thing was to do ears, you know? And so whenever I do a pumpkin carving, I always have to think, well, I always have to integrate this sticky outy aspect of it somehow. So, like, the last one I made was actually one when we did, ca- uh, I did my our cats yeah. and made them with their, when it did their oh. ears. So, there's something you can cut out a piece and, like, stick it on a toothpick and stick it on top if you want to Well, it's like, the ears. way you do it is, like, so if well, you, you have don't, you still break the skin, a right? cut. Well, no, you make a cut and you have it end basically with a tab. Yeah. And then when you cut it out fully, then, oh, then just, it leaves oh, a see. slot yeah. in the pumpkin and you just stick the tab into the slot because it fits because it's the same piece. Yeah. And then you oh, can really make it be... This is my dad's trick. Uh, Patented um, William Maloney trick. Pumpkins that are barfing up their own uh, <laughs> seeds and guts. It's always funny. It's always classic. There's a guy who was a video game developer for LucasArts. Um, I think his name is Dave Grossman and he went on to work at Telltale and he does Halloween pumpkins every year and they're always batshit bazonkers. Oh, he I always posts on the internet. Yeah. I think he's done it since like 1997. His Halloween pumpkin gallery is pretty epic. Uh, my one of my favorites is actually if you take a, a white pump, pumpkin, uh, carve a skull face into the front of it. You know, you use that for your your 
Halloween jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. And then you let it uh, sit for a year. <laughs> and in the right conditions, instead of rotting, it will yeah. just atrophy and turn into a shrunken head jack-o'-lantern. Nice. That's still white. And, but it shrinks down. If the pumpkin's big enough, it'll shrink down to roughly the size of a human skull. Oh, man. But have the skull face and be obviously some kind of shriveled organic thing. But you don't know what the hell it is. And then you use, use it for a jack-o'-lantern a year later. And people go, what the fuck is wrong with this thing on your front porch? And it's not like soft and rotten. It just turns into this hard, woody, yeah. kind of off-white, rotted, kind of like yeah. weird little fossilized skull. Yeah. That you put a candle in. People are like, did you kill somebody? Some monster for this? So that's, yeah, that's that's my pumpkin carving advice. White pumpkins. Oh, Brian Smith's partner, um, Funny Essie. Asks, uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume? Uh, Karate Kid, just because being a fat kid. <laughs> I always brought so many laughs to adults who were like, oh, little fat kid, you think you're the Karate Kid? Because I had the Daniel Sun uh, yeah. headband and everything. <laughs> and probably was... because my favorite was Mr. Miyagi, though. Is that his name? Fuck. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Racist son of a bitch. No, I've never seen Karate Kid. We should go see Cloud Atlas together and talk about how everyone looks so much better in Yellowface. Uh... My favorite Halloween costume, God. Whenever I think of Halloween costumes, I think of shame. Yeah? I think my, well, I'll say my favorite Halloween costume in abstract, but not in execution, was my low-budget um, Quidditch player costume, where I made my, like, the arm and everything out of, like, cardboard, and I had, like, a shitty plastic broom. I thought it was hilarious, and, and like, I had a cape for yeah. my cloak. Uh, or, like, she me a towel as my cloak. Dude, I did that here. Do you not remember that? I know, this? yeah. It was Aww. a really bad in execution, but I, that still fucking cracks me up. It was great, up. yeah. I had, like, duct tape to attach everything to it. Uh, in recent years, I had the Totoro costume. Which that was, was I just Bill. I just, I, I had blue jeans and a blue hoodie, and I just took a piece of, like, uh, Butcher paper. Butcher paper, white butcher paper, uh, cut a big egg-shaped uh, <laughs> belly shape that I just, like, did I just pin it to my hoodie uh, drew a couple chevrons on the top to look like the like the, the things at the top of Totoro's chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I put on a hat and had a couple cardboard yes, big did. ears sticking out of my head? Oh, I think you actually made like a little like a little headband. Like you took a piece of paper into a circle or something like that. Yeah, so I had the ears yeah. and then I got an umbrella. Yeah. And I was Totoro for Halloween. It was, it was perfect. I was just in my street clothes, except with a Totoro belly on my blue hoodie and the ear sticking out of the... the yeah. The, it was kind yeah. of perfect, Bill. You should just do that every day. Because I am Totoro shaped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. Well, uh, Paul and Anna's Halloween costume uh, party t- is tonight. Mm-hmm. Although this year it's Doctor Who themed. I think it's the first time it's ever been themed. Kind of theme. Yeah. But yeah, uh, in Portland, uh, with Portland cartoonists and stuff, there's a famous uh, Halloween party that happens every... Uh, uh, Halloween that actually is only like a block or two away from here mm-hmm. and it's fucking crazy it goes from like uh, 9 a.m. to dawn and uh, that that they like because it's cartoonists and artists and stuff they tend to have Shit really fucked up creative costumes and stuff and yeah if you go to bigredhair.com and look at their Halloween party gallery I'm sure it's a link somewhere on the front page yeah you'll see that that that's always a Oh, that it's 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 a good time. Although yeah, I'll probably be working tonight, and I don't have a even. Last year I went as Minecraft Steve. Yeah. Because I forgot, like I I like I didn't have a costume, but then mm-hmm. I, the last moment I forgot that I, I had a Minecraft Steve uh, helmet Head. from yeah. PAX, and then I also have the the the, the foam Minecraft pickaxe mm-hmm. that I got uh, Notch design at PAX uh, last year, and so I just took those two, and people were like, "Oh, you're fat, you're fat Minecraft." <laughs> You were Donut Drake one year. That was that great. was the year before that. Yeah, where like I dressed up like Drake, except like I'm fat. This is easy when you're fat. You kind of limited to what's coming to me. great. You could actually be Donut Drake. That was beautiful. Yeah, so I went to the I went to the party with a gun holster 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, in a box of donuts. Bill, I have to get you to play Enslaved just so I can get you on Halloween to be Pigsy. Yeah. It'd be amazing. What's the costume be like? Um, You'd have to get a pig snout. Son of a bitch. A monocle. <laughs> um, A fake robo Maybe leg. Next year, yeah. And a fake robo arm. Like, we can get you just like a, a fake claw thing. Or something like that, yeah. Like, basically like a Lego hands. Oh, uh, man, I still great. have that game. I just have to finish it. I Enslaved. got like an hour and a half into it. And if you didn't get into it in the first hour and a half, you're never going to get into it. No, so it wasn't bad. Enough. I just got distracted by like, I think there was some porn. I found online. Or <laughs> my life. Like that. My life. Uh, no, I I have gotten into the habit of thinking all year about my Halloween costumes, then never That's, doing it. Me too, because I love Halloween, but I don't dress up because. Of my and life. like, I don't want to. I don't really. Um, that party is way too attended for me to enjoy. Oh, it's super packed. Like and it's I don't, claustrophobic as hell. Yeah, yeah, I don't enjoy that. And all the other Halloween parties I've been invited to, I'm not terribly interested in going to either for similar reasons, or it's just people forget people get um, stoned or drunk. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not interested in any of these things. That's what I love falling in this party, but I've I've never been there for more than 15 minutes just because it's, it's so loud too... and you can't talk to anybody and it's yeah. just kind of. It's like I see people I haven't seen all year. It's great to walk up there and back and just see like, everyone in costume yes. bubbling around. But yeah. So I've gotten to the point where I don't care. I've gotten like my my desire to wear costumes. Costumes has been kind of annihilated. It makes me sad. Yeah. But yeah, no, whenever I think of Halloween costumes, I think of the year that my mom made my Halloween costume. She made me a wolf costume, because that's what I asked. Not a werewolf, a wolf. And so I had a, a sweatsuit with a brown sweatsuit, sweat um sweat uh, shirt and sweatpants. And my mom took like some fur cloth and she cut a big belly. And she made a long tail, and she Aww. pinned it to my pants, and then made me little ears, and then she painted my nose black and gave me little spots and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm a wolf, but the tail was really long, so it dragged behind me, so people would step on it, and my pants would pull down. Oh, no. And people kept saying, are you a lion? Because I kind of looked like the cowardly lion. Because yeah. I was Aww. I was young enough that I was still a dick, so I was like, no, I'm a wolf, you guys, I'm a wolf. And I got really upset, and I, I complained to my mom, I broke her heart. She made that costume for me, and one I was the, an asshole. One of the best things about Halloween is the lengths parents will go to to make their kids Halloween costumes. Yeah, my, my mom never my, did it again. My mom made my Mister my, my, made my Karate Kid outfit when I was a kid. I oh. she. She made me a Ghostbusters outfit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of we worked we collaborated together mm-hmm. uh, to make the Ghostbusters. She, like she like she got the jumpsuit. I st- like I started working on the the, the proton pack. Yeah. They have the backpacks. Yeah. And they have these guns. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, "Okay, well, like I'll, I'll see if I can't figure out where I can get you a gun." Yeah. And she so she got me like a little pistol squirt gun, and yeah. I got upset because yeah. the Ghostbusters, their guns yeah. are like pistol guns. They're like just like this, like you can almost use a broomstick handle and get yeah. the idea. Yeah, or like a a, 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 a vacuum. Yeah. And so head she like thing. helped me build the, the proton pack, and then she went in and installed the gun, and it was a little. Like, <laughs> I was upset, but I didn't want to say anything to break her heart. See, I was, like, I was yeah. just an asshole. So I was walking across. It was. Terrible. But I remember walking around all day with my like my my off-brand Ghostbusters proton gun. I felt so ashamed, despite the, despite the fact the proton uh, pack that I had made was just a cardboard box I painted black with a couple <laughs> stickers on it. But and for some reason, the fact that the gun was just a little squirt gun pistol, I just felt so like dirty and ashamed. Than, I was like, yep. this is not screen appropriate. Yep. <laughs> you ass. Yeah. But at least you only thought that. You never said that out loud. But uh, then, to be fair, you probably were not ridiculed. Or did anyone ridicule you? No, for your... no, no one cared. Yeah. I was the only person on the planet to care. But my, like, she, my mom went to such great lengths to help yeah. build that costume that, like, I, w- I wasn't. Yeah. Was... Whereas I was so ridiculed for my outfit that I, I, I took it all and put it on my mother, my poor mother. Uh, I need to call her. <laughs> I need to send her some flowers. <laughs> mom, sorry, sorry for everything. <laughs> 
Thanks for paying for three quarters of my college education so I can drop out and go to Portland on top of not wearing your wolf costume appropriate with the appropriate amount of respect. Oh, God, that has... Okay, so that has been... <laughs> that was our 18 of Boy Howdy's second annual Halloween <laughs> podcast. We should have just had a dedicated Dishonored podcast. <laughs> Oh god, that's that's the end of our three and a half hour long. This this podcast has been as long as Schindler's List. <laughs> Whenever I think of anything being three and a half hours long, I'm like, I could have watched Schindler's List in the whole. God, you could have watched the first half of the first Hobbit movie in the time it took yeah. you to listen to this podcast, everybody. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us again. Hopefully we'll be back next year for our next year's Halloween. <laughs> we next year we'll actually talk about Halloween next there we year. Go. Oh the Halloween! is always going to collide with us with us being video game nerds yeah. with whatever the new we're going to be talking about the new Xbox season. that just came out next yep. year probably you yep. know we'll listen to actually it'll be interesting to listen to at the, at next year to this podcast no, and we'll be like oh Pluto didn't really talked ex- incessantly about how broken the Kinect is they're going to be like man dude we were really wound up about Dishonored and, and the Kinect last year <laughs> Jesus Christ and Bill's so excited about like getting a pre-order for the Wii U <laughs> and it turns out no one bought it and they're giving it they did a fifty dollar price drop two days later. All right, friends, as always, you're at Boy Howdy Podcast on the Twitters. Howdy at boyhoudypodcast.com is a good way to contact us. You can also use our form on our website. Eventually, we'll see it, possibly. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about more bullshit that doesn't matter. Uh, probably Assassin's Creed, and I will be quizzing any about what she thinks about the Invisible Man, which I apparently have to watch now. But seriously, guys, um, if there are movies like I've never seen shit like Carrie, I've never seen any Hitchcock movies other than Bird, The Birds. So, like, there are all these movies you haven't seen. seen. North by Northwest? No. I've only seen The Birds. Birds is good, though. It's really good. Don't Psycho's get me wrong. not that interesting. So, everybody tweet at me or at the Boy Howdy Podcast um, what movies I should watch. Just seminal horror films. Things like The Shining that it's dumb that I've never seen. And I appreciate it. Tweet. 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 Tweet, tweet. yourself. <laughs> See you next week, friends. Whoa.